Welcome back, all you weirdos, to the world-famous Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And tonight, like always, we're going to be talking about this week's DC Comics and what they had to offer in an episode I'm calling number 159. Number 159. World famous, are we? World famous. World famous. Slow I'm one and all. titles like that. 159. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody does that. These other podcasts I hear, they have all these claims. Uh, whatever. Hello, one and all. You are a informer. As well as a performer, Eric, yeah, I right. heard. You know what else you are, Eric? Fatty. There you go, Aww. Eric. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official unofficial podcast of the Weird Science Podcast Network. We are proud members of other comics podcast networks, including the Comics Podcast Network, Eric, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Eric? How could there? I be proud? I just got called fatty right fatty. off the goddamn bat. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. Fatty. There you go. There you go. I, I should get you uh, – I should get the sound clip of you saying proud. I wait for you. Uh, it seems that you're only proud at, in general anymore, not every time. And that, that kind of throws me off, Eric. I wish My pride is that you were proud. It is. Want? I don't know. At the beginning, you seem very prideful. doesn't take much to, to knock you off your game, not does it? Not at all. We are on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. On Twitter at Weird Science DC. And we have, speaking of titles, Eric, an award-winning website, Weird Science DC Comics.com. We also have a Patreon account that we like to push and pedal, and that is at Patreon.com slash Weird Science. And every week, we do have a spotlight, a double-header spotlight that is picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop. 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 And this week, you will, uh, if you want to hear Dan, Damage number one and Super Sons number 12, you will have to go over and subscribe Bozy to our Patreon. There, yes, but I also want to tell you, Pilgrim, uh, we also have a lot of other shows. We do pride ourselves into putting, uh, all putting out a bunch of shows. This week, I just wanted to point out some of the shows that came out this week. We have the Four Out Sports Nuts, episode 15, Oosh. which was me and Brandon talking about the NFL playoffs and how I'm hoping our Eagles will go to the Super Bowl. No, well, why I, wouldn't I'm, you hope that? Well, I, I'm hoping. I, I can't say that I'm thinking, but I am oh, hoping. Oh, no, I'll say no, I hope that they go and they get embarrassed because that's yes. going to happen if they do go. I don't think I don't want that, but uh, whatever. We, I hope that, you're happy if you get your Yes, wish I will not be happy if they go and get embarrassed, but that is one of the shows. I also have a Jim's Other Comic Book Review podcast, which I had my fourth episode of, and I had reviews of The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, number one, from Image. Oh, Nick Tarna, number one, from Heavy Metal. And Bell Beast Hunter, number one, from Xenoscope. Bell Beast DeVoe? Uh, Bell Beast Hunter, number one. And that uh, actually really surprised me how much I did enjoy that book. But a I also had. Reference in there, yeah, isn't there is a Tremors that's reference. Right. I also had a Weird Science Comic News podcast this week, which I talked a lot about the news uh, surrounding Action Comics number 1000. Also, the controversy of Steve Orlando using Promethea in an upcoming issue of. Of Justice no controversy, League apparently. of America. There is some controversy. So if you wanted to hear that, these are all these shows that we have, Eric. There's many shows. But also, I have a show that I do with my wife, my lovely wife, Tanya, as we like to call her T, uh, called Jim Has Issues with His Wife. And this was the eighth episode. And it was titled Cheating, Yelling, and Accusing, Eric. And you know what that's all about because Tanya does – often accuse me of cheating when there's no possible way that anybody would want this. You're cheating on so, with anybody. It's me. 
Yeah, really. So this is a little clip. Uh, sometimes I will play clips. I'm going to play a little clip of me talking to Tanya, kind of yelling about yeah. her at a time Relative. when she chased me out of the house with, with a knife, Eric. There's the setup. Here is the clip. At one point, seriously, you chased me out of the house with a with knife. A knife. Then and a guy, guy was walking by. I'm telling you, this is 2 a.m. And I, 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 who knows? I don't even remember what this was about. This guy stopped and looked and then said, are you okay? And I looked at him. I'm like, why the fuck are you looking at her? She has a knife. She's going to kill me. And you're looking at her and you want to know if she's okay? She's got the knife. You help me. Let's disarm her. And you call the police. No, he's just there. You okay, ma'am? Ma'am! Oh, so fucking angry! There you go, Eric. That's, that's why I just would have helped out. You both could have overpowered her and taken her down. That's true. And that, this is why you hear now. This is why when we have the regular podcast, I have no voice. I have these podcasts. I, you want to hear me lose my mind? Uh, listen to that. Go over to the Patreon and support us there. Just to hear that me lose my mind telling stories about me and Tanya and There's this crazy... There's a brief moment within the week. I want to say it's like, you know, Monday morning when you still yeah. have a voice left. Yeah, yeah, and then You've it goes... you just but reclaimed it, and then it's about to go listen away Listen to it right now. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sure, I'm does. actually getting rid of this stupid cold that I I've had for I a am, while. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. Packing. I had to go to the bathroom when I was at lunch today. I had to keep going up to go to the bathroom just to oh. blow my nose because it was just running. Blow like your nose, faucet. did you? Do you think you're still – what was what was wrong with you when you were sick anyway? I believe it was a flu. <laughs> I just wanted to do that, Eric. I know what was wrong with you. I work with you when you do get to go to work because you did miss some work because you were sick. Now, because of this, this leads into something else that I wanted to mention about the Patreon. We also have – I've gone back and, and started archiving, Eric. I've grabbed from the vault – uh, all the of the of weird heart? science pop culture podcasts uh, that we had, the other show that we had. Uh, I believe we had like 32 episodes, somewhere around there. I've That's actually went and started releasing them on the Patreon as well. So it's kind of the archives of that. I kind of had to you know, tell a little fibs to Podbean, possibly, yeah. Eric, to try to get those because I did not have those, but I do have them, most of them. There's some that are lost to the ages, Eric. But because of that, I've been putting those up, and I just want to say there may be a big announcement coming up for all the weird science pop culture fans out there. I'm in negotiations with the talent to possibly bring back that show on Patreon. The talent there, Eric. I did have air quotes. <laughs> the talent. Of course you did. Uh, yeah, but there is a good, good possibility that coming up that show will return in some capacity on Patreon. So that's another reason to go over there and subscribe. Uh, but you can, uh, up until now, it's kind of like a countdown, Eric, a countdown to the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast. And we're going to have some mail later that actually mentions the pop culture podcast. It seems Ooh. that people want it back, Eric. So maybe we're going to have to listen to all your fans, all of Eric Shea's fans out there. Uh, they're, they're pining for that podcast. Mama? Yeah, Mama. Yeah, where's, where's the quote? But we also, I do want to mention, we also have a regular spotlight. It is on our regular feed. If you're getting this on your feed, you probably will already know this. But just to make sure that you are aware, we did talk about Batman number 39 on the spotlight uh, this week and we will not have that audio on this podcast either you'll have to go and listen to that as its own entity but Eric 
after all that, you know what? We talked about the Patreon, but what is the Patreon without the badass crew of That's the right. Patreon, Eric? So now it's time for the badass roll call. All right, Eric. We got the badass roll call going on. You know what that means. We're starting off with the ultimate badass right now, which is Manship. We also have Aldrin Stoja, Brian from Arkansas, All New Dave, D-Man, Josh, Havilland, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Dancing Mike, Brandon, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew and Belfast, Luis, who uh, put his thing up to a badass, so we awesome. I want to thank him for doing that. We also have a new guy, Zach Davis, so I want to give Welcome. him a shout-out as well. We have Ulysses Jones, Josh, T, Hakeem, Double A Ron, Abuse Mama and the Verizon Hole, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben, Ruben, and the OG Christopher Hyden. And we want to salute all you and thank everybody else who supports us on Patreon. I think that the best is I, I did all this work, Eric. To, to get this goddamn roll call music down, I played it to you beforehand and said, listen, does this sound good, the levels? The problem is when I played that clip from Patreon, I jacked the levels up. God darn it. I can't do anything right. I can't do anything right. But, yeah, thank you, everybody. I hope that that was, uh, you know, audible. If not, I'll have to go and, and post-edit that. I'd have to post-edit that. Because, you know what? I was screaming to try to go above Ruben. the sound. Ruben! Ruben? <laughs> I love Ruben. Uh, but yeah, this leads to the next bit of the podcast, Eric, and that is that we have a rant and rave line that you can use. Uh, here we go. I'm, I'm throwing myself off, Eric. If you can call the rant and rave line. 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. I have to say, I'm a little off right now tonight because we're recording, and for once ever, 
it seems that I see the light at the end of the tunnel earlier than we'll ever I know, have crazy, right? ever before. We may actually get feeling. this. We may actually. I said to the kids, they're like, oh, you have to record. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got to record with that asshole, Eric. And they're yeah. like, what, Eric? And I said, yeah, where is it? <laughs> and then I said, uh, guys, just don't make noise. Please don't ruin this because me and Eric may actually get a Saturday night. It, it you really see does daddy feel like that. Yeah, you want to see daddy, then you better, you know, shut your mouth is what I said. But this is the sense. rant and rave stuff. And we have a couple. We're going to start with one from Dancing Mike. Here we go. Hi, Jim. And Eric and the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Beep, this beep, is going to be a quick rant yeah, rave because uh, Jim just posted on Slack the uh, Billy yep. Squire Rock Me Tonight video. So I'm going to tell you a little bit just about that. I love Billy Squire as I'm uh, sure. I um, knew he would. Jim mentioned. And I saw Billy Squire on the Signs of Life tour in 1984. And that is the album that had Rock Me Tonight. I'm going to get and and just to preface this, I did put up a video in the Slack chat. If you get into the Get Fresh Crew, you go on the Patreon. You are a member then, and you get into the Slack chat. And we talk about some nonsense. And uh, today, for some reason, I was listening to music, and Billy Squire's "Rocky Tonight" came on, uh, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I remember that video." So I went to watch that video. <laughs> it might be the worst video ever, and one You're of like the his only. In the street? Oh my god, it's one of the only videos that I think really destroyed a career. It really did, which Dancing Michael talk about. But yeah, if you look up Billy Squire rock me tonight you'll know what we're talking about it is nonsense back to that in just a minute there are articles and uh yeah there is out there documenting or how billy squire that song that video killed his career yeah because the song's good i i like the song the video oh my goodness it it it's so ridiculous because <laughs> he was a guitar god a real rock he was. guy he was and awesome. for some reason he decided to Act the way he did in that video, and it's he it's, saw the times that were changing. You're trying to change with him. He um, was. Yeah, it's. I'm not going to say anything that might be considered politically correct. Believe me, Dancing Mike saying this. If you watch that video and actually go to YouTube, oh my God, you, you the comments will will make anybody blush, Eric. They're they're not good. <laughs> they're not good. Video. If you want to know what hate speech is, if you're not aware, go to these. Oh, comments. you internet, oh, bad. Killed his career. Whew. That's all I'm going to say about that. But yes, um, I did see Billy Squire in 1984 on the... Uh, did I ever tell you I saw Billy Squire in concert, Eric? You did not? Yeah, because I didn't. Signs uh, of Life tour. just set you up. And 1984 like pin, is Eric. the longest year I've ever experienced because it's still <laughs> going on because Billy Squire said at the end of the concert, see you next year, and mm. I'm still waiting. So Rock me tonight uh, happened. 1984 right. has never ended yet. So that's just my Billy Squire story for... Um, you know, that I saw inspired by Jim's post on the Slack chat. Yes. And I will be back with a rant and rave um, sometime later, maybe next. Who knows? Also, I forgot huh? to mention a shout out to my, <laughs> the king of the Get Fresh crew. I'm not going to try to set it up this week. That turned into a train wreck. But yes. he is the king of the Get Fresh crew and all should hail Richard Richardson. Richard and, uh, Richardson so here. Uh, and like I said, uh, keep it under two minutes or so, and yeah. um, we'll see you next time. 
Richard, Richard, ah, here. There you go, Eric. Now I have that to, to get you with. You. But, yes, thank you, Dancing Mike. And, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Billy Squire, he was awesome. He really was. And, and if you don't know who the hell we're talking about, because most Lonely people – yeah, nice. Oh, my God. And just the stroke master, the freaking Stroke Squad song, Eric, which right. I, I should pull up right now <laughs> for your ears. But uh, – a lot of the like his guitar riffs and they're awesome. They really are. And then he just he he had you know rock me tonight, Harry. <laughs> he got rock that's that what night. he had. He had rock me tonight. On? The next rant and rave is our man, the Hollywood Kid. What's up, weird science? Stop, Hollywood Coming Kid. At you live from Leakslip, back again. It's your boy, the Hollywood Kid. Yes, well, it is. lads, what's going on? This is my uh, this is my first rant and rave of 2018. All right. So I'm just going to keep this one short and sweet, just like Jim Werner. Am I right? Jim ah, right. Uh, yeah, sweet, so, he so meant right. Friday. Where's the rim shot? Two days after hashtag. <laughs> that, it's not that kind of podcast, Eric. Uh, NCBD. Uh, and oh well, you know, I just wanted to give a shout out to my book of the week this week. Uh, well, <laughs> now, we all know that the book of the week, this week, and every week, is going to be, for all time, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. But uh, the, the honorary mention, you know, the, the runner-up book of the week this week, goes to the brand new, number one, with a bullet, uh, damage from the new age of DC heroes. Yeah, it's wow. good. How you like them yeah. apples? Um, oh, you. You know, I actually haven't read the review on uh, on the site yet. Brandon uh, loved it. Yeah, I should probably get around to doing that after I record this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think Jim liked it. Uh, yeah, I liked Black. it. I did. Uh, I know my boy Trevor liked it. Uh, but, uh, I, I don't really know if Eric liked it, but sure. It's only Eric at the end of the day, so it's not really important, you know. But uh, I thought I'd give uh, the Hollywood kids two cents to know if he liked it. So here we go. Boosh. Uh, number one, Boosh. I liked I liked that old fold-out cover, you know. I thought he that was pretty fancy. Uh, it added a bit of bit of show business, bit of bit of razzmatazz, like bit of bit of panache, bit of yeah. bit of chutzpah, You know what I'm saying? I know. And, uh, that's what the Hollywood kid. That's what I like to see. I want to give a big shout out to Tony S. Daniel on the art duties, cause I'll tell you what. Well, that's uh, that's the, what I was talking Tom, about in slang. Murray on on the colors as well, yep. cause the fucking the book looked the absolute business. I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't the remember business. if Tony did much of Rebirth art. Oh, I think he was on Suicide Squad for a bit. Yep. But uh, yeah, Suicide Squad. But uh, I really remember him. Uh, and he made this book, at least he made it look good, but uh, I, I remember him from the all-star smash hit Batman and Robin Eternal, which I know yes. uh, was one of Jim and Eric's favorite books ever. Back and if you remember, Eric, the first issue of Batman and Robin Eternal, Tony S. Daniel did the art on that, and that was the one that ended with that cliffhanger of thinking oh, that Batman had shot the – it's freaking that may be one of the better looking issues that we've ever had. It, it and one of the great. better looking cliffhangers. And, I got, and one of the better issues. I know that even Luke Hollywood is going to say how much we didn't like Batman and Robin Eternal. Boy, we were all in in that first issue. We sure were was. so excited. 
And unfortunately, it continued. <laughs> it didn't stop at that first issue, and then we got all confused. Where, where's Poppy? Where, where, where's what's it? What's her name that you always keep saying? Uh, the, the, the engineer, the, the engineer, the, what whichever anymore. one it was. Now she just disappeared. Back in the day, but uh, seriously though, uh, I think he did a good Poppy. job on this book. Uh, there's a load of like double page spreads. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a quick read. Normally, I'd be like, oh, double speed. Double oh. speed spreads, you know what I'm saying? But double page spreads, uh, wow. Uh, the so guy is drunk. He, he he was very impressive. I'll say yes. that. But uh you, you, all you gotta do is just look at the front cover and you see usually it goes writer than artist, but this time my boy Tony S. Daniels yep. top top of the class now i I was gonna mention something about this but they do we talked about this when we did the patreon review where they really are pushing the artists as being the stars of these books and i'm sure what luke's gonna say you know since i interrupted him is that it makes sense i mean that book looks awesome i saw at least two reviews eric that in the reviews are like tony s daniels writing the shit out of this and that robert van diddy's art is great and i'm like Oh, you silly fools! But uh, yeah, <laughs> on the, on top of the credit box, so you know, yeah, respect. Uh, but you know, you, you can't really say that respect. you know, uh, Robert Van Diddy didn't do his job. Like he's done a good job, you know. I know you boys have been down uh, on our Robbie uh, over oh, on Holly G and the Green Lantern Corps, <laughs> yeah. as I like to say it. But uh, I think he did a good job on this one. Uh, I think he did a good job introducing. The new cast, uh, well, Damage and all his supporting cast. Colonel uh, Jonas? And keeping that fresh still keeping it in the DCU. And Jesus, didn't he, didn't he do a good job with that Suicide Squad? It's about time that we got some new fresh faces on that team, uh, even if it's like a different team. Believe me, believe me, that ain't, <laughs> and that ain't going anywhere 20, from here. 20 million issues, you know what I'm saying? Jesus. Uh, but, um, yeah, he did. It. Yeah, and plenty intrigue. I'm looking forward to, with that last last page cliffhanger. I'm looking forward. To yeah, want to know who that red dude is up next in issue two? Damage. Didn't you know he's so red dude? I would highly recommend that. It's a good name for him. Uh, oh, and I just want to say, right, uh, to all the haters out there, uh, there's no haters. Hello. on uh, the Get Fresh Crew. Though. No, Respect there isn't. The Get Fresh Crew. Shout out to the Get Fresh Crew. But ooh, to ooh. all the haters who are just going, oh. Uh, sure, this is just like DC's version of the Hulk. Poop, poop. Well, you know what? You know what I say to that? I say, right. Well, the Hulk's pretty cool, right? So right. you know, if uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna am I right? Inspiration from something. <laughs> Try to be inspired dip. by a lot worse things. Yeah, I, I'm right with them. Pretty cool. Actually, I'm I'm 100% with him, and I was thinking of that today because I see a lot of, you know, people throwing shade on, on Twitter and stuff about damage. They're like, oh, man, this is just the Hulk. This is just Hulk. I'm like, huh? They can't really have the Hulk, so, you know, yeah. here we go. We have this. Then there you go, right? Boom! So I don't mind. Why not? I'm going to take the right? soundboard away from you. Boosh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I'll take a page out of the Marvel Minute poop, for poop. this one, and I'll say... Damage, buy, borrow, or forget it altogether. I'll say to buy it, borrow it, and don't forget it. That's how the Hollywood kid does it. That is. I'm looking forward to a lot more of these new age DC heroes coming out. 
I definitely want to read uh, Sideways. Oh, Sideways. Sideways is the one I'm going after, too. And the Terrifics. Well, everybody and their mom wants to read Terrifics. Uh, that is confirmed. My mom does want to read the Terrifics. There you go. Pauline is all about pa- the Terrifics. Pauline told me she's all about that. And the Thunder from Down Under Strip and show. And the D. Yes. Uh, yes. Even uh, in the back of the books this week, I saw they had a preview for uh, the Mortal Men. With with Jim Lee Art, so okay. you know we get around to reading that. that one in like 2025. Am I right? I have to get through eight windows. Handy. I want to say to Jim. Yes. I want to say Jim, keep doing what you're doing. But uh, all them all them extra comic book review shows going to get that going to get That's that right. Guinness Book of World Records for I'm most going podcasts. for it. He's going now. for a breakdown. Uh, he's doing. And, yep. Oh, I just my computer just made a weird noise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wanna. Uh, I was I was in Dublin City Comics uh, the other day. Shout out to Dublin City Comics. I wanna give a shout, shout out. Them. But uh, I was flicking through the books cool, on cool. the stand. And what did I see? But but a, a little book called Mechadet U Volume One. That damn right. Picked it up he picked it up. And I was like, that's a, that's a he may not have bought book. it. He picked you know, it up. I think Jim was on he the money through. with his review. Yeah, did you hear that? that? I was on the money. Pretty good. Uh, I almost picked it up, but I didn't. Cause... He's like, Jim, Jim wasn't that convincing. Uh, Eric keeps thinking I'm saying Met Cadet You, and he uh, wonders if it's about the New York Mets. Uh, I realized. Co-starring uh, co- uh, Wally Backman, Mookie Wilson, and Len Dykstra. I realized that I liked listening. Amazing Met Cadet You. I don't even know how to say it now. The story of the mind. Yeah, see? He likes me to tell him. I just, I enjoyed I enjoyed that because Jim is such a good storyteller. I didn't even need to pick up the book. That's, nope. that's what I thought. That's not uh, what it's supposed to be about. Luke. <laughs> yeah, I, and I want to. I want to tell Eric. You know, Eric. Uh, time to get on the ball with this. Uh, with this toys for boys. Boys for toys. Toys for the boys. B- toys. Toys. I can't believe it's not the boys with the toys. Um, <laughs> whatever you call it. Just boys the world toys. needs to know ding, 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 more ding. about your Transformers. Yeah, uh, and I think one. everybody in the Get Fresh crew can agree with that. And, yeah, you know, I think they don't could. even like, don't boop, even boop. get started with this. Oh, what about the what about the <laughs> cellar dweller? Right, you know what? You know what? Right, <laughs> the cellar dweller is 2017. <laughs> He's so 2017. 2018. Yes, that so, is true. Uh, I I have given up promising cellar dweller in any of those other so shows. Here, put that in your pipe and smoke it. But I did mention right. the stranger. Eric. Cellar dweller. Ooh, stranger um, yeah, so that's that's all that's really all I've got for you this week. This this Brian Reeves like eight minutes long. Yeah. Jesus. Uh so I wanna say don't forget Green's Light. See you <laughs> on the sevens. Uh and until next time, this has been your boy from League Slip, the Hollywood Kid. XO XO See you on the 7th. See you on the 7th. You see what happens anytime any sort of new sound effect, Eric, I can't help myself. (laughs) I apologize to Luke for playing 800 rim shots over that, Eric. But before we go on, what would you call this? A bad start. (laughs) That is called skid marks, Eric. Uh, What would you call this one? That is Old Sparky. And the last one for this bit, that is called 
the rusty hinge. Eric, and we're going to move on now to uh, something very personal for me. Uh, somebody called into the Rant and Rave line and left a message uh, claiming they're Jim's mistress. Oh, Jim's mistress. Shit. This is pretty much why also this I wanted to that's why I is. wanted to play earlier the the Patreon bit the Jim has issues with his wife because this is obviously uh these my shenanigans mistress cannot go on. These shenanigans uh my mistress this must have heard that. Uh I have to admit though when I got this I thought boy that sounds this mistress does sound very sexy. Eric, so here we go. This is Jim's mistress. Are you Jimmy? This is your mistress. I heard the fucking podcast. With Jesus. Where the fuck is our podcast? Listen, I need you to come over tonight so I can yell at your stupid dumbass some more, you piece of human you garbage. Start hanging Make out some women's in class, man. Damn. Strawberry milkshake and some tampons. Because I'm riding the rag something crazy, you son of a bitch. That is inappropriate. Right. I'm angry about that. <laughs> Oh my, time. oh my goodness gracious! The door right as it was over. That is my mistress, Eric. What would you call this? <laughs> that is the C flat. One last one here. What is this one? I would call that the thunder from down under. That that is called the dueling buttholes, Eric. We have another nice rant and rave, and I believe the last rant and rave, it's again the actual rant and rave from Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And What's up, Mike? Hello, mother. Hello. So first of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so I'm going to start out a bit uh, negative this week so I can end uh, positive. So I'll get all the negative stuff out of the way. And then Not on my watch. Stuff. So I think that's the way to go, you know. Leave on a high note. So, Jim, you threw out Oklahoma City last week. And oh, when you just said Oklahoma City, I don't know if you realize that was about 23 or so years ago. So a lot of uh, your listeners might not have been alive during that or were so young they have no significant memories of that. So that is true. So that was a horrible attack. That's also true for Billy Squire, Eric. That is yes, um, that Billy. was probably about the last big white supremacist attack you can uh, you can cite. So, you know, if you're looking for um, terrorists, you might want to look somewhere else, unless you're talking about, you know, comic books or shows. Um, recently, I saw an NCIS LA where uh, these college campuses, they were recruiting uh, far-right students. Do, do I watch that? I know Tanya does. So I don't. You know, right-wing terrorist groups. So, if you look at college campuses today, I think you can tell that, yes, the prevailing political p opinion on all the college campuses, it, it's, it's right-wingers, those crazy right-wingers. They, you know, when a left-wing speaker comes, they, Look you who know, you started, Jim. Speaking of, speaking of which, Eric, I, playing hockey, was a left-winger. I, I just oh, wanted good. to throw that out. So was uh, I. Which was odd, because I am right-handed. Usually, uh, you have the opposite. Have people I just wanted to let you know that. armed with, you know, bat. I like to be able to have my stick more uh, to pull it in to shoot her. That, mm -hmm. That's why I was a left-winger. That That's why. I get Some stuff <laughs> coming and shut down so they don't care the left-wing speakers, and they riot and say, oh, wait, that, that might be a little bit skewed from reality. But anyway, this is your I just wanted to throw that out there, and... Um, just leave that out there for you because, yeah. 
Okay, so let's see. I also mentioned negative stuff. A little bit of. Well, I got the negative stuff. I did want to mention the uh, Clerkenwell outrage. Uh, That might have been more recent. The Clerkenwell outrage uh, that happened in the UK, Eric. Maybe he'll look up that. It's called the Clerkenwell outrage. The Clerkenwell outrage, Eric. That is another attack that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Negative is I have not read Mage, uh, the Hero Denied number five yet. Because Image Comics, they're releasing this new series of Mage, and but the trades they they waited forever to release the first two volumes of uh, Mage, the Hero Imagined, and then they just released the first volume about a week ago of um, Mage, the Hero Discovered, which is the second series. So if you want people to read the third series, why don't you release all of the other prequels so I can actually get the whole story before I jump into the new one? So I'm yeah. I'm trade waiting on Mage, the Hero Denied, because I'm not waiting for the trade of the current series. I'm waiting for the trades of the other series to finally be released by Image, and it's maddening. It's like, give me the other ones so I can read the whole backstory and then read the current series. Yikes. But anyway, oh man, let's see. What else? I'm also going to talk about... The Clerkenwell Outrager. Since we're going negative here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about Batman number 39. Now, I don't know. It's... I didn't put it in my comments because I was trying to be a more, more politic because I, I was... You know what the best is? Dancing Mike always has to be there to, to throw it at me that I, I don't really like to talk politics, yet he keeps reminding me that somehow I always end up talking politics. But that there you go. commenting on the issue on... Though I was just talking about stuff that he was talking about, so we're just going to go... The Clerkenwell Outrage. The award-winning website, Weird Science DC Comics. And a good review, by the way, Eric. Thank you. And Wonder Woman, some people are trying to say she's trying to sound like the Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. No, she sounds like a fucking retard. Yeah. A total retard. This dialogue is horrible. Ridiculous. And even the art. I know you guys said you love the art, but I don't know what Joelle Jones is doing. I mean, I guess she was good for the new 52 because... I loved it. They were really all about extraneous lines. The art, that is. (laughs) I don't want to say anything. Especially in the costumes, but I don't know. I'm looking at even pages two and three. I've got the issue open right here. Jim Gordon must be like 106 years old because he's got lines all over his face. And then on... He has been around for years. It says... Pass is gone, right. Mike. He's behind, he is behind you. I, I don't know how she would speak, and I just heard dialogue. He's behind you. I like you will lose. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, dies, so Wonder Woman, if she dies. says, he is behind you, that face is, I think that's Dumb Selena Kyle from The Dark Knight Returns. So I, and just all, everyone has too many lines on their faces. I, they are getting that's clearer. called age, Mike. I don't know. Are they all 60, 70 years old? Is this the old-timers tour, or are they, or are they making the the characters the actual ages of them i don't know so i i'm guessing that they just she asked tom king and he doesn't seem to want to check into anything especially no. how to use wonder woman but i i mean joel jones art i mean it's i love her okay art. but i, I love not it. a big fan of it so i know there's some people out there who yeah love her and and you know it's just i don't know just my preference not a big fan and this issue i'm sorry I think, Batman, you are looking very nice. <laughs> it's retard. So this issue, and uh, I haven't read the Action Comics issue that's a ripoff of, but I have no doubt because 
I don't know. It's Tom King, and he's uh, writing Batman, apparently. And I, yeah, it's uh, it gives me the same feeling as it was when Scott Snyder was writing near the, you know, in New 52. It's like, when can this be over and we the get a good Batman? Oh. I had such hope when Rebirth started, and <laughs> I am Gotham was so good. And now I'm right back to where I was, wondering, like I was uh, during the end of the New 52, why am I still buying this? I, now, yeah. I, I, I do want to ask Mike, because he does have a certain uh, nickname for the Scott Snyder Batman. I'd like to hear the nickname for this Batman, because I, I can't get a grip on a what this Batman, this Batman is. Batman. That's what I'm saying. I can't get a grip on this Batman of what he is. Mo- I, I, I don't even want to say. He's got to give me one. He's more creative than so me. So anyway... um. I think that's all the negativity I've, negativity I've got this week. So I did miss um, a day at work, well, a day and a half at work because of uh, snow, because we had snow, watch, you know, which is much like, and uh, like- you know what the best part of that song is is the beginning because you I think that's where you hear police sirens and there's like talking like yo snow they're coming to get you and it's like a, it's fucking of the mind Eric I love it said I trade waiting on mage I'm sure I will like it uh, Batman number 39 was utter crap and then I bought two very very good comic books so um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman or Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two uh, series longest, two, number three. Longest title so ever. Confusing. Yes. Three. Uh, love that book. It, I mean, it was it was nonsense, which was you know um, Damien and um, Wrath fighting, and I mean you did have the plot with uh, you know the. I actually had a thing. Uh, I was going downstairs. Uh, and cleaning up a little bit, and I realized that I had been sent the first issue of that second, you know, volume, the second series, that nobody ever gave to me. And I ended up, I haven't read any of them, and I, I'm there, I'm going, I'm like, what? I, I didn't know that DC sent that. And I ended up reading the first issue and really the, liked it. It was vi- good. Spoilers, people. You know, the Venom and, uh, Splinter and Leo and, uh, Batman looking for the, you know, finding the Venom, the Baxter Stockman transformation, the uh, Venom out, Bebop and Rocksteady. Just, and it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It was nonsense. It was a good time, and that's what we're, I think we're looking for. I mean, that's what I'm looking for. It's, it's. Did a, you know that Wrath is cool, but action, rude? Just. Uh, what was that? What? <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. Oh. It was just great. So I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying this series as much as I enjoyed the first. So one. you said it's, something uh, important. It's a good read. And then Wonder Woman Conan, number five. Oh, my gosh. I went, um, I Jeremy I went loved 9. that. 9.5, leaning toward 10. As really? As I said on the award-winning wow. website, Weird Science. Holy moly. Again, great <laughs> review, Jeremy. You uh, yeah. captured the, uh, like Dickie Dunn in Slapshot, you really captured the spirit of the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm loving this series. I'm bummed that. Um, I don't get it. Marvel has reacquired the Conan license because I think that will preclude any more crossovers of this type. But she's what she's doing with these characters. It number issue number five went nowhere where I thought it would go. I mean, everything I had in my mind, I thought, well, this is going to happen. This is no. Simone took it in different directions Outer that space. I didn't imagine, didn't even consider. <laughs> Everything's better and in space. It was it was all great. I think the pacing in that series in that issue is wonderful. There's a there. I don't see any wasted panels. Everything moves it along. And when it was over, I was like, "That 
I mean, I was just shocked because I was so into it. He was it shook, it was Jim. Over. It was like, shook. He was. I mean, it, it just chills. It read fast, not because it was nothing, but because it just he was excited. so well. That's the I, best. I was blown those away. are the those are the best issues is where you go like we had uh, we talked about damage that we had on the Patreon and we talked about it and I was really enjoying it but there's a lot of full page spreads you got a lot of stuff so when it was done and it seemed to be a couple you know a couple dollars short of a donut Eric as they say down at the means. rec center uh, but I love those sort of issues and we don't get a lot a lot of them anymore where you're reading them and when you're done you're like the hell like oh my god you, you sit there and i told you, you before check the page count that's the thing i told you before when i'm reading an issue and we do most of our stuff digitally and i'm reviewing a thing or you know we're doing it or even when i have to read one of your books for the podcast when i sit there and i'm reading and i i check the page count it says eight then I realize I'm not enjoying this book. I, I, I'm already looking for the exit. I love those books that you get done, and you're just like, oh, my God, it's it's overall shit. And that's where the reviewer 101 in me comes out and says, I can't wait for the next issue. I say that, Eric, in my blurb, and then I'm on the back cover. That's, that's what happened. That's a little hint for you, Eric. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, I might have a couple more lessons for you tonight. And, uh... I don't know. Tell me I had a good review. Didn't tell you shit. Bill Simone on a good book, and uh, yeah, she her character development, just yeah, the the plot, everything. It's so much better than um, most of what I'm reading right now. So I cannot recommend this series. I know there's one more issue. Seems to be getting shaky with that voice. He might he might actually it's, shed a tear. I don't know how they're gonna wrap up this or how they're gonna wrap it up. What's gonna happen? But. It He's just not used to calling in with such praise, Aaron. Was, um, oh, so he can't recommend amazing. it enough. So he just said, really, I can't really recommend enjoyed, this and moved on. Um, <laughs> Maybe he can. Conan. So, uh, Maybe he doesn't want other people to feel the way he feels. He wants it all, all for him. himself. Yeah, yeah. Sad when it's a very selfish lover, that dancing That one is gone. <laughs> Uh, my, I mean, it's contending with uh, Creature of the Night for maybe Book of the Year. That's awesome. They're both minis because, I mean, they're they're both excellent. I'd like yeah, to say I'd check it out. Uh, I actually read and reviewed the first issue on Patreon. I really liked it, uh, but I heard since then that it's gotten even better. So I, I should really check that out, but I think I'll wait until it's over and then just read it all if I get the chance. Uh, the one thing, the sad bit of this all is, is that Dark Horse has pretty much lost the Conan license. Yeah. And it's going back to Marvel, so there probably will never be a sequel to this book, and that's a shame. If you haven't been on this one, get get on it, because I don't know anything about Conan, really, but it's it's a good book. He's great, a barbarian right here. So. Uh, but a thief as well, Eric. People are yes. not aware of that, that he I'm is a you, thief. If, if you're not aware of that, it's crazy, because all the old Conan shit is like, all right, we got to go somewhere to steal something. Yeah. we got to battle you, reading the people, the old and books. by the end, yeah. the freaking place that it was at would crumble into the ground. It's funny. The uh, end, every I, issue. I, yep, I would read all the books, and then, of course, I told you as a kid I was really into Dungeons & Dragons, and then anytime you would go, and they sometimes in like uh, Dungeon Magazine and Dragon Magazine, whatever the hell it was called when I was a kid, when you'd have that, some Sometimes they would have like pop culture things where they'd have character sheets, and it was funny to see Conan. That yeah, he's he's a thief. Oh, there that's not. They also had a, his own role playing game, Eric, oh, that I God. had once. Never played it. Read it though. Read it that's to myself cool. and pretended that I was playing with people around a table with character sheets and then uh, acting out the roles themselves. I was like me playing Dungeons and Dragons was like a little girl Sad, having a tea you. party. You have all these things around Sad. pretending that people, yeah, yeah. This week, I just want to remind everyone about what you do. You you 
get your comics every week. You say mm-hmm. you go to your local comic store. Maybe, maybe it's the Golden Age 1942. Why wouldn't maybe it be? Beautiful scenic Maryville, Tennessee. Or maybe, yes. you know, it's it's uh, whatever, down under comics and beef jerky and a leak slip or whatever. Um, so <laughs> yeah, wherever yeah. you go to get your comics, you go there or you get them digitally. And then once you, you read all your comics, then you go to the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. And you read the reviews, and yep. if you feel so inclined, you comment on the reviews. Be sure to always read the comments, because you'll see some comments <laughs> by people, you know, and you get different viewpoints. Like oh, yeah. Some people actually like uh-huh. Batman number 39. Yeah, they did. Batman. That's fun. If you want to like They're that, wrong, that is your right wow. as a person to go ahead and yeah, like that. Yeah, that is. Um, so and then you read the reviews, and then you listen to uh, the spotlight. Yep. Um where you will hear, you know, one book a week, which is not on the main podcast anymore. Nope. And you hear the spotlight, you hear Jim and Eric talking, you think, well, I want more of those guys. So yeah. you listen to the yeah. big podca- podcast. I wish that's weekend. how it went. And between the, the spotlight and the regular podcast, you will hear every DC book that's out this week, except there are always going to be two you don't hear there, though. That's where you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash weird science. And you picture. donate and you look at the different levels and see what you want. Almost any lower level will give you access to the Patreon spotlight, which is chosen by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And then you have all the DC books. And you also support these guys for all they do, because there are a bajillion other podcasts out there. Yes, there are. There's rumors of a uh, pop culture podcast return. That is true. Um, You get... Jim's other review podcast. That is true. Uh, Jim's news podcast, which sometimes has Ryan on it. Yes. Um, You get the Far Out Sports Nuts with Jim and Brandon. You get the New 52 review. You get early access to New 52 reviews for Patreon. You get the, uh, let's see, the Necessary Nonsense podcast. You also get, oh, man, there's so many podcasts. (laughs) And, of course, Every three years, just like clockwork, you get a Cellar Dweller podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Whenever Josh decides to make a Cellar Dweller yes. podcast, you get a Cellar Dweller podcast. Get on so, that, Josh. I'm, I'm leaving some out. Best uh, best songs ever. Things. There are so many out there. So, I like to call that an yeah, experiment. It's, it's well worth it. They put out so much content that you will get by being a member of Patreon at patreon.com slash weirdscience. You also get to support a gem who has... A wife who also Jim has issues with his wife. Yes. Wow. Jim has a wife, all right, and um, and she's she's a handful. Yes, she is. And- I'm telling you, everybody says that. It's so funny because I would say that the amount of words that she may say on that podcast is is limited to about thirty because it's just me screaming. And, uh, some kids and yep. we'll see. Jim also has an axe that is chopping up yes. random people's Christmas trees in his back. Dancing Mike is getting me very very upset of all these things that I do. <laughs> Um, I think at last count he has uh, 17 kids, I yes. believe it was. 18. And I looked at my wife this a, morning. He, he needs to buy detergent to wash yes. his shorts. In. And, and detergent for shorts, I want to also mention the seven gallons of milk we're up to a week now. It used to be five. Now it's seven. The shower. He also has, uh, I think there's not only an army of squirrels invading the house, there yep. are also going to be mice invading the house that Probably. are eating random yes. donuts yep, they on are. the floor. Those goddamn um, there's donuts. There's an army of daddy longleggers. We call them daddy longlegs in the South. Yeah. That's the, or we call them Coke. Yes, we call them Coke. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, yes, uh, yes. Is this the pest control? I need you to get rid of my Coke. Okay, what kind? Daddy longlegs. Thank you.
he has a <laughs> daddy long leggers uh, attacking in the in the um, attic also. Yes. Uh, some he needs to make sure he has, has money for this house to go buy painted rocks and paint the ceiling the wrong painted color. Painted rocks, yes. And yeah, I think that's that's you're going to support Jim because he has all that going on, and yes, he also I has uh, the new car and the the computer that you know the kids yeah fancy up playing their nonsense games. Yeah, they did. So they, yeah, that they was screwed what you, that up. You'll be supporting uh, Jim having to deal with. And uh, Eric has um, <laughs> He-Man figures, he -Man. cigarettes, and chatterbait. Yes. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. we'll be supporting all of them when you support these Good guys. Life. So, again, Weird Science. Yeah. Doc, I'm sorry. Who's Patreon. the smart one? Slash weird Science. <laughs> never get that right. So until next week, um, let's see. Hashtag release the memo. Uh, spotlight off. Uh, Patreon spotlight off. Keep it weird. Hashtag release the memo. And see you in Seven. Poop, poop. Yes, yes. Thank, Thank you, you, a dancing Mike. See you on the seven. Yeah, I, I, that gets me. I, I start to get a little depressed when I hear all these shows that I do. But I love it, Eric. It's a labor of love. But that is the end of the rant and raves. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. Thank everybody uh, so far for dealing with what this is. <sighs> That is just Mr. Bubbles, Eric. There's no really uh, – yeah, that wasn't that bad. How about this? That was Oprah wind-free, Eric, but we're going to go off now. Wind-full, maybe. You love – how about this? That's just called the I don't know. And this one? I don't know either. That's the slide trombone. But we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. with Jim and here we are mail section number one and if you want to be part of the mail uh, during the podcast and be the star yourself mail us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com just like Anthony G did and I don't know if you're aware Eric this is his first time mailing in which oh, is crazy shit. I love Anthony and yeah. he says hey Jim Eric Reggie Brandon Trevitt Jeremy Josh and everyone else in the get fresh crew boop, beep, boop. Boop. but he requested a particular whoop whoop Get fresh, Ship. This is my first time sending an email. It's been a long time coming, and I'm a man of few words. Fuck, period, Tom, period, King, exclamation point, Eric. Fuck all of Tom King's fan base. Well, maybe not all. I'm sure there are plenty of them that are reasonable human beings, but yeah. can take an opinion from another without feeling the need to completely harass them on social media. But the man himself, he is the worst, says Anthony G. Allegedly. I truly believe he needed a full night and morning to get someone behind the scenes to help him respond to Hussein's tweets on being called out about the similarities between his Batman number 39 and Joe Kelly's Action Comics number 761, which there are striking similarities. His Very response striking. was possibly the most we got out of him in all of Batman Rebirth, which makes me truly believe he didn't come up with it. There are no snarky, hmm, or no pretentious, what do you think? There was a Tell first. me more. 
Yeah, there was at first when Hussein did tweet out and say, hey, uh, just read your Batman 39. I thought I was reading Action Comics number 761. Tell me more. Well, unfortunately for him, Hussein did what he asked, <laughs> and, and it really didn't look good for a bit. With all this negativity on Twitter regarding this, I truly feel sorry, Jim, that you had to take the brunt of it. I was there. I was taking a bullet for my man Hussein. Right. He, he's, he is a sensitive guy who didn't want to get, you know, he didn't want to get in fights. He, he That's not what it was all about. What sane person wants to, Jim? No, well, okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you're a winner and a hell of a competitor. Uh, I, I'm glad he. I thought at first when I got, I thought he said whiner, which uh, some people have said that as well. But he says I'm a winner and a hell of a competitor. But think about it, your blood pressure. Says, right. Think about it. Eh. You know what? We only live once, Eric. Unless you're James Bond. Uh, we all want better stories, so let's all just take a step back, breathe, and begin our countdown to Tom King's hundredth issue on Batman. Sixty more issues to go. After that, it's all uphill, right? We can only hope. Anyway, shout uphill out to Hussein. You don't want to go uphill. You want to go downhill. Anyway, shout out to Hussein for exposing this fraud. When we get together again, Hussein, I owe you a beer. So, yeah. Right. And, and Hussein just wanted to know and was really taken aback, and he saw it yeah. right away. This wasn't something that he was, I can't wait to do this, that, and the other thing. He just read it and was like, holy crap, this is really similar. Uh, again, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, you go and check out Action Comics 761 and judge for yourself. Uh, I'm currently typing this out on my phone at 3 a.m. as my wife is passed out drunk next to me in bed, but not after she destroyed the bathroom, the hallway, the bathroom with alcoholic liquids, chunks of food, and possibly urine. Must have been one hell of a work Christmas party. I'm glad she's home safe. So that's the positive uh, thing I'm taking out of this. And he did say that his wife and it, it was a late Christmas party. Uh, I think she was making up for lost time, Eric. I remember when I was a kid. Let's start 2018 um, out with a bang, huh? When we, when we were when I was a kid, we went to uh, the guy that my dad worked with. He had a party, and we went there. And I remember I might have been like seven. My mom got so drunk that she was throwing up all over the place at this other place, this people's house. And then we were in the car and she was doing one of those, like she was throwing up out the window. It was in the middle of winter too, but the window, my dad had rolled down the window and she's throwing out the window and then it's going and and like hitting the window that I'm in the back seat, but my window was up. But still, I was just like that. And I'm telling you, I'm like, I will never drink in my entire life until I go to college is what That's I said right. to myself then. But it did. At this one moment really oh, threw me off, and I, I waited till I went to college. I'd also like to give Bobby a shout-out. She was able to send me the awesome Weird Science DC Comics podcast T-shirt, and I can't wait to get it uh, so I can show it off to all my friends and colleagues who – how much nonsense I get into on a weekly basis. (laughs) I could just imagine. It's like Anthony's there, and they're like, oh, man, that's a cool shirt. You know What's that all about? Oh, it's this podcast. You should listen to it. The next day, nobody at work is talking to him. They all shun Anthony. They're like, yeah, that's the sort of stuff you like. Anyway. That's what you get into, do you? Yeah, really. That's it from me. I'm going to try. Again. Anthony. Though, what is better, sitting there and wearing a Weird Science DC Comics podcast T-shirt and listening to a nonsense, or throwing up chunks in in your house? I now would the say, thing is, what about the thing that led up to that? Cause I'm sure she was having a hell of a time getting shit faced. She might have, but who knows? She won't remember. 
It's one of those, too. I, I, she probably doesn't remember. And then you have that weird thing where you're wondering what you did and said. So when you go back to work, Every you just don't, you don't talk about it then. You, you, you ignore anybody. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, some, some lady will come up to her and like, Whoa, we had some fun, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. No, get, out, get away from me. Anyway, that's it for me. I'm going to try to get some shut-eye for a 7.30 a.m. shift in this godforsaken freezing winter in the Great White North, Eric. Take off to the Great White North, as I've heard. Thanks, guys, for all you do. Do know that what you're doing with the podcast, the site, the Slack chat, and the Patreon is well appreciated and enjoyed. You guys are complete oh. gems. Gems, he says, Eric. I'm not sure Moving when or – says, I'm not sure when or if I'll be sending you another email. So see you and possibly never. And all he right. says he wants another sound clip, though, Eric, and that is this. See you on the 7s. He wants to see us on the 7s. And then he I'll says, P.S., fuck Tom King. And, yes, thank you, Anthony. And the next one is from Anna. Anna is responding from before. She says, hello, Jim and Eric. Greetings up, from sunny Brazil. Thank you so much for reading my mail the other week. I love what you said about the different degrees in which you review your comics and movies. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with having a higher standard for stories in which our favorite characters are involved. But that does not mean we have to give the defects a pass in those stories. And I, I fully agree. I, yeah. I do. I wanted to share with you and Eric my top five comic book readings for the year of 2017. Now, Wait these are me. not necessarily individual comics. They're more of a run from an author or a trade. Personally, I don't think it's fair to judge one issue for an author as I don't believe it indicated the whole story they are trying to tell. And that is something that I forget who it was yelled about uh, when we first started the site and we saw – Stuff. It, it may have been, but basically saying that it was bullshit to review individual issues. But let's start with honorable mentions. Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman's Rebirth mm -hmm. Run, 1 to 25. My first comic reading experience. And that, that's cool. That's always going to be up there. Uh, I went through these within two hours. A nice retelling of Wonder Woman's origins. And while there were not, there were some not so great moments, I think Rucka captures the essence of Wonder Woman that most people love about the character. Uh, I can go with that. Velvet from Image Comics by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. My favorite book, books in high school were spy thrillers and I'm a sucker for the Bond movies. So when nice. I began reading comics and started reading Crosswind by Gail Simone, which we will see below, I suddenly became curious about the comic. It really didn't disappoint. The story itself is not exactly original. Retired spy framed for murder, looking to clear her name. But what I love was license how the authors approached certain license to thrill. Certain scenarios in a spy story, which begs me to ask, is there something similar I can read in the DCU? Something involving spies, mystery, Grayson. and detective work. Grayson, it, it's weird. You say that. It, it never really got to be like a spy book. It was more of an action thriller. Type he deal. was a spy, goddammit. Oh, he was a spy, all right. But uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Well, first off, there are uh, James Bond books uh, from Dynamite, I believe. So there's those. I'm trying to I think. I don't know if they're and, any good, though. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Wildstorm might kind of go into that. Maybe. I'd have to see. But yeah, there's not really anything from DC proper. ElfQuest. Health quest. That's what you have to say. Yeah. Bell, Monster Hunter, Eric. No, I'll have, I'll actually think about it. And I'll let you and uh, you and Akeem know. 
I almost said Hussein, but you and Akeem know uh, if I can come up with some stuff there. Crosswind by Gail Simone. Prior to all this, the first thing that would pop into my head when you said comic book is associate that with the words like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, superheroes mainly. Thanks yeah. to Image Comics, I discovered an amazing new world of genres. A, a sci-fi thriller, Gail had my attention from the very first uh, issue, and I never regretted picking up a single issue from Image since I did. Props to Gail and Image for expanding my horizons in the comic world, and that's pretty awesome too. Wonder great. Woman Gods Immortals by George Perez. Wow, I had no idea that Wonder Woman could be so dark. But the crazy thing is I absolutely loved it. This was Diana Prince with an edge, which was a hard transition for me at first coming in after reading Rucka's Run and Rebirth. Themes like rape, murder, curses, and black magic are explored. However, the story was really top-notch and really reminded me I was so fascinated by Greek mythology when I was in high school. I was too. I, I love that. I'm really actually – Actually more junior high. That's what I was going to say. I was more junior high. I'm telling you, with, with stuff around my seventh grade year, like you could not get me to talk about anything but like Greek mythology, me D&D, well. and my one buddy who liked Elf Quest. Quest and freaking yeah, well, that's, and Greek mythology. It's funny. My buddy who I became best friends with then in, in junior high who now – he lost his head, Eric. Yeah, he's dead uh, Yeah, he's dead. Uh, he got decapitated. Uh, he was a big Elf Quest fan. And that's uh, and I laughed at him, but it, it did look okay. But number three, Gail Simone's Wonder Woman: The Circle. Greg Rucka portrayed Diana as sweet and innocent. George Perez put a heavy emphasis on her being a warrior. Gail struck the perfect balance between the two. The story itself was good, but the highlight for me was how Gail wrote Diana. Gail's Diana was loving but not naive, strong but not exactly sword happy. Her support cast, Steve and Etta, were supportive, but she was not exactly 100% dependent on them. A perfect representation, I'm telling you. Anna is selling this one to. To me, hundred percent. No one has managed to write Diana, the character, not necessarily the story, better than Gail. And for that, I'm uh, praying for the day Gail comes back to the Wonder Woman continuity. Number two, Batgirl, the dark, uh, the darkest reflections by Gail Simone. There, there is a theme here. I know. Uh, just like Wonder Woman's circle, I, th- I thought the story was good, but again, the highlight is the character. Simone really walks the reader through Barbara's PTSD and shows how Batgirl fights through it to maybe not overcome it, but how she deals with it. This is the comic that helped me get past the killing joke shtick and think of Batgirl as an amazing character, not just one of Joker's victims, like I always do with, say, a Jason Todd. And I do think, Anna, uh, you're not the only one who looks at Jason Todd that way, because I think DC does, because we are always... Oh, constantly reminded of it and you can't get past that until they do at least for the most part and and really i i would like to see if anna would go back and if she has read the Batgirl burnside where at the end of that run and i'm not going to tell you me and eric loved it eric really didn't like it at all i came to gradually like it a little bit more by the end uh but at one point they did write the killing joke out of continuity for at least two weeks is what it seemed to me i think it was the final issue wasn't it yeah yeah and that was like why they ended up uh you know, what they said that they wanted to do, like a mission And it was statement. bullshit and it didn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, but they, they did it. So I, I'd like to see if Anna has read the Batgirl Burnside and what she thinks of it. I'm telling you, after all this, like I'm telling Anna to get on that goddamn Wonder Woman Conan's thing right now. Yeah, really. Uh, that might be the case. But number one, and this is thanks to Jim. Oh. Oh, Eric. I, I don't recommend tons of books, Eric, but when I do, I, I, I mean it. And that's The Legend of Wonder Woman by Renee Delis. Uh, my God, what a feel-good comic. I was smiling from ear to ear reading this trade. Uh, I'll tell you, every issue that came out, that, that issue, it gave me chills, thrills, and spills, Eric. And the spills was spill? me actually crying. 
Th- oh. There were times when I actually had tears in my eyes, which is crazy. I'm a grown, I'm a man, Eric. I shouldn't be crying about these books. What's going on? These funny I mean, books. The, the, the things that have gone on in my life that I haven't shed a tear, and there I am crying over a Legend of Wonder Woman. Diane and the Amazons were amazing. Edda was the best supporting character I've ever seen written in a comic. I told you. Did I not tell you that constantly? So good. I'm getting chills, Eric, in a long time. And the plot was great. Young Perry White and Alfred were a nice wink and a nod to the DCU as a whole. I'm freaking pissed at the fact that this series was canceled. Honest to God, I feel like I was robbed. So do I, and so do Ray Dillon, especially. Uh, is there any chance you think DC can reverse this decision sometime in the future? And that would be a no. And what happened is... This is what happened uh, from everything that I know. And, and this isn't like behind the Which scenes stuff. This was pretty much – I don't know anything. I don't know much. Uh, they ended up – they were doing that book, and they had an idea for another Wonder Woman book that was very, very similar to the Odyssey of the Amazons, the Kevin Graveau miniseries that came out. Well, what they were told from what I was told is that they were basically say, oh, no, no, we don't have room for any other Wonder Woman books. Just do your funny little, you know, digital only deal and do that. Uh, we're not going to have a book like what you've described. And then about a month later announced that they were going to have a book that is exactly like they, they said. And I'll tell you, Ray Dillon really was angry. And he yeah. went on Twitter and spoke out against DC and basically said, like, you know, this is the book we pitched, as, especially Renee. This has been something that she's wanted to do for a long time. You told us that you didn't want to have anything to do with it and there was no time. or that, And now you're having this. And on on a side note, that Kevin Graveau book was absolute garbage. Garbage. It was garbage. So really, if you're going to be angry, which I am, and now I'm getting fired up, we ended up not getting more of this Legend of Wonder Woman that's a gem because of that freaking piece of garbage odyssey of the amazons which uh, again i want anna to read and maybe i'm the only one dancing mike hated it too me and him were actually excited about the book dancing mike gave it up it, it was just so, so bad uh, yeah but uh, dancing mike even said like it was just so over the top just wrong and he just he he bailed. But so that's it. A little heavy on Wonder Woman and Gail Simone, I know. But these were really the Fine. comics that I love this year, hoping to expand things a bit in 2018. And this is what I'm saying. This is this is what I'm telling uh, Anna that I give her kudos and I love it because this is kind of the thing that I got angry about in this week's spotlight with Batman, where I said she is a huge Gail Simone fan. So this is yeah. what got her in Wonder Woman and Gail Simone. So she read Wonder Woman, then she read a couple other Gail Simone books, leading her to the image, you know, crosswinds, then she's checking this out and that out, and she's expanding her horizons and, you know, finding new things that she really loves, like she said earlier. And I, I give her full credit for that. That's what that's what it's all about. Uh, these people who are yelling and screaming at me on Twitter about Batman, and then you talk, and not only that, they don't read anything else, they also have just joined Batman in the last eight issues. Yeah. And, and they're telling me all about, you know, they're going to school me, Eric? I thought that I was a performer Holy. and an informer. So it, it, it happens that I'm nothing. I'm a man, Eric. I'm still <laughs> in Brazil due to a family emergency. I was supposed to stay until New Year's Day. So I don't have access to Hakeem's Patreon-only account. I've only been listening to the main podcast and spotlights, hoping to catch up when I get back to Canada. And I hope everything's okay so do I. in Brazil. But really, when, when everything is, and I hope that it does you know, clear up or whatever – Hey, don't don't go right back to Canada. <laughs> Nobody wants to go from Brazil to Canada at this point. 
<laughs> just stay a little, relax a little. Maybe you can get Akeem down to Brazil, possibly. Yeah. Also, get a hold of uh, get a hold of Akeem and say, Akeem, give like a me bit of shock therapy right there. T- tell him, like you know, maybe you're not supposed to say. It. Tell Akeem to give you the RSS feed for the Patreon account. I consider both of you, you know, the the person, the people who do this. Uh, you can use his RSS feed so that you can listen as well. So there, uh, I'm letting that happen, Eric. <laughs> there you go. But and then just put it in your podcast player of choice, and then you can listen to it. And then you can say, uh, you know, talk to Akeem about boy, Jim really gets mad at his wife. See, he sure does. That. Thank you guys for the podcast. It's really helping me through some tough days. And again, Jim, I owe you one for that amazing recommendation. Now she says tough days, and now I feel really bad. So I hope everything is fine. I don't want to joke about it, but yeah. Uh, Anna says, P.S. Sorry about the numbering. I pasted this text from Word. I can't seem to format it into a countdown. Uh, Actually, when I cut and paste it myself... It, it did a fine job. But, yeah, thank you, Anna. And I hope everything is okay and As everything works out down there in Brazil. So, yeah, that is the end of mail section number one. Now I, now I feel bad. I feel really sad for being a jerk. But there you go, Eric. It, it always happens. You were called worse on the site this week. About. You were Nothing called happened. things over and over again, Eric. Daddy. There you go. Oh. But, yeah, we're going to go off now to the first section of books. Uh, yes, indeed, and here we are for Jim's reviews with a little bit of Eric as well. And if you want to right. go and read these reviews, all the things that we'll talk about tonight, you can go to our award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and read the reviews and comments, Eric. You can go there to read the comics because there is, there is an issue in this first section. It's going to be a weird section. I will mention again, hopefully I mentioned earlier when I say again, that Batman was our spotlight this week, our regular spotlight on the regular feed. So if you get this on a feed, any sort of your uh, you know, podcast players, you'll be able to listen to Batman on its own. Uh, so usually the podcast does start the review section with some sort of Bat book, whether yeah. it's Batman – 
Detective Comics, even when if it isn't any of those, it would be a medal, something like that. Well, this this week we do not have Batman on the podcast because it's on the spotlight. So this section that's going to start is kind of a little bit of a super section. A, With Batman you know, and two of them. Yeah, yeah, you have that sort of deal, but it's more of like a Justice League Trinity Superman section. Could you? Could we just call it the Trinity section? Maybe. Yeah, I sure. Know. You can do whatever. Well, you want. It, it'd be tough to say that because one of the books is Trinity, so I do not want to confuse people. But this is the meat and cheese of the podcast. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that Eric deserves any sort of thing uh, with this because, like I said, you can go to the site and read the oh, reviews God. and read the comments. And unfortunately, this first issue is a very special issue, a very special oh, issue yeah. to a lot of people as well. I see this issue is very well reviewed. And it Eric has to Shea, be. Well, Eric Shea did not. And is this one of those times when Eric Shea is like, listen, I'm going to separate my emotions with a- with the critical deal of I have to be a critic and judge if this issue was okay. I think that basically it shows. We already know that Eric does not like burn victims. He's not a fan of Asians. And now we see he does not like children with cancer. That That's what I learned. Correct? Are those three correct, Eric? You, those are you, not correct. Why aren't they correct? Why are you saying no, Maybe burn victims. But besides burn- that, not correct. So the Asian thing is not correct. That that oh, is not I love correct. Asians. Really, I don't know about that. It must be Eric Shea reborn. It must That's be Eric Shea reborn. <laughs> Wrong turn. Called it Eric. Somehow it is Eric Shea reborn. I was just trying to set you up desperately for that that soundbite. <laughs> All day I've been giggling to myself, and yes, I, I, I'm telling you, that was all a setup. I will tell everybody, I want to be quite serious with this. If you're listening to this, Eric Shea is a monster, but he's yeah. not a monster for these sort of things. He judged this issue as its own issue. Now, before we even get into it, obviously we are talking about Superman. It's a very special issue. Now, there are going to be a couple things. I don't know if you talk in your blurb about those, but before we start, to me, it is so obvious that this this issue was written ages ago. This is uh-huh. not an issue that was just written in the past couple weeks. There's a couple things that will point to that. Obviously, there is the big thing where Hal Jordan is involved in what is the Justice League. Why, why which, are you stepping all over my toes, my well, Here's the thing. The other thing is that I didn't think you'd bring up. John Boy Myers does the variant cover that you like. Yeah. yeah, he 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 does not really work much with DC no. anymore. He left. He was on Teen Titans, uh, you know, Rebirth, and then had an issue with the creative choices going on, and pretty much left and has not been seen except for work that he already had done, covers and things like that. So I actually thought that is the biggest thing. It also with that is the cover seems to be very different. From what is going on in this issue, I think they just slapped this on. I think that maybe at one point this was going to be a some sort of different issue. But there's well, one I'm other thing. You, the, the other big thing that I would like to point out before you step over yeah. anything I want to talk about is that the solicit for this week of Superman number 39 did was supposed to be the last issue yeah. of the Super Sons of Tomorrow Which arc. While the Super Sons then would go on to be the epilogue that it was. Yeah. So we actually got rid of an entire issue Which is dealing funny. with, you know, Super Sons of Tomorrow. Yeah. What's funny about that is when the, when the actual thing was announced, they never mentioned two issues of Superman, but yet it was in the solicit. So at some point, somebody or something got a little wacky. The other thing that I – well, I'll go. I'll let you do your thing because there's one thing after you do your blurb that I think this issue is missing. It has heart, though, Eric, but it's missing one other thing. Uh, tell me your blurb. 
Superman number 39, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Barry Kitson, Scott Hanna, Gabe Altieb, and Rob Lee. The big stories that we've been dealing with in Superman lately are put on hold while the Man of Steel and the Justice League take some time out of their lives to bring some joy to some children suffering with cancer, which is nice. But since this is so obviously an inventory issue, what with Hal Jordan being the Green Lantern on this team, this issue means nothing in the long run and is unnecessary. Must be Eric Shade Reborn. That is true. I'm going to get all I can out of that one, Eric. Uh, The one thing that I think is missing in this uh, and shows me that it was written well before, you know, now and whatnot, uh, where's John? Why wouldn't John be in here, Superboy? There, there's no reason for me that it, he wouldn't be in here. It would have been a really cool thing to have him with these kids playing around and things like that. Maybe even have crypto or something crazy. But to me, this was way back. And the thing, I don't mind the issue. I'm not going to be a monster like you. Uh, but there are things that people pointed out in the Slack chat. The Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop, boop said, boop. Dave J, I think it was, said, I didn't, he didn't mind the, like, I didn't mind the issue, but really, why aren't you donating the proceeds, all the, you know, what is made from this, uh, to cancer research, maybe? Or really? why isn't this? This is a perfect thing, like, really, wait a month? And maybe this was something that was going to be in Action Comics 1000. I mean, there's a lot of other times where you can do this. I said to you at work today that this is the sort of thing that I could see like a 12 issue or a 12 um, page Page. issue where you print these and do take them to a children's hospital and things like that. I think that that will be good. But as you go through, there's one other thing that really threw me off is I, I swear to God, that the longer hair and beard was was put on Aquaman later. It really looks weird. It looks so off, that look he has. Uh, but yeah, th- this issue, it's hard to say that it's bad. It does show you Superman being a, you know, super guy, the Justice League, all that. But yeah, as, as a part of a series, this is just a filler issue that's thrown in, and, and yeah. it's quite obvious. But we'll get on with it. It starts off, and Superman is fighting the demolition team outside of a hospital. And, and I gotta wonder to myself at this point: was Superman on his way to the hospital to see the, like the children with cancer, and the demolition team just happened to be there, or was it? You know, he was fighting the demolition team, realized. Fuck, I'm outside of a goddamn cancer ward. Do I should do something nice for these children. Yeah, and even then, maybe because they, the kids are watching. And, and really, it starts off, I'll tell you, it's kind of fun, the demolition team. Oh, you know, the, the demolition team, for what they are, it's yeah. a fun concept yeah, because of how fun. silly it is. I'm like, all right, I can get behind this. Yeah, you can, and it has the catchphrases and things like that. So, I'm pretty you know. sure, like Hard Hat, though, I'm pretty sure he's dead, though, from headbutting fucking Superman's chest and having that goddamn uh, that yeah. helmet he wears caved in around him. Well, well, Eric, he may be. He may be. Well, luckily he's at a hospital. But as it's going on, you do see the kids are like watching and things. And I, I could go with that. Superman's going. He's fighting. Sees this. Obviously, you can see in here uh, a lot, Eric. He does have superpowers. I don't know if you realize that. And he goes and sees and goes up and then wants to talk to him. And, and maybe it's even to the point where he's like, oh, they saw all this violence or whatever. But the kids do, you know, notice. The one kid especially notices, oh, my God, Superman was talking talking to our doctors and, and our parents, you know, what's going to go on? Oh, my goodness. And basically, this is a make-a-wish with the Justice League, where you have Hal Jordan making a construct of, of a space shuttle and things like that, like you said in your blurb, and I said before, it is a little off in the yeah, team and things Simon like Jesse. that. 
Yeah, where's Simon and Jessica? Oh, so it basically is just like, let's go off to, you know, see the stars. They go off. They see zero gravity. All I can think of is these kids are going to get hurt. I kept saying, I do like the part because there's the one kid, and I do feel bad for him uh, because, you know, Simon's like, yeah, what's up? What's up, Latif? And he's like, I I can't go. I can't control my legs. And actually, it did give me some feels. And I thought, oh, No, I'll tell you, there are some very nice touching moments in this and actually some very humorous moments, too, that make you smile at the end. But yeah. for, for being a Superman issue, I'm, uh, we have just got done this crossover with the Super Sons tomorrow. Before that, we had, you know, the freaking uh, Imperious Lex and all this tying of the dark uh, yeah. side war and everything like that. And now we just put on the brakes. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's weird because of the solicit being this one issue, and obviously they took that out. And really, if you think about that, and originally you were going to have that one more issue of Superman, uh, I think that that story needed it. The Super Sons yeah. of Tomorrow kind of just fizzled out and ended. Something tells me that basically if we were going to continue, it would have been more about Cass and Connor and Bart and things like that. They decided to put the brakes on it and really shove that out. It, that's my opinion. Uh, I don't need the brakes to be put on things right now no, because no. that keeps so, happening with every big story that we've been dealing with in Rebirth right now. As soon as you get like a morsel of something that you've wanted, they hit the brakes yeah, and they have they to wait do. another goddamn six months. Yeah, and, and if this was Action Comics, I could think a little more of like, oh, well, you know what? They're going to throw some of these type of issues in here because of getting the Superman 1000 at being pushed superman you don't need to do that and really if everybody sits there and doesn't say that this just keeps reminding you of the fourth of july road trip issues then you haven't been reading because it does it just it's like oh my god another one of these and it doesn't matter if this story has the feels or if this is like oh my god this shows superman and the just league being super it does but as a part of a series, it just really just keeps reminding you that the Superman book keeps going off the, the fucking, you know, the ranch and, and it kills you these me things. Too, I just gave Superman my book of the year. Yeah. And I was very like, you know, wary to Hesitant. do that just because you were. of these whole things. And now, like, you know, as soon as I get done doing that, bam, we have another goddamn filler issue that yeah, doesn't go this, with the rest and, of the series. And, yeah. And again, you're not saying that it, it's ridiculous that this is going on. You know, I'm not going to make the joke that when Superman goes to that thing, the one kid's like, wait a minute, my make-a-wish was Tom Brady. And we were <laughs> laughing about that sort of thing, you know, but it's – it's a okay story. It's a feel good story. It just as an issue where if you have it on your pull list and you're expecting, you know, a continuation of your book and then you just get this thrown in, which is obviously an older issue. I can see where people would be like, oh, you know, I kind of feel ripped off, which is where on the flip side is where I thought DC did miss out on not saying at least, hey, half of the proceeds go to children's cancer research, things like that. I think that that well, even just really t- like deal. coming out beforehand and talking about, you know, we had this very special issue coming out yeah. of Superman and promoted a little. I didn't know anything about yeah. this going yeah. forward. Even the solicit wasn't right, so I didn't know going ahead with that either. Yeah, and so they end up – and I- I'm telling you, the way this is and the way it's – I mean this could easily have been a digital – issue that's just distributed for free it really could have been it's it, there's not much to it they go to the watchtower they're gonna have uh, a scavenger hunt where you have to get superman's cape wonder woman's lasso a battering you go down and of course the big one's a picture of batman smiling uh batman is there at the why is he such a dick like, I'm sitting there the whole time. There are people like, I found the trident. I got Cyborg's thing. And then, hey, Batman, give me a smile. 
huh? I'm like, what a jerk. Like, he, he's really holding out to not smile. I'm like, you are an asshole, buddy. Uh, but yeah, with that. I think Batman's just playing the game now because no. he even said before, and you know, it's going to be the hardest one of all to get Batman to smile. And he has to put on a big show. No, I, first, I think you know? it's like me. When, when Tanya says, you just beat your seven-year-old in basketball 28 to nothing. Why? And I said, no, I'm not going to cheat or I'm not going to lay back. They got to learn how to do it right. They got to learn this is Batman. Man. He's like, listen, I'm not giving out cheap smiles here. And he does smile. And then the, the uh, Latif, he whispers in his ear. And Batman does smile, smirks. I, I'm going to point out that Superman did say you got to get the pearly whites. You got to get some goddamn teeth. There's no right. pearly so whites going on. Gotten There's, the scavenger yes, going so, on here. And I like, I'll tell you, one of my favorite parts is, and I thought, what the fuck, Superman? Because he's like, looks like Latif is the winner by one item. I'm like, really? You're doing this? And everybody's like, yeah, Latif. I'm like, yeah, I can tell I'm not there. I'd be freaking I exactly, I'd be ready I sat to. There, I'm like, I have a Green Lantern power battery, a Flash insignia, yeah. Wonder Woman's lasso, and Latif. So, winner, get the fuck out yeah, of here. I'm telling you, I have the Trident, Latif. You're now having it right through your fucking abdomen. I'm killing you. <laughs> and then I say, hey, am I up next? Is any of the scavenger hunt the blood of Latif? Because I'm winning. <laughs> I am going to win. Actually, I'd probably run up to him, Eric, and, and scream and do this. Pistol shrimp? Pistol shrimp, Eric. I to hit him right in the face. But yeah, they all win, obviously. They, and they're like, hey, Batman, what was the joke? Huh, it was funny. I'm like, you can't smile for these kids, Batman. Seriously, you son of a bitch. I, I wish that Wonder Woman just shook her head and walked away. And it's but what they, I'm looking at that panel right there, too, where like everybody in the Justice League, you know, they, there's nothing really wrong with the art in this. I Wonder don't Woman like it, though, is because off, it seems way too basic for some yeah, reason. It does. It's like, it, it there's does. no, like, like, uh, depth to it at all it's just no. very standard and it almost feels like one of those comics you would read in a nurse's office for no. how like you know what it is, is? on detail I, I was actually going to say it and you brought i'm glad you brought it up it actually really reads and looks like a comic that would be in a cereal box those ones yeah. i've had those where they have like you know justice league uh justice league versus you know this crazy stuff or whatever it really feels like it would have been one of those and, and again maybe it was going to be something like this and they just had it like around they decided to use it but they go to the moon basically checking out all the kids are in their spacesuits like hey you know can we stay for a little while yeah space hey. and they're like put down your rocks boys and girls and they put them down I'm like god damn it it just reminds me of that goddamn shit and rocks that my wife paints and puts in the goddamn <laughs> thing i'm telling you if she sees this next thing you know she's gonna want to get on the space shuttle and put the quaker town no, rock on the she's moon gonna be picking up rocks putting her name in and putting back down where she yeah, found them that's yeah. going about her day yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna kill her but yeah, they, they put this down and then they're just like, can we stay a little longer? Absolutely, kiddo. We can, absolutely. And then it just pans away of them looking at the earth. How is he talking in space? I don't know, Eric. I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I hope they get them back to the hospital, you know, quick. And if I was a parent, I'd be freaking so worried right now. But, uh, I would have thought bring the parents along to the watchtower as well. Maybe and that's just me, Eric. But, it's nice enough. Like we said, we've said enough about, you know, what we thought it should have been or what it was or whatnot. So it's nice enough, but it does just halt, uh, the story going forward in Superman and what we're going to get next. And it, it just seems like it just didn't belong, but no. it's nice enough as a single issue. What did you give it? I gave it a 5.9 out of 10. Ooh, 
we? 5.9. I'm going 10 out of 10. I hate uh, you because, so much. No, I, actually, all in all, I'm giving it a 7. I thought it was nice enough. I thought it was something. Now, again, I'll, I'll give you some caveats here. If you have a kid that you, you know, unfortunately, especially if you have somebody who, I mean, it's the worst thing ever that would have cancer. You know, this is something then it, it's a 10 out of 10 for you. Give it to somebody. Or if you just have kids that you want to have a story to show them, like they say, like, why is Superman so great? Or why is it just, this is perfect for them. But it is something that is obviously written for like an eight-year-old. It really is. And so if you do have kids and you want them to show how great the super friends are and stuff like that, give them this and they'll enjoy it. It's just as an ongoing series of this coming out of the Super Sons of Tomorrow, it just doesn't fit. And it just no. felt like it was just thrown in to just, oh, we need something here. Throw it in. So there you go. That, that's that. But yeah, uh, you're a monster. But we're going to move on now to the next issue, which is one of mine. Now we're going to get, we're going to put on the serious faces here, because this is a more mature uh, book. That is Justice League, number 37, written by Priest, art by Felipe Baronis, Gabe Altieb, and Willie Shu. Priest continues the story in this issue. 99% of the focus is on our copycat villain. Turns out he's just. A big fan, Eric, who will do anything to protect the Justice League. But can he protect them from him? From him? I like the art, but the story was clunky. And while I'm still looking forward to the next issue, I'm starting to lose patience with Priest's run on this. Now, I will start by telling you right off the bat, I liked it better the third time I read it. I actually, tonight I read it. I read it twice for the review. Didn't like it too much. You'll see from my score. Reading it again, some of the things made a little more sense. I just, things are just thrown out there. Uh, it, just, it feels odd. I don't know for the, the yes. whole like atmosphere that we have in this book. Everything feels weird for what we've had so far. And it's like, yeah, and it feels like such an outsider now from the rest of the DCU. Like where yeah, we had like Harley's doing its silly stuff. Batgirl's doing its dumb shit stuff. This is doing its dark shit out of yeah, nowhere. This is doing the dark try to be real stuff. But yeah, it, it starts out and we have the little teeny bit of the as Batman a murderer slash Superman, you know, catch doing his deal. Yeah, and it's, but what's happened is I said in my review that every time we have an issue, it seems like when we finally get a focus on a major part, that's the part that all of a sudden I realize I don't really care about. Now I want to go back because we want it so much. Oh, this copycat, the last issue you had him, uh, you know, dressed up as the smoking badass Batman. And taking down Simon, even though at that point it was very confusing to us, like what Simon had done and why and how and whatever. Uh, But in the meantime, you you start with this and then you you get this whole issue and we find out the background of this villain. We find out why he's doing the things and all of a sudden I'm not that interested in him at all. And I don't know if it's because it was too soon to find out who it is and how it happened or whatnot, but well, even the background so easy for what it was. Yeah, like it that's became what I'm like saying. you know, we had this whole I, like the identity of the fan, like his background, and like you know, then he just was the guy who worked on the watchtower who set up all this goddamn spyware kind of shit yeah. throughout, so he knows yeah. everything. Yeah, that's like, just where it. have you been? Yeah, and really, I know that Cyborg explains like, "Ooh, once you pointed it out, boy, it's screaming at me now." I'm like, you, you, you slept on the job, buddy. This is your whole deal. This is the, you know, the the Watchtower. But also with this, I don't know about you, but as it's going on, and you have now, it's it's a little weird because 
Simon got taken down from, uh, you know, the guy pretending to be Batman. Then I see him dressing up as Hal Jordan. I'm thinking, boy, this is like a weird, like clever way to do like the Eclipso deal of how, you know, this guy is just a human, but he he can mimic these guys because he knows them so well. And we're going to see him pick off individual members like now he's the now he's Green Lantern somehow. Wonder Woman's going down now. Then he's going to have Simon and Wonder Woman. Now he dresses up as Superman and takes down Batman. It just ends. It just yeah. ends in a way that they just trick him easily because I think that we're finding out from this it is not the villain that Priest wants to concentrate on. It's what's going to happen to the villain as we move on. How can they – and it goes with that real-world thing kind of of well, you know, what can it, you do? It, it, it's right there throwing your face in that first – like that first page where we have the yeah. backup where it is the chapter is called identity crisis so by the end of this yeah. book you have a very identity crisis-esque kind of thing going on where you have the fan yes. who knows the entire identities of the justice league what are you going to do about that because yeah. you can't just lock him away then because he's no. going to spill the goddamn beans yeah well you so can't give him the we... authorities to lock exactly. him away but with all this stuff going down chris or priest is going to play with the idea of they can't keep him in the watchtower forever that's they they don't have a right to do that they they and also I think that we're going to get a little bit of an argument that leads, like you said, with identity crisis right there. And then the ending, I'm thinking that somebody's going to say, like, maybe we should wipe his mind. And there's going to be that whole deal, uh, obviously, like the identity crisis deal and things like that. But even so, in this, it starts off and you do get a background and see that at one point th this guy and his friend were saved from the Justice League or by the Justice League. And from, the just, shaggy man. from the Shaggy Man. From the Shaggy Man. It's cool. And and you do have Martian Manhunter here, which there was mentioned in the New 52 and all throughout. Like, he was on the team before. He went crazy. Very so briefly. Nothing, yeah. yeah, very briefly. And even so, even when he wasn't part of the team, though, they even spelled out, like, he did help them a couple times. So you can go with that. So don't get See, that. See, the biggest problem you know, I have with this that. is that Batman's in his rebirth costume. Yeah, I know. I, I thought that as well. It threw me off. I just think that that's an art faux pas. But even so, as it goes, you get this thing where you're getting a background where the guy's like, yeah, you know, I had a friend called Diesel. We called him dead. And I'm like, this, oh, this gives goddamn you, dialogue this gives you nothing. Is the this worst. does not tell us anything. Yes, at that point, it shows, you know, you saved my friend and me and, and I felt good and I liked you and this got me going. And then later, you know, all of a sudden the building fell on me and things like that. Well, at this point, he has a Green Lantern ring where he's hanging out. And I'm like, OK, I see he's supposed to be a fan. That's supposed to be, oh, look, he's such a fan. I had rings that I wore. But I, I used to knowing, hang out in corners with a green lantern ring smoking yeah, a cigarette, so that, I can understand that. I think that's guy. even just a match at that point. It's so ridiculous. But even so, he's there with the ring, and what we saw before, I think that's a little confusing. And then a building falls on him, and he's hurt. Uh, his buddy Dez had to get him through that. Dees. He rehabbed Dez. He, he rehabbed, and then he joined the army. He ended up – but all of this – means really nothing to me. No. Uh, later on, when we find out, the big thing is when they do figure out who it is and they look that he had used a similar thing to apply for LexCorp and then uh, also he helped make the Watchtower. There is the all the tie-in. But it really is 
a fizzled out villain to me that I was really interested in. I was really interested. We had that this background. Fine. You go, you see him doing some exercises. He's got Simon Baz. And this whole stuff with Simon Baz to me is complete utter nonsense. What he's is there- he doing here? Does he have televisions like, you know, strapped to his arms while know. he's doing sit-ups outside I don't of the know. window? That's what it seems. He's he's working out outside the window doing, you know, put our uh, uh, crunches with television strapped to himself. I don't understand. What the fuck am I, I looking know. at? And he comes in, and there's where you have Baz. Baz can't think right. Uh, we do see, and, and I didn't notice it right away, but then when he does pull it, he does have a little thing, like a nano thing on the back that yes. is scrambling his brain. That we had got put on him on the back yes. end of last dish. Yep. Yeah, and so he has that. And the guy's talking. There's Christopher Priest. I think that he is giving you his little, you know, his theory on the Green Lanterns. I, I don't think he likes that there's so many Green Lanterns. So he's going to have this guy say. And really in this, he loves Hal Jordan. He's classic, this guy. Uh, at this point still, you're not getting the full idea that he is the fan that will do anything to protect the, the Justice League. Because really going as Batman and killing the lady who is going to get them in trouble in Congress that maybe it's very short sighted. And not to say though, he's like, I'm helping him a guy by getting rid of something. No, you're making Batman a murder in the eyes of the public. You're doing doing more damage. It's very short sighted. Now he seems to be crazy, but you don't really get enough. You know what I mean? You're not getting enough of all the pieces to fit the puzzle to at the end to go. Oh my God, this makes sense. And with this, he's there with Simon, and he has Simon's ring supposedly. In a, you know, isolation cube, uh, that it's going nuts and he's like, oh, your ring, I'd like to put it on, but you know, I can't do that. I'd like to experiment with that, but it's going to lose its power eventually and I'll add it to my collection. And while this is going on, you do have Batman and Jessica trying to find Simon. Not much, uh, going on with them. They're just wondering where he is, can't figure it out. You have a television well, even that show thing, arguing. Like, you have no idea who this guy is yet. You sent yeah. Simon in there disguised as Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, disguised as yeah. Bruce Wayne, was that who we supposed to be? And why would Bruce Wayne go into this bar and then walk into the back and get a goddamn blowjob from some random yeah, broad? It just didn't make sense. And and why did that broad do that? And I don't well, know. you know, that's what I'm saying. What's going on? Next thing you know, Bruce is in, in trouble for harassment, Eric. I, I don't know what like the pieces don't fit. And then you have, you know, like I said, you have this whole deal where you have the talking heads like, you know what? Yeah, these superheroes, they should be brought to justice and we should know who they are. How can you subpoena this and that? And the lady's like, well, you know what? They do protect us from alien invasions. You're going back and forth with that. Uh, Jessica goes off to the bar where Simon disappeared. It's a trap to set up where he blows up the bar. It's set up that this guy blew up the bar, but that's when the why weirdest we, thing. Why does nobody talk about the people that were yeah, just they're dead. the bar? I, I said that. Jessica didn't save them. Jessica just goes, oh, he knew I'd be okay. Batman could care less and just goes, did you get the plans? Why? Why do you need the plans? What does that room, that storage room, that she comes out and says, yeah, Simon's DNA, he was definitely here. Okay, well, we need to find the signature, his technology design. What? Where, where are you getting it from that? And then that's where I really think – and this is this is new territory for me and, and possibly you where there are things in this where I really think that Christopher Priest just did not acknowledge things. Like you said, this bar, they're all dead. 
This is usually something that he does not let go, something that obvious like that. But what really gets me is that Batman says, this guy's no copycat. He's a collector, which leads right into the bad guy saying he's a collector. And I thought it was so heavy here, He's a collector. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a collector. So you go back to Simon. Simon can't concentrate. And the guy's dressing up as a badass smoking Hal Jordan. Again, I, at, at this point, I'm still like, yeah, you know what? This is pretty cool. I, I can go with this. Thinking about what might be happening, I thought he was collecting Justice Leaguers. And like I said, I thought he was going to go, say, after Flash or Aquaman or Wonder Woman going on. Yeah. But he talks about the ring, and he's like, listen, I, I got the focus out of you. I put your ring in a stasis cube. It thinks it's a threat. It's going to you know, ding around in defensive mode, and it's going to drain out of energy. Then I can add it to my collection. I'm like, just because Batman just said you're a collector, but I like that idea. I thought that that's pretty cool. You know, I wonder where he got all this stuff, whatnot. And he's dressing up, and then he, he's going to go off. But the problem is, the whole wraparound of this is that that's not Simon's ring. No. He takes he takes that ring. Simon bat, bashes that ring out of the stasis cube, goes to put it on. It doesn't fit on him, and then he's like, oh, no, it's phasing. Uh, what? And then Simon's like, oh, I had my ring all along. I just couldn't tell. And I'm like, your ring didn't like the do fans anything? mental block preventing me from saying what mental block? Yeah. Yeah. And how Simon gets out again. It's badass. I liked it where he can't f- focus. So he bashes his hand and then focuses on that pain. I like that, but yeah, yeah no, he's that's like, a very cool concept. But like he, yeah. by this point, we've already you know he bashes his hand, focuses on the pain, so it like allows him to get through the fucking like to think yeah. of the pain enough to pull the inhibitor off him that allows him to think again. But for some reason, doesn't know he's wearing a ring. Yep, and then he says, "Oh, it's not my ring." Now the thing is beaming out. What? And what is this beaming out shit? That's what I mean. What is it doing? I thought that what he was saying, it's like. It scanned his ring, but the guy already has a ring. Possibly, I don't know. I just don't understand what's going on. Because then Simon busts out and just is like, basically, like, I'm back, baby, and says that nut is not a copycat. He's a fan. Jessica, a Cardinals fan? Please, please. He was just. I'm telling you, they didn't know where he was. Jessica was freaking frantic because there was no way that she could not get a hold of that ring unless she says, maybe Simon, you know, turned it off, whatever, but something's wrong. Obviously, this guy and blew up a bar because she why went. He, why she couldn't freaking figure out where he I was. Know. It wasn't like he was purposely yeah. blocking. No, so it, like, it wasn't off. It was on where a, Simon's ring was. Yeah, she should have been able to contact the ring somehow and say, like, for some reason, it's not connecting with Simon. It's like a dead ring, something, something to explain that he, his mind was blocked from it. A Cardinals fan. Really? That That's what you, well, Jim, you're you going to say? Too. She's saying a Cardinals fan is a joke right outside the burning bodies of those bar attendants. Not, well, then you're, you're right. That makes that makes a whole lot of sense now. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's like a Justice League fan. He doesn't want to kill us. He wants our autographs. But that makes him dangerous to people who don't like us. I'm like, what? That's only because that's what the story is pushing. Where do you get this idea 
to me, if I say, this guy's not a copycat, he's a fan, this is like psychopath fan who is going to capture us and take out our spleens because he thinks that, you know, he wants to taste us from the inside. That's the fan that I was getting, not a Cardinals fan. I mean, it does take a lot to be a Cardinals fan or... I don't know, but you're going, and and it's all like that whole thing, making it dangerous for those who don't like us is just the same thing as Batman saying a collector. It is really forced. It is really over-the-top forced, and then that's where you have badass uh, Hal showing up, and he shows up at this – you know the uh, the TV station, and I guess he's shooting at the guy because yes. the guy was the piece of shit. It's funny though. It's like he shows up and he goes to shoot, and then all of a sudden the lady jumps up. It is actually disguised Wonder Woman in disguise. Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Aquaman. Aquaman and, is yeah, actually the guy, the guy, the freaking old man, freaking asshole newscaster. Yes, and I'm, Aquaman. Yeah, and I'm telling you when it goes. I'm telling you, I know that she has bracers on. I know that there's the lasso. I know it's all of Wonder Woman's outfit. But the next page where you go, when Aquaman exposed himself, I swear to God, it was Green Arrow and Black Canary. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, that's it. Why doesn't the hair – why can't you have the hair be a wig and have that wig be pulled off so I, that I, you I was wondering the entire time, why doesn't that wig come off or yeah. whatever it is? And I she guess she dyed her hair. Her fucking hair. I'm saying, she, where is the Batman holographic technology no. we saw in the beginning Eric, of the Eric, listen to me. You didn't know Wonder Woman is the Christian Bale of undercover superheroes. She is going to live the role. Right now, she well, is she's still – she's been having a bad go out of it lately and she heard the blonde – Let's have more fun. Yeah, that's what she's uh, – nonsense, yeah. And then basically this is what got me then. Simon comes back and like, hey, you know, one of those. I'm going to take you out, you lunatic. And then they capture him. And I thought, wait a second. Like this is it? Like all of this, this seemed like such all a cool setup. All this buildup and going forward. I'm like, why isn't he escaping? And then out of nowhere you have – Batman just basically filling us in. Batman and Jessica basically filling us in. They're like, hey, we know who you are. You know, y- you were a training project for your LexCorp application and the same DNA signature, Joshua A. Christian, one of the technicians who assembled the, the ta- watchtower. I'm like, whoa, my head's spinning. I'm, I'm waiting for any of them to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, calm down. Stop. Well, you know, it's just crazy. Now, the well, only other Wonder thing. Wonder Woman, then. Joshua, we know you embrace our yeah. cause. Yeah. Yeah, embrace. I actually looked up thinking that was a, some. It's not. That is a typo. Oh. You know, you. you a, I know you embrace our cause. He's like, what are you talking about? But but this is wrong. You've got to stop now. And then what? He knows much too much about us guys. Don't you get it? He can never in this assignment. He can never be allowed to testify. If he does, it's the end of the league, and it is. And he's laughing, but then he's beaming them out. I'm like, what is going on? What? And that's what the thing. The I don't know if he's on? beaming them out or. Just- uh, cyborg is or whatever for whatever reason Maybe. that's the cliffhanger so we have no yeah. idea all of a sudden you know badass smoking how jordan is laying there freaking joshua yeah it must be cyborg no we're beaming out yeah and i i didn't even realize he wasn't there actually and uh though in the meantime there is a little section in the middle where cyborg is sitting there and the third time reading i i understood what's going on at first all week and i'm like i read it this one time before this uh we got on i'm like 
What the hell he's talking about? I thought this was pretty self-explanatory. It, it, well, the only problem is, where did that phone come from? It's just like a, a, a landline. It's a landline that he calls. But yeah, he's sitting there talking. Uh, everybody's calling like, oh my god, you know, cyborg, hey, we need you, oh, whatever. And he thinks back at that bounty hunter saying, you know, you're clearly more technologically evolved. Just wondering, why are you following people you should be leading? And cyborg, some people were thrown off with this, that he ends up undigitizing high his mask, uh, which his ability he does. It just yeah, why? he has that. You don't it's see just it a lot weird. of times, even though no, he's you just, don't. He can do it no problem. Well, it's funny you like, rarely it, see it outside of his own book. That's what's and odd. The thing so is, too, why does he do it here? I know that that uh, all I can think of is I said to you where he says you appear to be human species, but you're clearly more technologically evolved. This is again, this is man versus machine, where he's thinking of this guy saying like. You clearly appear to be human. No, I am human, and I think this is I, him I just showing love the progression, though. Because I actually oh, look at these panels. So that's nine fucking said, grid panels. You appear says, to be. No, it's not over that. He's like his hand is like in front of him, like you know, just palm up. He's looking yeah. at it, and then still there. Then he undigitizes the metal mask and his, hand's his hand, still. and then he turns his hand over, looks at the back end of it, disconnect. <laughs> What? So funny. And he does say that you appear to be human species twice. He he thinks of that twice. So it's obvious. It's so funny. Like he can make his hand look human as well. He does. You can look he, like Victor Stone whatever you want. Yeah, he on, has dude. that ability. That is ability that has been in the cyborg book since the, since uh, the DCYOU. Yeah. And so he can basically look like a human anytime he wants. Maybe he's thinking of that horn of wishing, Eric. And he's like, Shake I that. do my hand, but you know what? I don't. That's his monkey paw. Oh, goodness. He doesn't what I wish for Be careful. Yeah, so he says that. He calls Batman on just the landline that's hanging yeah, out there. He sends a freaking tongue. cordless phone yeah. down to where they are. So, yeah. You know, it starts so ringing. Crazy. He picks up. Look, we can't talk on comms anymore. This guy's obviously in our system. Yeah, yeah I, I love it, too, that he's in the system. So I, I would say that beaming the phone down can, connects it. I don't know. But, yeah, he basically, he only does this to say – yeah, we figured out that he's infiltrated the thing, and we're taking it out. That's all he I'm does. You, it's it's a weird line in this, and like it's nothing you've ever seen before in Justice League. It's my favorite thing, though, because one, this is all going on. He has Flash going throughout the entire Watchtower, yeah, yeah. taking stuff apart, trying to Just find out what Joshua got it. Out. And at one point, when he's talking to Batman, it's just like this. He look, he puts the phone down, looks at Flash, not a forty six, a twenty six, and Barry has just ripped out a wire. Yeah. And he's like, sorry. Walk away from me. Walk away the from me. Thing is, I love that yeah, line good. so much. It's nothing you ever see Cyborg say to Flash well, or anything like this, but I love it so much. That's my that is my second favorite line because my favorite is Joshua. We know you embrace our cause. I, that's my favorite. <laughs> there, embrace. I'm gonna embrace you the next time I see you. But yeah, Walk they away. they they do end up. And it, the weird thing though is for a cliffhanger, it makes it does make it seem as if as they're beaming away. Number one. He's not beaming, it doesn't look like. So I do think he's sending them, but I think we're going to find out it's Cyborg and he goes with them. But at the point, it does not look like he's involved. No, no, I think he stays there. Well, if Cyborg's beaming them up and they don't know and they're confused, I don't think that that would be what is happening. I think that he's sending them up. I think that he's somehow he has a failsafe set up. Yeah, I think that he's doing that and he does get, but because he does have teleportation technology. Yeah, so I just. I, I didn't like it. I, I really didn't. It, it goes with what's going on. I keep waiting for that issue for me to be like, oh, my God, I understand I, I really it all. I'm really in. Was, 
when I was going into this, I really thought this was going to be the issue where it all yeah, came together too. for me because there were some really cool aspects to the story with the whole idea of the fan. He's like doing some yeah. false face shit where he, he's putting on all these different disguises. He loves the Just League. He has this collection shit like that. Some really cool ideas. It never really got to where it should have been, though. It's just yeah. so out of the blue. Like, I'm a big fan. I'm going to help them by making them look like pieces of shit. Yeah, I- I'm with you. That That's how I just wanted more, and I thought this was going to be it. And it just kind of – it did throw me off. I gave it a 6 out then, of 10. I like the art. And Jessica and Batman just kill a whole bunch of – let a bunch of people in a bar. Yeah, they just let it die with no, no words. I mean, that's not a, a hero – that I can embrace, Eric. I can't em- embrace that sort of behavior. <laughs> Where is it? I gotta have a, I, I would say the wrong term, like say this. Look, don't, I don't embrace that. He'd never be able to say that. No. He ju- he would actually, he say, actually it say it right, right. then. Yeah. yeah. Pistol shrimp? Yeah, pistol shrimp. He seems no, confused when he says I, that. I, that's what I wanted. What, did, what would uh, you give it? Cause I'm confused with it. No, yeah. I would give it a 5.5 out of 10, even okay. though I really love the art in this issue. I, I think everybody looks great. And I'm telling you, I love that line with Cyborg, but yeah. I can't get behind the story yet because I don't know what it's trying to do. Story of continuity. Yeah, it's story over continuity. Yeah, but Aaron. I don't know what the story's trying to do. So you, you gave it a 5.5? Yeah. Okay. I am wrong turn and I prove this message. He proves this message, Aaron. But we're going to move on to the and next one. You book. know what? I'm going to give it a six. A six? Okay. Yeah, I'm well, going to give it a six. What? What? You're giving it a six? Must be Eric Shave Reborn. <laughs> I think it's a there, six. There were aspects yeah. to this that I thought were Oh, I think were it's like, a solid know, six. I, exactly. I, and, I, I, think, I was going a little low just because I was actually angrier talking to you were getting to you angry. about it. Yeah. And so I went down. But no, my initial score was going to be a six out of ten. I'm going to stick with that six. Yeah, I, I would go with that. And I, I will mention that uh, Philippe Barones, who's on it, it, it's definitely a different style than Pete Woods. Pete Woods has a cartoony style. I actually fast. really like it. Yeah, I really like that Pete Woods style, though. So when I was doing this, I was just reading it the first time without ever looking at the – the, the credits, the page, credits yeah. page and, and who was on the creative team because it was beyond me that there would ever be an art change this early, especially Seriously. with Pete Woods really being pushed for this book. And so I'm, I'm reading and I'm like, huh, this isn't that cartoony fun style that I like from Pete Woods, but maybe, uh, somebody got must a hold. Pete Woods I, I thought must be Pete Woods Reborn. I actually thought maybe the priest got a hold of him and said, you know what? Let's get a little more, you know, a little more dirty, a little more realistic because we're telling a more mature and realistic, you know, based in reality story. So as I'm going on, I'm going with this whole idea in my head and I'm like, at least I noticed though. I'm not, I'm not exactly a full dummy. I'm just a dummy for not looking at the credits page. So then just when I go, I, I go to the credits page and, uh, I thought, oh, Felipe Barona, who we really like. I, I yeah. do really like him. So I'm like, yeah, I like it. And then I could kind of wrap my head around it as a different style and a different artist. So I really did like it. I thought it looked really good. Uh, we're going to move on to the next book, Eric, which is Trinity number 17, written by James Robinson. Eric, you know, you know James Robinson, right? Of Wonder Woman fame? Of Earth 2 fame? Yeah. Yes. Art by Patch Zercher. Old Patty Z, Gabe Altiev, and Josh Reed. He's going by Patch now. I, he heard all of these crazy letters up, with their crazy Z? names and stuff like that. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Patch Zercher. The Trinity head off to look for Themyscira, fall through a magic portal, and end up in Skitaris, fighting lizard men and meeting up with the warlord. This is the type of story I've wanted from this book since the start, but this is a little bit clunky. I did like the art from Patch and would recommend it over 
a bunch of other books this week. I just think, uh, I hope that the next issue is better. I do think that this is kind of the type of thing that I would like from this book, you know, kind of just adventures of the Trinity well, going. Well, the thing is, it's funny to me because, you know, James Robinson is on the Wonder Woman book. And oh, this yeah. is a Wonder Woman-centric story yep. dealing with the Trinity and the whole idea of yes. finding Themyscira. Mm. But, like, you know, because a lot of people have been, like, complaining <laughs> – James Robinson's <laughs> jumped into Wonder Woman, and he's kind of forgetting everything that Greg Rucka oh, yeah. had done previously. I don't think he's forgotten. The thing <laughs> is, he gets back to this here, but he gets it wrong because right away it's like, Themyscira, the Amazon island paradise, has been yeah. taken from our plane of existence by the ancient gods. I'm like, no, it's always been away. Everything that we dealt with were, was a lie, so Wonder Woman never got I back. I know, but they it, did it, say it they, they have away. mentioned that it was on a different plane that exists. It, it blinks in and out. They did say that. Uh, Greg Rucka even said it, that the way that it's out and then it was just, yes, it's a lie, but it's still out there and taken away. So I don't mind this. They did say it, and I don't know it if it was in. It wasn't taken away, though. I'm saying it's there. Wonder Woman can't go back. We've already yeah. established that at the end of Greg Rucka's book. I'm you saying can't I, just think go that, back and find I don't it think they're saying. Thing. I, I think that they can. Aries. Yeah, but I think that they can go and try to do that. I mean, I don't think that she cares. And also, what I think is he doesn't give a, a rat's ass. I do think that since he has come back, James Robinson has come back. I, I would you think that they would let James Robinson come back on Wonder Woman because uh, not come back, but come back to do Wonder to DC, Woman? Yeah, yeah. yeah, to DC and do Wonder Woman. They're like, okay, uh, James. Uh, you, oh, you want to tell this Jason story? Okay, and then he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna have uh, you know Zeus and things like. And they're like, oh well, old Greg Rucka didn't like that sort of thing. Oh, so, 25 or Greg, uh, yeah. you're talking about? Or, or they'll say, and they say oh, like, well, well, yeah, and they're like, well, you know what uh do what you want we'll just pretend no the, the shit that's going on with james robinson to me has been told to him to do i think that the stuff that all the people and, and uh, you know god forbid that you loved greg rucka's wonder woman that's fine what you're getting now with James Robinson is what we got from Greg Rucka doing to Brian Azzarello. Because yeah. I love Brian Azzarello's run. I watched Greg Rucka just rip it apart and tell everybody that that didn't happen. Well, now I think Greg Rucka left DC by saying that Wonder Woman can't go to Themyscira. How long do you think that's going to last? Yeah, that's her home. There, there's her mothers there. It's nonsense. So what I think is James Robinson, he's the demolition team. He's coming in and he's taking names and kicking ass it? here. And it makes me so, yeah, it makes me so, it, it makes me laugh when I'm like, oh, James Robinson's on journey. Okay. And it starts off with like, yep, we're, we're trying to find Themyscira. I don't think that they are going to. In this trinity. I don't I think that that would be silly to think that that would happen here, but it puts it out there, and it puts it out that now that's how you can. It's on a, another plane of existence by the ancient gods. Boom. It's, it's now continuity. I don't want to hear wrong turn tell me story over continuity. This is what they are doing. This is basically the try to rework it so that people can do a Wonder Woman book and have all the tools no, no, in the I'm toolbox. All about it. it just feels like we're skipping a step to get to it. Like, this I'm is a, like a Skip revisionist history steps. of what, like, what happened so we can get back yeah. to it. Well, again, it's a revisionist history of a revisionist history. Agreed. It's I do think that. Way yeah, I think it. that Greg Rucka uh, overstepped his bounds a little. And so I, I, you, you really think in your mind that when Greg Rucka said, "Oh, you, you know what? 
I'm kind of tired. This scheduling, I didn't realize when I signed my contract and worked two years of this or a year of this, uh, all of a sudden I realized I have to do two issues a month? Wait, that really snuck up on me. I really think that they had been butting heads the whole time. And then if somebody probably said, like, you know, Dan Didier or somebody like, you know what, when are you going to bring back Themyscira? Because, you know, oh, what? No, she can't go there. That's done. Oh, no, it's not done. Well, then I am. Bye. Smell you later. And off he went. And I think that this is a continuation of them trying to rebuild what back a wonder. What when you got Ferdinand? Yeah, you got Ferdinand. He left, too. Remember, he, he left and said, <laughs> he hey, so funny. He's like, Greg I'm going to pack up. If you need me again, call me. We're like, okay, we'll wait for another 10 years for Greg Rucka to come back. Uh, because I, you need Themyscira. Uh, anybody who loved I, – I know people loved Greg Rucka's run. They really did. Uh, one being Anna, who loved it. I yeah. can't think that she would sit there and tell me that she loved the idea of no Themyscira. That, that can't be. I, I really – I want her to at least be able to go see her mother and all this, and I think that they are trying to – Go see your mother. I think they're trying to get it into our minds. Also, maybe this is one of those oh, that they no. are testing Jim's, the water. Jim's home has been lost to him as well. He'll never see his mother again. And here's the deal. I the paid ancient the ancient gods. That's what happened. I, could, I, I tried to go across Quakertown. Somehow, uh, uh, the other side of the tracks, Eric, that plane is out of existence by the ancient <laughs> gods. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ares. I'm telling you, I'd like to give Aries a big freaking hug. Uh, but yeah, this is them going. And it's being told they're, they're heading off, or they did already go and try to find Themyscira yeah, and so end like up in Skirtaris. The narration is told in a recap of the story that went yes. down. And, we're getting and it like, looks you know, like they're, they're on a like debriefing. A debriefing. Yeah. yeah, debriefing a interrogation. But it's more to me like a debriefing. I would say that when it pulls out, it'll be like a, a Steve Trevor. Maybe. I, I don't think thing. that. Or like somebody like that. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Sam Lane, who knows? But uh, when, but when they're going, Gamba. I know he is. That's that's true, Eric. Uh, I have to. It, where is he, Eric? Story <laughs> of continuity. Story over continuity. But yeah, Shut you up. have this, and I do think that for James Robinson, who I really like his writing. He actually, you know, he did Earth Two, like you said. He's done many a book. He he doesn't even seem to get. Any of the voices, right? The Trinity are very clunky to me in their dialogue and how they talk. Uh, you know, they have, where do I begin? Can you feel it in the air, the storm? Yeah, yeah. Magic. Like that. I'm and not even, sure I can hold on. Yeah, it's and they're in this interrogation, and like, hey, Wonder Woman's like, so where do I begin? Best place is usually the beginning, Diana. Well, then, I suppose I should say it started with an act of kindness. And then there's Superman. She misses her home. Ral knows I get that. Of course, I offered to help find it again. And then the yeah, Batman, uncharacteristic of me. What do you know about my character? Simply put there. And it's just, it's so over the top. But it, it's a very quick issue. They go. They're trying to find where they can see portals and magic things in, in Earth. They end up pretty much like the Bermuda Triangle where there sort is like a, right. a tidal wave. Uh, not a tidal wave. A uh, – what do you call that? With the, like a uh, whirlpool? Yeah, whirlpool. 
couldn't think of the word. There's a whirlpool there with you know lightning and magic coming out, and a ship yeah, is obviously there. a dimensional rift. Yes, yeah, so they're trying to they tr- save the ship. I don't know if they save it, Eric. They kind of maybe they fling it somewhere and else. And I'm telling you, I actually wish I would have done a little bit more research. This is the last book I read before we got on. I was running out of time, but mm-hmm. that symbol on the side of the goddamn yeah, it seems boat is very so prominent. It's almost like yeah. it's a Blackhawk symbol, but I don't think it, it is. It does but look I, like the Blackhawk, so it I'm really does. You, I look at it and I know the symbol, but I did not have a chance well, to look anything I up would, beforehand. I would actually guess that possibly when all is said and done when we pull out that that will be revealed that whatever that is was the organization that may have been trying to figure this out and that's why they would know that they got sucked into this portal i i think that that will be the tie back that makes uh, sense. so we'll we'll see I, I actually thought it was the blackhawk symbol though it didn't look quite like that no. uh, but yeah they get sucked in they basically go in and you get this weird deal where they go it, it's almost like the land of the lost uh uh with holly I wish and will uh, but yeah, you have that, and it's such a weird deal that the magic of this place it wonks out Superman's powers. Okay, I got that. Obviously, we, yeah, we've yeah, had that. We've had that a lot. He don't deal with magic, so okay. yeah, we've we've had that wonky. happen a lot. I can deal with that. Whatever. Wonder Woman's blind. Oh, <laughs> I don't shit. get it. I don't get it. And she's just there. It's only – is that just so that she just doesn't just destroy everyone? Because Batman's there. Obviously, he has no power, so he's there. He always, he's always at – That's. it's so funny because if I'm Batman, there's – this situation comes up a lot. A lot of times the situation, especially him and Superman, where they go. And basically I want Batman one time to say, what's it like having powers, bitch? You know, because he's like, you know, I'm still Batman, you son of a bitch, let's go. But I think that the whole thing with Wonder Woman being blind is just to push the fact that she is just as good blind as them. I would love that to be the case. For some reason, when I was reading this, I think the blindness is so divisive that when we finally leave Skataris, where we actually find She's out we are. She's not going to believe it. Skitar- no, no, no. <laughs> They're going to like somehow go through a rift. Almost like a hyper time, but different yeah. like, uh, like a rift time or whatever, okay. hyper rifts. And – you're going to see Themyscira, but because she's blind, oh, she will not, not know that she is it. home at some point, and they'll have to keep Ooh. going and go back to where they are. She's not going to be able to smell it, Eric. She's not going to smell home because as they're going, she starts smelling, and she's like, huh, I think I smell reptile. No, <laughs> reptile <laughs> human. Listen, humanoids. Yeah, reptile human. <laughs> where does she distinguish between the reptile and the reptile human? I mean, she has been around a lot, but it's just such a weird thing to be like, huh? It's it, this isn't like I smell a bagel, mm. no uh, cinnamon reptile. raisin. <laughs> no, no, scratch that reptile human. Reptile humans, mm-hmm. I knew it. But yeah, they're like, hey, and scary on the outside, tastes like chicken on I, the inside. I'm, ma- I'm mm-hmm. making fun of this issue. I do. I'm not that annoyed with it. I actually, this is kind of a story that it's I like. So quick. I, I expect this type of story to be like one of those where, oh, let's talk about that time we did this or that time, and this kind of is. Yeah. But at least it has something and, that's and going exactly. on with it's the going with for the larger fucking world of the yes. DC universe. I, I thought that that was really good with this. But yeah, they fight the reptile humanoids. They're not just reptiles, Eric. They're reptile humans. And you have the narration going back and forth. I actually thought it's not a clever thing, but it's a good thing where they just have the narration in the color. Uh, consistent with the character. The red yeah. block is Wonder Woman. I thought that was – and you still have the symbol, but just the color was enough. I really like that. And you have them like, oh, you know what? These reptiles, they really weren't I, that You know what? Uh, you I'm know, telling powerful. you, I don't know if it's my blindness or me just being dumb as shit, but half the time – like I know it's the red block. I know it's Wonder yeah. Woman. When you have yeah. that, half that symbol in there, 
Half the time I look at that thing, it looks like a fucking bat symbol yeah, to me. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's why I liked it being black for uh, Batman, blue for Superman, and red for Wonder so Woman. Weird. I thought that was really good. I liked the way that that was – it was such a little thing, but I did like it. But they just beat the crap out of these these reptile men. Which is sad because the way the narration was going, it seemed like they were going to fall at one point. Yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden it gets to the end, and finally we stopped them all. I'm like, yeah, wow, that's not what I thought all. the story was and going really, all right. Uh, I just kept thinking, like, boy, every time Batman and Wonder Woman go in a portal, Jesus Christ, they have to fight hordes of fucking demons and reptiles. Like, don't go through portals anymore. In the meantime, while they were walking, they did see a plane that was hung up, and it was an SR-71 fighter jet, probably Vietnam era. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, It does remind Superman of a shrine of the cargo cults of New Guinea. Okay, I'll go with it. Uh, and that's when the Lizardmen come out. And they're basically trying to protect their shrine. You're trying to figure it out. Wonder Woman then can smell and taste. She knows where they are. Now, she was going to say you, it the before. The part, like I'm telling you, we do have not had Skatarist as far no. as I'm concerned. Besides for Convergence and any of our yeah. current continuity. So we have this thing here where from searching for Themyscira, I've learned a lot about lost yeah. worlds and other dimensions. That plane, if I'm right, it was flown by a U.S. Air Force pilot it's, who it's crashed way here over and the made top, this world I mean, his own. I'm like, how do you know this if he fucking crash landed here and made this world his own? Eric, look at Wonder Woman. She is in very good shape. That is from jumping to conclusions all uh, over <laughs> and over because, boy, she gets nothing. And also, she's blind at this point and it's just like... Huh, you know what? I think that this is a 72 error. Uh, you know, she goes on and on, but she's right. That's the best is, uh, if you argue with somebody about it, the best answer that they can give you, Eric, is she was right. Because yeah. she's like, we're lost in the Skatarist. And you see in the art, I love. I always love this. I actually, to me, I was, I was hoping it was Dinosaur Island again. I just Not did. I, I like that sort actually, of thing. Actually, I was hoping it was anything but Skataris. Yeah, well, it is Skataris, and it's a Mike Grell deal, and so is the Warlord, and that's the last page where he's like, you know, all of a sudden he shows up. Then it's a good thing I found you. The name's Travis Morgan, ex-U.S. Air Force. Yeah, but we here I'm know. known as Warlord. And there you go. You have it. And I would guess that who is interrogating him, possibly the Blackhawks, possibly another organization, is trying to find uh, Travis Morgan. I, I believe that that would be what the tie-in is, is they've been trying to find him, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Art's great. I love that. that no, the, the art is amazing in this issue. Yeah, I love the cliffhanger page. Almost looks like it would be awesome for like a Conan book, things like that, because the Warlord, you know, is that kind of character. So I really like it. Such a quick read. I mean, you just fly through this. I like the idea of it. I like that they're looking for Themyscira. I really like the art. I thought that the story itself was a little clunky. Like you said, one of the biggest things was just Wonder Woman just going. And also just I hate the narration of the, well, that looks like an S42. You know, okay, Batman, you're smart, but jeez. When do you think Deimos is going to show up and start the earthquake's going to have like He's going to start it right now. Once the earthquakes start, you know that trouble is coming. But, yeah, you have this going on. I gave it a 6.8. Uh, I do like the idea of it. I do like the art a lot. But, yeah, I, I'm hoping that it gets just a little bit better and the clunkiness of the dialogue goes down and we have an actual story, not just basically th- three-quarters of the issue really was them fighting lizard <laughs> men. Flies, uh, yeah, it really was. But what would you give it? I'm telling you, I do really like the art, but I found the story very, like, you know – Divisive at times, just the whole idea that, you know, we're going to go look for Themyscira even though we learn that we can't find Themyscira. And if Diana does come back, bad shit's going to happen. So the whole idea yeah. – it's something that Diana should just shoot down completely right to the – That I, was I, the I know lie. She wants, 
I know she wants to fucking see her mom again, but she can't. Yeah, right? I, th- you know, I think, th- I think fi- they're writing that out. Find a way later on where Them- Themyscira comes back on its own, and then we can deal with it. You can't go searching for it after what we had in Wonder Woman hey, number 25. I'm telling you, they, they're going to wash that away. They don't get the like that. Oh, I'm Wonder Woman. I'm not affected by magic. I'm blind, though. How about you, Batman? Oh, I'm fine. Don't understand why she's blind. No. It makes no sense. It really doesn't make any sense. Maybe it'll tie around as, like, the magic thinks that, like you said, all of a sudden there'll be something that she shouldn't see, and the magic has has shown you what you shouldn't see. I don't know. I'm sorry. The art looks great. It's just... Just the line, though. Like, that plane, if I'm right, it was flown by a U.S. Air Force pilot who crash-landed here and made this world his own. Yeah, and and then it was, Eric. She was was. right. I don't know. I'm telling you, I I can't give this high marks, even though I like the idea of the story. I like the art in this, but the execution is just silly to me. And it's like, you know, it's not even fun silly. It's just ridiculous silly. So I think I'd give it a 5.8 out of 10. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. Is that what you said, Eric? You don't want to listen. I don't, I don't stand for baloney. <laughs> he doesn't stand for baloney. But yeah, that is that is the first section, of first section of books. Yeah, that, uh, no more nonsense. My kids say that they hear me yell like this is not. Now it's for now on. It's all baloney. It's baloney. But we're going to go off now to some mail. That's not baloney, right? The mail? No, some, I love the mail. mail. I do I'm sure as there's well. going to be some baloney within that mail. But oh, I'm, I'm like... sure there will. I, I know that Brandon has at least a mail in this section, <laughs> so Brandon always has baloney. But then we'll be back with more books that are probably going to be baloney. So there you go, Eric. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week Even though Shay is such a freak I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. And I've got a long way to go. All right, we're here for mail section number two with Eric Shea over there playing the devil's hand. Whoa, (laughs) There you go, Eric. We're going to start this mail section off with... Ian, and Ian says, hello, Jim and Eric. I just finished listening to your review of Super Sons of Tomorrow, which was on the Patreon. I must admit, I did like the issue. I agree with Jim mostly that even though there was no solid conclusion to the story arc, at least we can hopefully move forward with the Super Sons having a better relationship and not rehashing old jokes. No, people who don't have the Patreon access, people who haven't listened to that, I I will let you know, Eric said he hated it. And it, it was a piece of crap, is, is what he said. Is that what you said, actually? Oh. They'll have to now subscribe and see what you said, Eric. I don't understand why Batman was forced at the end of the issue, though. It seemed he was only at the meeting so the Teen Titans could hurry up and vote and get out so the Justice League could get back to some real superhero work. I just think they're like, okay, let's see a show of hands. Whoops, sorry there, John. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and then he left. It, I love it was, seeing children cry. It was so crazy. It's, I swear to God, that's all he wanted. He wanted He's like... Hey there, uh, John. Uh, looks like you're not in the Teen Titans. Yes, Eric. Yes. Yes! 
He says, then, I was so glad to hear you and Eric finally got around to reviewing Batman and Robin from the New 52 era. <laughs> I kept up with that book up until Damien's death, and I really enjoyed it, so I'm looking forward to that episode. And what he's saying is the uh, advanced – the, the New 52 review advanced episode that we're going to have on Patreon this week. You know, we, now Ian has put it in stone, Eric. We, we, we better gather up our, our horses and hitch our wagons to them. Is that what they say? I picked up a random Marvel book while picking up my pull box, pull box this week at the comic shop, and I was glad that I did. Spider-Gwen is really good, fun book, and it sucks that this book doesn't get as much hype around it now that than when it did when it was first released. All the hype that I saw uh, was not great anyway, but I, I heard it's good. I looked up reviews of this book, and I think the number of reviewers fell from 10 to 4 after a year. I love the art. The writing is pretty good, and I'm all for supporting this book. I just don't think this actually i'm thinking of uh what's it called what what am i thinking oh no i am thinking of spider gwen i just i never hear anybody talk about it i just don't are you think talking this about book, gwenpool that's what i was thinking of as well i think that was the one that people were just going nuts that brandon really likes i just don't think this book i'm should sorry fall i don't into know the difference at this point right now and never be talked about shout outs to new superman thanks again for all the content jim and for bringing back the not not eric jim and for bringing back the pop culture podcast even for a little bit talking about the uh the archives eric but I'm, i don't uh-huh. know if i told you this i'm in negotiations with the talent to see if we can get that going again and that's cheers from ian and this is something a lot of people want that podcast back eric i told you i think we got rid of the wrong one <laughs> we should have we should have got rid of the 10 hour one and just kept the hour and a half one that we we put together in an hour before what up? Oh, the next one. I'm sorry. Thank you, Ian. The next uh, email is from Akeem. And Akeem says, what up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew? And oh, what oh, he wants from oh, there, Akeem. Eric, he is calling out. I'm, I'm having problems with these sounds all of a sudden. I have so I many windows open. Poop, poop. No, I am because I have too many going on right now. Speaking of which, Eric, what would you call this? <laughs> You are correct. That is the Price is Right sound. See, you thought I was going to do a, a fart sound, Eric, but I'm done with those. <laughs> that is tuna melt madness, Eric. What would you call? What would you call this one? What would you call that? That's a, waste a test, of a Eric. That's, night. that's Oprah Winfrey. You already heard that. Are you not paying attention? Here. No. Well, Jim, what? I'm so poor I can't pay attention. Oh, what would you call? Oh, wait, where's, where's the rim <laughs> shot now? What would Don't you call this it. one? I'm gonna play it again. That is called the macaroni and squeeze. And squeeze. Now, what about see, a now, now I gotta get back to the mail. <laughs> just some random questions and opinions of this week. Number one, for Action Comics a thousand, I just need something clarified. Are they bringing back the red trunks for good, or only for that special? Because I'll be honest, I fucking hate the red trunks. It's just one of those things that once you remove, putting back on feels a little, uh, putting them back feels a little off. I think the post New Fifty Two look for Superman is awesome, and if DC plans to make the red trunks permanent again, then I think it's a stupid and idiotic pandering to nostalgia. It's, ju- it's like we're fucking going backwards with the character. What about that John Romita 
uh, redesigner. Did you enjoy that when they I had that? I can't tell you anything 52? that John Romita did in that redesign. I think that John Romita's design was more about how the cape attached to the uniform. That that seemed to be what it was. Uh, I remember when I, you showed me that issue when it came out. Yeah. Hey, what do you like? Uh, tell me the difference here. I'm looking at what are you talking about? It's the same yeah. goddamn thing. I'm telling you, I think if I remember right, it was just the way like it was a longer attachment to the you know the the uh, the thank suit. Thank you, John Romita Jr. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You're a John. John uh, I will tell you, Akeem, that I did for the new show. I was talking about all this stuff in the red trunks. I said I don't care either way. I'm not a guy who's going to be upset or you know gaga oh, no. about it. No, I, I really don't care if the red trunks or not. I said if I'm going to wear underwear because I don't, I, I'd wear them over my pants. So there you go. But looking into it, the only things that I can see and the the way the wordage is on some of these announcements, I do think that it's staying. That that is my gut feeling, though it's hard to tie people down to it. Uh, I saw some people tweeting things, and they're they're being. I think they're sitting there and what you know, waiting to see how the tide turns or whatnot. But it does look like this is going to be going forward with that at least for a little bit. But that, like I said, I that's like a gut it. feeling. Number two, he says, this is tied to the first point, and this might really piss some people off. I've already told you guys in the past email that I didn't think the Donner Superman movies aged well with time. No. I'm pretty sure they were amazing in the 70s and 80s. I, I remember. I went there. Uh, you didn't know this, Eric. For my 63rd birthday, I went and saw the first Superman movie. And, nice. and yes, I believed a man could fly then. Yet I hear everyone talking about it as if it's the greatest representation of the character and definitive Superman story. I do think – Hakeem, that a lot of the people are saying that just cinematically uh, and just and not the only idea. that, the, the way that Superman used to be in like the gold and silver age kind of thing, yeah. it is the greatest representation of that era yeah, that, of That's comics. what I kind of think that they mean. Not, now, interestingly, I just need to challenge these people only a bit before this whole narrative falls apart. I simply ask this question. If that was the Superman characterization that everyone loves, why aren't we all singing the praises of Superman Returns, which gives all these people everything they want, they claim they want about Superman? It was just boring. No one was able to answer that for me. My somewhat controversial opinion? I think a lot of these opinions about the Donner movies are just a regurgitation of opinions they heard elsewhere. A very classic example of faking the funk. Uh, I'm yeah, that you'll, little you'll tiny that S on Superman's that, like that hard plastic that was just sitting there, it looked wrong the entire time. Yeah, because all the, all the while I was waiting for the cellophane. You know, symbol, Eric, that you can kind of throw on people. From Superman 2? I got you. Capture them, yes. Uh, Explain it I, so it makes sense, everyone. No, no, I got no. You. They, they, they have to know this, Eric. They have to keep up. It's going to be fast. It's going to move faster. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I think also that Akeem's bringing this up, he doesn't mention it, that, that you may not know, that Jeff John's story that he's doing in this Action Comics 1000 is with Richard Donner as well. So they are going to be uh, joining up for their oh, little Dick thing Donner. in that. Yep, they're going to do that. And really... Hakeem, if, if there was a slim, slim possibility that Jeff Johns would listen to this podcast, you are now public enemy number one to him because that's, that's his thing. Uh, number the three. The thing is, I don't think they hold up, but I think Superman 1 is the best representation that we've had of it, and I think it is the one that actually holds up the best. It's funny. We were actually almost watched New Hope today, which to me is a gem, Eric. I don't know if you know that. I, I really kind of like that movie. But when we went to go there, we were on the stick. And we went to 77, and then we, we didn't end up watching that, so Ethan said, 
said, hey, why don't we just keep going years? And we got to 78, and I, tr- I played the trailer for Superman, and nobody wanted to watch it. I actually was going to sit Kids and watch it, which is weird. Yeah, they, they didn't want to watch it. You know what we ended up watching? You're no. never going to guess. Nothing. Nothing. Because yeah. that's what always happens here. Yeah. We sit there and watch trailers and go through, and nobody can freaking make up their mind. Speaking of which, this his next oh, question, Jim. Oh, the world Jim, we live in today. Oh, Jesus. This, this planet that we call Earth, Eric. <laughs> I don't know where that went. Okay, the next question is, Jim, very nosy question to ask you after listening to your last podcast. Do all your boys live with you and Tanya? I mean, if I were to analyze all the Jim Has Issues episodes, I would guess your oldest or two eldest sons have moved out. Am I right? No, you are not. You are not. Where is my... There you go. You are wrong. My oldest son, Alex, has moved out. My oldest son, Alex, has moved out. Uh, but Zach is my second oldest, and that's he's the room right next door where I yell and scream for him to sing things half the time. But he's there. All my other kids are at home. And he says, as a follow-up question, you as a dad, as your boys grow up, are you more of a get-a-job-and-move-out type of dad, or is it more of a move-out or stay? It's your choice. You're welcome either way. Well, number one, Hakeem, <laughs> if you've listened, as you say, to the Jim Has Issues with His Wife podcast, uh, she's the one who pretty much makes up that rule. Uh, but I do want to tell you, uh, one of the things, because my son, my two second two oldest, the two oldest in the house, Zach and Ethan, they both work now. And I told them when they wanted to get a job, I actually said, you don't have to get a job. You, you don't have to. And my rule in the house is this. If you don't want to get a job, you don't have to. But that kind of means you don't have spending money for your nonsense. So if you want to have spending money for your nonsense, then fine. Go get a job and like do that. Axes and whatnot. My dad, yes, axes. Thing. My dad, when I was 14, forced me to get a job because that's what pe- that's what men do. And I didn't want a job at that point and didn't really even want any money. I had no reason to want money. Uh, at that point, I was pretty much just playing hockey all the time. And when I got the job, ended up not being able to play as much hockey as I was, which really upset me. Devil's and hand. things like that. It was the devil's hand. But because of that, I also had an issue where at 14, I get a job. I was at, it was at Hardee's. I was flipping burgers at Hardee's. And whatever paycheck I got, I completely blew. I would buy tapes and, you know, VHS stuff, like stupid stuff, just because I didn't really care about having the money. So I never saved. I never learned to save. And I think that that kind of affected. Plus, you're only that age at a certain time. You know, I don't know if you know this, but when, when you're 16, you're no longer 14, Eric. I, I don't oh, know how that, that works. That's, that, how that's how age works. Yes, that's how time. age I'm doing what you like to call a reverse Benjamin Button, Eric, as you like to call it. (laughs) And uh, I'm doing that. And, yeah, so I will never tell any of the kids. So I have two more kids, Rafe and Logan, who are at that. I'll never make them get a job. But if they want some extra spending money, then they will have to. But also, I'm also, I will tell you, though, I I would love to make a joke and say that, uh, you know, I'm going to kick them the hell out or whatever. Um, I'm not like that. I actually like having them around. I have somebody to talk to because Tanya just yells at me. I need somebody there as a buffer, Eric. The minute that they move out, boy, World War Ten is going to go. Skip all the rest and go right to ten because it's going to be a, that one a disaster. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, uh, he says then, it's your choice. You're welcome either way about that. I never really know how these things work with young adults living with their parents. For me, I left for college at a different town and just never moved back because I never really needed to. 
And that's what I did. It came, yeah. I ended up going to West Virginia six hours away, and I never even came home for breaks or holidays or the summer. I just stayed then you there. Moved back. And then I moved back. I, I moved back. After I graduated, I did have to you know, find a job and stuff. Yeah. That actually took me a week. So I actually lived with my parents for a week, and I realized, boy, uh, living at, you know, those nine years of college, Eric, they really taught me a lot. And <laughs> when I moved back, I, I thought to myself, like, you don't realize how much it sucks living with your parents until you have to move back. And then, it, unfortunately, it's not the greatest. But it says college and jobs were both far away from where my parents lived. So I never had that possible awkward discussion with my parents. And then number four, got a chance to listen to the three weird science pop culture episodes. You uploaded on the Patreon feed on Thursday night. Since then, I uploaded episode four as well. I really love it. It's more of just you and Eric shooting the shit in non-comic book related matters, which, to be honest, yep. can be refreshing, especially on weeks where the books aren't good. Got me thinking, maybe you can replace the sports show with that pop culture show after football season. Huh. Me thinks huh. he's on to something, Eric. That, that is actually what I'm working on negotiations with the talent. Uh, and, <laughs> and thanks, Akeem. And, and me and Eric, I'll, I'll tell you, me and Eric, the talent. Uh, we enjoyed doing that show. We really did. It just that it, it got weird that we didn't know that that many people liked it. it we didn't nope. get a lot of feedback on it. So we just kind of were like, eh, you know, until it it's was just over. there. Yeah, until it was over. And then I will tell you, and we've mentioned it before on the podcast a lot, where there are a lot of times where we just – Eric will say something to me or I'll say something to him. Uh, hey, that'd be pop culture, all right? And then we'll just sure, sit what? there and we're like, you know what? That was a lot of fun talking about stuff, trying to you know teach Eric. I, I, I tried to teach Eric, and yet n none of us learned shit, Eric. That, that's, uh -uh. that's what happened because he still doesn't know who Rihanna is. But we'll see. I, I told you, like before, uh, I think that we're going to have something uh, on Patreon. The weird, we're, we're actually trying to nail down the superior format Eric, of what that show is. But speaking of which, don't take this the bad way. But I'm cheering for the Vikings this weekend, Jim. The bad I just, way. I just don't think the Eagles have what it takes to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Sorry, man, but as a Colts fan, my football preferences are number one, the Colts, number two, anybody but New England, number three, everything else. That's it for this week. See you in seven, you son of a bitch, Hakeem. I actually said – uh, I, I told – Double Aaron, because he was like, say, he said something. He sent me a message, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? I saw this, and I got upset, and I was upset about this." I said, "I was upset. You're gonna be Sunday night sucker." And then he then he got mad at me. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a close game between the Vikings and the Eagles, and I can't say that I, if Carson Wentz was playing, I'd bet all my kids and Eric's three that he doesn't even know about on I that game. About. But yeah, you, yeah, that Eric doesn't even <laughs> recognize. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Akeem. Uh, and the next email and the last of the section is from Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas? Low-key week here in the blow. Not much to report of note. Did you know that's what they call Buffalo, oh. the blow? They call it the blow up there in Canada. But I do close on my house in three weeks, which means moving time. So I'm basically – I actually – I'm telling you. I beyond this part already. He said – when I read that, I actually thought he was going to ask us to help move. 
If he buys pizza, I still ain't helping America. So I'm basically starting to develop an everlasting three-week case of the Sunday scaries. Just anxiety up the ass thinking about all I still have to do. One bonus is the fridge, stove, washer, dryer, and couch are all being delivered. So I don't have to move any of that nonsense myself. Is he going to get those delivered with his pinky up, Mr. Fancy Pants over there? It's basically just a giant countdown to a week of cussing a whole I hell know what of he, a lot. I want to know what he tips a delivery person like that who's bringing this in. Does it all like, you know, does in the Buffalo, appliance change the tip that you're going to give these they people? They tip him a, a bottle of buffalo wing sauce and then throw the guy off a fucking roof onto a burning table. That's what you do in Buffalo, Eric. And maybe drink a shot out of your fucking ass crack. No, I'm sure. Buddies, buddies of mine years ago used to be like, you know, delivery movers and shit like that for Raymore and Flanagan. And I'm always curious about what you tip somebody and what, well, what here's the, the appropriate tip is. Hey, here's the deal, Eric. Whatever the appropriate tip, I'm going to give Brandon and everybody out there, younger fellows who may not, or ladies who haven't been moving yet. This is what I tell you. You give that fucking tip before they put that shit going. You got to do that. You tip them afterwards. They may break stuff. You give them that tip before. They're going to treat you like a king. There's a little tip from Jim Warner. <laughs> little tip from life Jim. hack. That is a life hack indeed. Moving on, Dancing Mike brought up the point about Batman being predestined to be Batman versus making and molding himself into Batman on his own. I know he likes to rest a lot of the way. Uh, I know he likes to rest a lot of the way this has been moving on the shoulders of a GFC favorite, boop, boop, Scott Snyder. But as I go through Morrison's nonsense in order for the first time in a trade, this idea lays more at his crazy-ass feet than Snyder himself, if you ask me. Uh, being that you can tell, especially with metal, that Scott oh, Snyder yeah. is a huge, huge Grant Morrison fan. So if this is like Brandon saying true, I can see why it would continue with Scott Snyder. That seems to be one of his writing heroes. If anything, I feel like Snyder is just running with some of the Batman threaded continuity laid out before him by Morrison. And he should yeah. because that continuity continued. Hear me out, Dancing Mike. Morrison was one who had Batman first writing on the cave walls after being killed by Darkseid. While he really was traveling through time, kind of laying these different seeds for himself, if needed, in the future. I don't think it's so much as Batman is predestined to be Batman, or that's what anyone is trying to say personally, if you ask me. I think he has still made himself through the ways we all know and love. It's just that Batman has laid himself some clues in the past, in case he ever gets sent back there again, and has to either find his way back or remember who he is because of Dark Knight's metal-type mind fuckery. Think of this past stuff, kind of like Batman Zor and or which is basically batman to protect God, his own that. mind what sam i hate zoran ah so goddamn much R. he he writes it zoran R. barbados is just a villain don't put much thought into him he may be possibly just making shit up and using information possibly from following bruce's clues in the past to twist it to the way he sees fit he's a he's a way to fight batman through uh, which is seemingly eons of preparation and experience of Barbados alone because of what Batman's been through. I don't think I'll ever change Dancing Mike's mind, and I don't want to. That's just the way I kind of look at it, because when you look at what Morrison writes in comic books, you can't take what's on the page literal all the time. That's why, Eric, it drives him nuts. I do think Snyder I'm does I'm not a Morrison this. fan. In a way, too, but does a much, much better job of actually spelling it out and not being so mysterious and trippy about it like Morrison. Anyway, that was my poor effort to get Dancing Mike to ease up on Scott Snyder and start taking it out on Grant Morrison. Because, God damn it, you want to know what was nonsense, well, final crisis. Sheesh! How's that devil's hand playing, Eric? Is the devil's hand playing well right now? It's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> Books. 
Batman, I'll say this first. Despite all the controversy, I like this issue more than any of King's run in a while, and at least it's not him and Cat just trucking around with Diana and Steve Trevor out at a fancy dinner or something. But that gets me. Why Thank couldn't God. they have that? Why couldn't they have that opportunity, Aaron? I don't know. Like I said previously, there's just not much to grab onto with these stories and threads Tom King is pushing right now. So I'm not as angry as I am bored, which in turn makes me angry because people laud and celebrate boring comic books because uh, us, the actual nine ninety thousand who actually buy and read them, have to deal with more boring comics because these companies listen to the vocal minority that give Tom King constant mouth hugs on Twitter. It's been a year of jokes and riddles and now super friends, and I'm just so bored of Batman's plot lines. They're not detective-y. There's very little suspense or mystery. Tom King is writing some character, but it's not Batman to me. What do you think about that, I agree. Superman, I wish Tomas Gleason would put out a PSA or advertise it a little better when they decide to put in one of their message issues. I'll be a piece of shit like Eric. I 100% support and back up Eric Shea's rating of this comic book. Boosh. Super Sons, I like the character moments with Damien and John, but yet another crossover with a bummer ending. Ah, well, on to the Flash Wars now. Fingers crossed. You want to you have uh, – I'm going to make a little prediction about the Flash Wars, Eric. You want to hear it? You want to yes. hear it there, Devil's Hand? It's going to be coming out soon. Now, I, I actually think it's going to be the best crossover of this type uh, that we're going to have so far. It better be because I I'm really think it's going to be good. Decent crossover. I think it's going to be really good. I really I'm really Super that tomorrow is going to be my freaking pony. I can I, fucking bet all my goddamn money. Here's, on the here's why I say it. Uh, I would think that you would agree while you're saying this and saying the crossovers and things like that, but like the button issues and things. Joshua Williamson, to me, has done a really good job when he's not on the Flash book doing these yeah. other books and some of these crossovers and things like that. I think he does a better job at that than his Flash book. Recently, past three issues, I've really started to enjoy the Flash. So maybe these two combined, Eric, we're going to get something really good. I hope. I really do hope. So uh, he says, damage. This was my book of the week i really like the story i like the different layers to it that make it a touch different from hulk a little more red hulky yes but still and i really like how they don't shy away from including it right in with dc characters and continuity i think of it as more of a gray hulk character I'm just trying to sound like I no. I'm just trying to sound like I know something. Uh, if this is guy, it, it reminds me more of what is that one? Not many people show? talk about. It. No, the one, the Green Hulk, the Bruce Banner. He turns oh, green. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. If this is going to work, I think that goes a long way to making it stick around at least a tad longer. Now, what sucks for the new heroes lineup is John Romita Jr. has the next Agreed. book coming out. Putting the brakes on any momentum the line has, on. or even remote goodwill, is built up so far. No, uh, Victor Bogdanovich is going to be on after issue four. And is that sideways or is that silencer? It's silencer. Okay, yeah. Silencer, John Romita Jr. is on the Rockford's first three issues. On, uh, on sideways. Okay, yeah. And then uh, – Victor Bogdanovich is jumping on at issue four. I don't know for how long. It seems like he'll be there for a bit, though. Ah, well, I'll check it out digitally. Maybe the story will be good. I won't feel like my eyes bleeding while are bleeding while reading. I Jens Brandon, and he's going to be talking to Trevor about Venom Inc. Omega number one, hey, and he says in that. He says, in parentheses, speaking of piece of shit crossovers, and it got me oh. to thinking, and I thought to myself, what was the worst crossover ever? And I will tell you what it was, Eric. It was the episode of Alice where Boss Hogg shows up uh-huh. and wants to buy Mel's Diner. 
That was the worst crossover episode ever. Oh, what the fuck are you talking you about? You ever seen that? The crossover episode yeah. where, yeah, Boss Hog showed up in Alice and wanted I to buy. I think that time frame makes sense. No, it is because they both continued on. It was after the fact that both it's, both shows were down the tubes. But, yeah, he shows up, I think, with Enos, and they want to buy Mel's Diner. And Flo was gone by then. She couldn't even tell him to kiss her grits. Stuff like that. Also, were you aware that one time back in that uh, NBC Thursday night slot with like Friends and Seinfeld and oh, Mad About TV? You, I think. Yeah, the big one. They had a crossover where all the shows, I think it was Mad About You started it. And they did something where they caused a New York blackout. And since all the rest of the shows that night all were in New York, this was the crossover for this that actually night. actually happened. It was called Blackout Thursday. It was a big thing. Jerry Seinfeld told them to go fuck themselves and didn't do it. So it made no sense. They had – and it was it was Mad About You, Friends, Seinfeld, and then some other show that I, I – can't even remember and the three of the four did it that Seinfeld. Sounds like, no. really cool and Seinfeld it's so funny that Seinfeld it was funny because they said that there was a crossover of some sort earlier in when Seinfeld was about to be canceled you know like the beginning of the second season or something yeah. this was later on Jerry wasn't playing that shit so yeah that was the worst crossover best crossover ever Eric are you who are these people you know what what the, who are these people uh, the best crossover ever Alan Iverson versus Michael Jordan there you go Eric, look it up. You can watch the YouTube video. Awesome. Alan Iverson is a gem. But yeah, we're going to go now because Eric is really playing the devil's hand. And I'm trying to see how far we can play it. But we're going to go off now to talk some books. Hey, hey, hey. slinging all around Manhattan. Tony Stark was happening. Got a new suit and styling. So go and get to snapping. I post it for you, players. Pop, post it for you. Do a flip, then drop a perpetrator. Stop, stop him for you. Got Anna popping with my auntie. Hey, oh, two look like Jimmy. Make me an Avenger. Hey, Spider Man in that family. Man. Got me if you want me. Tony got me if you want me. Said, recruit me if you want me to. All right, welcome everybody. This is Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevin. Trevin, how we doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. How you doing? Doing all right. I've got a busy Sunday morning going on at this house here. With massive computer issues, don't download the newest Windows update yet, I guess, is the the story I could uh, share with everybody. Because it'll take, yeah. um, <laughs> it'll scare the shit out of you, I'll tell you that. But uh, anyway, uh, we're going to get into the winner of this week's poll, which was really only a two-book race because uh, at least I wasn't the only one fooled. Um, what's it called? Phoenix Resurrection didn't come out this week. And, and oh, yeah. It, up on, <laughs> it was up on the <laughs> poll anyway, so uh, it didn't win, which is the good thing. We didn't have to talk about a book that didn't come out. So, uh, but, but Venom Inc. Omega, number one. I don't know why it's number one. Uh, oh, it's not a number one. All right, they smartened up. Uh, Venom Inc. Omega is the winner this week, and we're going to discuss that a little bit. Uh, this is story and writer. So, story is Dan Slot, writer, I guess, is Mike Costa. Uh, it feels that way, anyway. Uh, artist is Ryan Stegman and Gerardo Sandoval on this issue with inker of Jay Lyston and color artist brain rebar or reber with dc's joe carmanga on letters uh so last issue 
basically ended with um, what's his name Lee, who is is maniac when when he's got his venom form in at least this story. Um, getting back all the like venom he spit out on everybody that he was mind controlling after the good guys basically turned all the mob bosses that were mind controlled by maniac back to their own free will still being scumbag bad guys but you know ju- just regular bad guys not mind controlled anymore um so so when when that happened all all the goo he spit out went back to him and we see the reveal uh this issue is that he's turned into basically a giant venom hulk uh and he looks he's like the size of a kaiju i guess you could say uh it's it's a tough scale because it keeps changing basically depending on what panel you're in but uh that's what's going on here um <laughs> i mean at this point i was pretty much out of the story when i saw this it just ruined my what even little enjoyment i was pulling out of it uh because it was yeah. very stupid but um anyway uh the the good guys have to confront this giant venom hulk um and just because of his pure size advantage basically flash thompson when he lunges at him because he he's the you know he he's the cure for the symbiote mind control stuff uh just gets swatted away like a fly uh goes flying through this building wall and and he's all screwed up currently um i, I still don't really understand if that's a true symbiote or or like a costume or like it looks like goose coming off his face so it does um, I'm, I'm still a little fuzzy about how how all this is working with him in now an anti-venom suit but uh because there's no like partner there with him you know what i'm saying like true symbiote yeah. partner i think it's has. like i think it's like a symbiote suit without the you know without the second consciousness yeah without the connection yeah that's what it kind of comes off like uh but yeah, so anyway, n- none of the good guys are really having much luck uh, battling him for now. You know, Venom gives it his best try. He gets flung away. Black Cat gets flung away. Uh, but the only one that has any luck at all is, is Andy, um, who's going by Hellfire now, back basically her old persona, uh, because she's got like these, you know, fire powers, these Hellfire powers. I don't know what else to call them. Um, I don't know anything I want to chime in with there. It's got that Damon Hellstorm marker in her chest. I want yeah, I don't yeah. know where she, I don't know where she got that, but that's ba- basically that like just... back when she was first introduced, uh, like that she was cursed somehow. And you know, I, don't, I don't really remember all the details, but it, if you go back to when she first started popping up, you'll get all that info. The cool curse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why she liked the symbiote because it like kept it kept control of this. Because uh, okay. she, she was a huge fan of it, but you know now she's like basically embracing it, and, and I guess has a little bit. I don't know. They've done a, a poor job of explaining anything in this this crossover with any one character. Really, it's just been a hodgepodge of of randomness that's occurred uh, with, with no character development uh, taking place alongside of it. Really, none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like things are happening, but you you don't really know why. You're just kind of going with the flow. Um, so, so I don't know, while everyone's taking their shots, uh, at, at Maniac, Spider-Man ends up tracking down Flash, who got swatted. He's kind of feeling down and out because he's had 
I don't know, no luck for Gitsy basically as a healing factor. Tulu's like, oh, yeah, I have a healing factor. I'm fine. That's, that's what happens here, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Spider-Man gives him a little pep talk. Uh, he remembers he has a healing factor, and he's back in the fight. Um, so so they, they basically, like, you know, do different group attacks during this giant, I don't know, throwdown that's occurring throughout the whole issue. Uh, it, it comes down to like a standout moment of black cat about to get squished by blob venom here and, uh, Spider-Man saving her in, in the nick of time, you know, so her luck power is taking effect, but Spider-Man, uh, you know, being the one responsible and, and they're kind of smoothing things over, uh, as this fight is occurring because they've been at each other's throats since the superior Spider-Man arc when, uh, 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 Octavius had control of Peter's body and then he socked her right in the face. Um, <laughs> that's that's where the bad blood is all brewed from. But uh, So yeah, we, we just get another sense of scale. Like this Venom Hulk is li- li- like this Jeep. Uh, they try to ram this Jeep into him. The, the Jeep is essentially the size of his big toe uh, at this point. Uh, <laughs> so, so that doesn't work. Um Spider-Man get, gets swatted away this time, and, and Venom gets swung into him. Uh, Anti-Venom's attacking. He kind of stabs him through the back. They're trying to hold him steady while Hellfire blows fire at him. Uh, you know, this group attack that doesn't end up working again. Uh, and then ultimately Spider-Man gets this idea that's going to finally help them out because uh, he's bleeding, you know, and they've concluded throughout uh, because um, because the last tried... two issues, yeah, they they can't be double uh, maniac. Basically, I guess you could yeah, say. I don't know cause... how to explain it. Well, because he just tried to he spit the stuff at Black Cat to try to take control of her, like, and uh, and it didn't work. So she's like, "No, oh, he can't take control of us the second time." And then he's Spider Man's like, "Oh, I guess we built up antibodies that repel it." And then this genius yeah. idea comes. So yeah, Spider-Man gets the idea to basically do the old school '70s bloody handshake trick that uh that kids used to do, I guess. I don't know, Blood Brothers, Blood with Flash, Brothers. and uh, so Flash builds up this antitoxin, even though he should already have it because nothing has affected him that's been spit on him the entire goddamn time. You know what I'm no. saying? Like he's already been the cure, so I don't understand how this works. But anyway. It works. Uh, he gets all spiky. Like he, he uh, what's oh, he look God. like here? I'm trying to think of what uh, video game character is is all spiky like this. Uh, oh, fuck! What am I trying to think about? I can't. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. All I have is Call of Duty World War Two on my mind. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> which isn't you know that's not obviously spiky things, but uh. So this spiky anti-venom is now like the ultimate solution to their problem. And he stabs him through the chest again, maniac, and and the giant Hulk maniac explodes into a million little pieces again. You know, there's still a little goo left on on Lee, so I guess he does still have a connection to this thing. Is that what you took out of it? But he's just in such a weakened state right now? Yeah, that's what I got from it. That's what they made it because seem it like. doesn't go back to mania. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, she's just straight up hellfire by the end of this. 
Uh, Flash remains anti-Venom. Like, he's not giving that up, it doesn't seem like. And uh, Spider-Man and Black Cat basically iron things out real quick. Andy and Flash hug things out. You know, they never really had a beef with each other to begin with. They were just worried about each other's well-being, being buddies, uh, old squad mates. And, uh, you know, then, then Peter goes back home and they have a moment with Mockingbird. Uh, just really kind of played for a joke because her bathroom got torn to shit earlier in the series, which I totally forgot about. And then Black Cat has a come to Jesus moment with Venom to wrap things up because this is Venom Inc. And then the, the final splash page where uh, Venom looks pretty sweet, my Probably my favorite page of this entire issue. This is a Costa page, I think, right? Um, uh, Art-wise, yeah, or maybe not. Yeah, Sandoval. I don't know. It's hard to tell because they both they both did it. Oh yeah, Sandoval. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Costa's yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, writer. But um, yeah, that's how it ends with I guess Black Cat kind of no longer going to entertain the mob boss lifestyle. Flash becoming anti-venom. And Mania just straight up being Hellfire with Lee possibly still having control and being Maniac, but we're not really sure because he set it off to jail again anyway. Um, so buy, borrow, or forget. That's how we do things around here. I know Jim has some trouble. He, he's buy, borrow, or kill, whatever he does on the other one. He, he he mixes it up a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's always it, the the last one changes every week when he tries to do it. Um, it's like a, a running joke he's got going. It's, it's a pretty good one. But anyway, uh, yeah, i forget this, I'll, and then I'll tell you why. Because this was I don't know a waste of of four ninety nine. I'll tell you that the, the the art even like usually you can count on Stegman to come through in that regards, and and he even looked rushed and under the gun as far as this goes i'm really like i need a break from the venom crossovers and the venom team-ups and the venom mini events like i'm really venomed out all over again so yeah oh uh you know i, I don't know i feel like if if you're gonna do a venom crossover with spider-man because it's his 30th anniversary with eddie brock being venom or, or whatever the way they're spinning it um it should have more heart. And this just kind of felt like they're doing, they did it to did it. They did it to do it. Yeah. Uh, did it to did it. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, that's, that's the only cool thing that came out of this, I guess you could say is, uh, you know, flash is anti-venom and then we'll possibly see him again in the near future. But I don't feel like there's a rush to really include him as any more than just a background character in the spider books at this point in time. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he'll have a bigger impact on the anti on the Venom series because he's technically a Venom again now. But I, I don't know how they're going to play that yet, and solicits don't really seem to point to that. So uh, I don't know. I, I was just unthrilled with it, even from start to finish. Like it just felt dragged out. It felt overlong, and uh, like this could have just been a three issue uh, story, and I probably would have been more okay with it but this alpha and omega yeah. stuff with all these spider-man mm. events needs to end uh to get an I'm extra 10 bucks out of is is really yeah kind of bs um and it's really just to fill a trade because what you have four issues and they're, they're probably going to not you know, they they might include the venom ink trade 
but then you got to buy a separate trade and the issues are going to also be included in like the Spider-Man trade and it's just going to we read weird and or they'll probably I don't probably I don't like take them out. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, it it just feels weird. Uh I don't know. I'm bummed. I I, I wanted more from it if they were going to do this and I didn't get it. So forget it. I don't know if you have anything different to add? I know you said your notes were blank for your thoughts about this. Yeah, because I, I, I don't care. You care about enough the to story. write notes down doesn't mean you don't have thoughts, really. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's fucking pointless, and there are a lot of like just mis not I don't want to say mistakes, but just just didn't seem like they cared. Like Flash magically, rem- like forgets that he has this healing factor, and and nothing. Nothing about Andy's suit. Like she doesn't get it back. Um, the 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 other consciousness that comes with it because it is a symbiote never makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, like you, she would you think she would have some kind of bond with it, and that never even comes up. Um, it's just yeah. There, so there's dumb. like no it, emotion at the end of the story that she doesn't get it back. She's just like eh. No, no. I'm cool. Eh, I'm cool whatever. with this. Even though that's the whole reason powers. she came to New York was to get it back. Yes, to get it back. And uh, in the ending, like the whole, oh, uh, we just randomly found out, like, it's just so fucking stupid. Like, um, Black Cat, it got spit on her face, the, the symbiote. And because it couldn't take control of her the second time, Peter magically assumes that his blood mixed with the anti-venom costume, which should pretty much just take out that costume anyway. I mean, it's a regular symbiote, and he's anti-venom. There's nothing, nothing was built up, nothing was said, no rules were made that made this symbiote any more special than the regular venom symbiote. So why can't the anti-venom seer like suit just work? Like it makes no sense. And yeah. then Peter has to come along with these magical antibodies that were never discussed beforehand. Like. It's just like everything is so pulled out of ass in this story. It's it's so yeah, just ridiculous. I, I, don't, I don't know if I said it on uh, in the very beginning of this, or maybe if I'm just repeating myself. I apologize, but like we said, uh, maybe off air was was that he was spitting all this goo on everybody, right? Mind controlling them. And yeah, it all goes back to him at the end of last issue, and he looked like a normal size, just venom symbiote. But as it all returns back to him, this issue. He's a giant kaiju symbiote, and and I don't know, like like he, it it all came out of him in the first place, and he wasn't a kaiju and slowly shrinking. Yeah, throughout, the, throughout the time he was spitting it out. So why is it when <laughs> it goes back to him, he, he increasing in size? I, I guess it's a nitpick. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's everything's just so pulled out of ass and like. Not no, not well thought out at all. Like it just feels like the story, like the opportunity to do this story was pre- presented to them. Like we want you to do this because it's Venom's thirtieth anniversary. We don't really have any plans for it. Dan Slott just obviously didn't care. Mike Costa. Yeah. I don't even think Dan Slott had. I don't know. He probably. No, I he think he's working Spider-Man. on his ending. You know what I'm saying? He's working on yeah, his ending. He's working, this was a way for him to care get all this. this. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't care I, about this. This was just something to give more time, or just to waste our time and, and get make money. I don't know. It was dumb. It was so it's a forget uh, for me, obviously. Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> it, just the last note, like this, hundred percent reminds me of like a, a um, Spider-Man Disney XD cartoon. Like this is this yeah. is what this would come out of, you know, with hulking yeah, out venoms and 
but but it's not like Spider-Man comic book story. It's, no, it's like a kid's that. cartoon story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it should be like Spider-Man, Spider-Man Adventures, the shit. Uh, the Disney XD comic book they come out. Not with, not with the main Spider-Man line. It just felt very childish. And, it does. and, you know, you're dealing with serious themes, the three issues before this of, like, Peter being depressed and, and finding a new job and bummed. He, he basically blew it as a CEO of his own company getting used to a new relationship and then you're like oh let's fight kaiju venom for six issues yeah so. all that goes on hold <laughs> like, <laughs> everything you guys feel it just goes on hold yeah. whatever it's yeah, okay it's bummer uh give it to your kids this this is a good introduction to uh like a fun goofy spider-man story for kids that's what i would say other than that forget it uh but yeah we're gonna oh, yeah. sign out you guys know how uh to find us throughout the week, you want to hear a little more talk, a few more books, uh, find us on Marvel Madness Comics Podcast. That's where that happens. Uh, but we're going to sign things out. Polls up on Monday. Um, yeah. Anything to, anything you want to mention as we close? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Let's go <laughs> off to Jim, and we will talk to you guys next week. Later. Peace. Talking about reviews of DC with Red <laughs> J. Here we are with Reggie. How you doing, Reggie? Hello. Hello. We have only two books this week for you. Yeah. Uh, it's Feast or Famine. We always say now, uh, one of those being the second book we're going to talk about, I was surprised that there was a Harley book. I actually thought you only had one book this week. We've had a bunch of Harleys in a row, it seems, but we yeah. do have that. Uh, but did you take the week off? Did you put your feet up and relax <laughs> a little with, with just your two books? Is that what oh, you Oh, yeah. I, I was coasting along. I got to, I read them each eight to ten times. I really yes. just... Do- dove into them as deeply as I could. I am glad you did. I-, I hope that you dove into the first one. Hey! Very, what a, what a <laughs> I hope that you surfed yourself to the tide of the, wa- the wave pool of uh, that, uh, of the I, books. I, I lazy rivered right on You lazy to- rivered in a river. Do you ever, do, would you ride in a lazy river of completely melted cheddar cheese. Would you do that? Would you sure. ride the the cheddar? How cheese? many people have been in it before me? That, that was I gotta say that was I was assuming it would be for me only, in which case I'd be fine <laughs> with it. But exactly. If this, if this is a shared situation like the no, uh, you urinal, known as the lazy river at the water park, then no. well, usually the late. Well, I guess the lazy river. You kind of do put your feet and stuff in. I was gonna say, well, oh. you hope they. Uh, also, they give you that's the uh, children's the, urinal, the lazy yeah, river. You don't have to pull that yeah. Well, they also give you ch- uh, they give you chips too. You have your tortilla seen. chips as you go, uh, and you are the only one. You're the first one. The the maiden voyage. Would you eat any of that cheese? Definitely.
Yeah. I would too. I, I the would thing is, though, that. after I've gone through that lazy river and had my fill of cheese and chips, I don't think I'd be able to do it again because I already know my stank's in there. Well, you would have to – Even ends your up, own stank you could That, <laughs> that ride better end up – I don't need that again. <laughs> it better end up in an open toilet for me because I'm going to have some it's, problems. That, Jim, isn't the lazy, lazy river an open toilet anyway? <laughs> I'm yeah, telling you. I, you so say what is this, that situation? I'm usually on the lazy river. I'm on a tube. I know yeah, that my I'm ass is there. It's kind of like tube. a toilet seat. I've never taken a shit in the lazy river. I I am not well, I guess a you're very not lazy enough for that I'm river. Telling huh? you, no, I think I'm too lazy. Uh, I I think that I am a. I'm not a fancy man, but I would I like know. to think that not a lot of men take shit in the lazy river. I, I would like just to don't. think that, but I don't believe it. It's funny I'm too sure because. Sure it's a built-in bidet as well. I mean, you're going to get true. your ass clean very nicely in there. I guess yeah, that wouldn't be the case with cheddar cheese, though. I don't well, know why how. It's a one-and-done situation. I guess. I guess. Well, I, that... I just thought of the idea that's going to. We're going to drop this podcast. We're going to make millions off of this idea. Cheddar cheese, lazy river. Philly, that's all you need. Philly cheesesteak flavored Ooh, tortilla chips. I'm ch- yeah. Oh, I'll do dip that. into queso. And you, okay, I got that. I'm gonna go. I'll go with that. If, if, you, if you have any sort of green peppers, I'll fucking kill you. I, I will slice your throat, and I hope that that doesn't get me labeled as hate speech. But uh, you, you get the green peppers. I saw it the other day. We were going there, and there was like some sort of frozen pizza, and a, you know Philly cheesesteak pizza. And I'm like, what the fuck? What are these green peppers? How I get so, dare you? Where do so you angry. get off? I get so so angry. Here in New York, happens. they often put mushrooms on. Did you know that? That's that's I okay. Eric hates. Mushrooms, but bullshit. I hate mushrooms too, but I, it's that's not a that's not a cheesesteak. It's not you know? a Philly like, cheesesteak, no. But I, I will sometimes. Uh, Tanya, when she gets them, she always gets sweet peppers on hers. Uh, that's just the way monster. she she does it. I usually go classic. Uh, like sauce, sauce and onions with with the cheese, and there yeah. you, go. Yeah, right. you got that going. But wait, wait, wait. that's how you got to do it over there. That's what I you like. I, mean? I do like over there, over here. But yeah, we're gonna start off. With the lazy river of books. And I say That's that right. because, boy, this book does not go very fast. It is really – the pacing's off. And I do have to say, uh, this this review this week, Reggie, really caught fire. Uh, a lot of people, I think, read your review, and they did really agree with you. And these are people with sites, you know, like an Aquaman shrine, stuff like that, that actually yeah. – and Gareth, our, our man Gareth, uh, who who loves the – uh, Aquaman and things like that. And right. Aqua Anders, I think, was one of them. A lot of people yeah, do have that Gareth same. Gareth came in way lower than me. I mean, he wanted to give it a, yeah, a much yeah. lower score. So it, like, it, yeah. this is one of those where I do think that this book really needs to kind of, you know, Dan Abbott better pick up the pace. He really should because yeah. people are starting to get a little bit, not bored, angry that they need more from this. It's something that we've been saying a lot. And that's the thing. I think that it really went to show where you have may I like Aquaman. I told you that was pretty much the comic that got me into comics, Jeff John's Aquaman. So I do mm-hmm. like Aquaman a lot. Uh I really started bailing on this book as an essential book a while ago. But if you are fully invested, Aquaman's your man, you you have a Twitter handle that has Aquaman in it, you are going to tend to go a little longer. You're going to stick with your character, your man, sure. a little longer. When those people start getting angry, then you know there's trouble. And they are. You, they, you they turned really are. the tide, as oh, it were. the tide, <laughs> did you? But yes, uh, tell us what we're talking about. We're talking about Aquaman number 32, written by Dan Abbott, art by Ricardo Federici, Rick Leonardi, and Sonny Go. 
There's a place up ahead that we're going just as soon as we talk some more. Let's repeat all the parts of the story three more times, then we're out the door. Come on, the rising wind. We're going to stand around again. Let's ask King Shark will join us in our fight against a fearsome foe. Spent three issues fussing and feuding just so he can tell us no. Come on, the rising wind. We're going to stand around again. And, you know, that's about it. Yes, that is a little CCR. Uh, I, I, I didn't hate this issue. The problem is, it just it doesn't do anything. It really doesn't. And, and the where hell are you going? talking about? We finally get the hero of the story, Mara, who is making this thing all come to a head real mm, quick instead of mm. you know going month after month of keeping the shit going. No, now we got a fucking time period of five hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the five God hours is going to last us till the summer. I I said to Reggie, and Reggie said the same thing. This five six hours, it's going to last till next December. And I mean, uh, we, we've just been getting teased out these little bits yeah. so long now since last June or July or something like that. Yep. And in this yeah. in this one, we get the bombshell, which is, uh, you know, it is something big that the Widowhood is promoting Mera as the new uh, queen of Atlantis yes. over Arthur, and they want her to be in charge so that, uh, you know, things will be cool with the Zebelians and it'll be more. Uh, you know, pure fish people. And she's in got the, royal blood. She cares about the, you know like, you know, I mean? the, the lower yeah. people. Instead of the she's not a half breed. You know, it's basically exactly. what it comes down to. That, is true. Uh, that was a big bombshell. And of course, the last page, they actually finally breach uh, the, the, the palace. Although, yeah, and that's, it's so funny because, they, yeah, they that's going to take palace. forever. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Imagine they do that, but they still have like, Five miles of land to cover. I know. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Now, here's the thing, too. Uh, that is the big moment. Like Eric said, well, and you, you said, oh my God, Mara and E, but do, but da, yeah, in two weeks, or actually a month from now, we do have Mara, Queen of Atlantis, number one, coming out. That that right. book is coming out. It's supposed to be in continuity. So this I forgot is not a, all this about is not that a shocker. book. Yeah, it's not a shocker. So I'm like, was, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that book. Yeah, that's all I kept saying. Like, yeah, it's about time because we have this book coming up. And with this, you are getting this kind of a, you know, you're going to have this conflict where Aquaman's just like, listen, baby, let's let's get in the car and go to, you know, Wally World. And she does. She's not going to want to. She's going to have to have her duty there as, you know, somebody who's going to be queen of Atlantis. And it does seem like everybody else will be down with her doing that. But again, if you're going to do that, you shift it over to the Mara Queen of Atlantis book and – Am I wrong to assume that instead of Aquaman, oh, you, you surface dweller, the half of you that's a surface dweller, just insert Zebel in there, and I guarantee that's all we're going to get with the Mara book. Yeah, I really am afraid of that. Thing, yeah. Everybody seems on top of this whole, you know, Queen Mara, she is the future of Atlantis and everything like that. Hell, it wasn't too long ago you were yelling, you dirty Zebel fuck. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So and, I and just think it's just going to shift. She was part of the prophecy that was going to destroy Atlantis. Remember that? Yeah, but, yeah. but not that only if she was the queen of uh, Aquaman's king. But if she's the queen solo and they're not together, the prophecy is not. She does not become the red uh, queen anymore. Yeah, I want to yeah. see it's, your it's credentials crazy. about about prophecy reading, Eric. Are you sure about that? I, I mean, was a I think, priest witch. How dare I, you? We <laughs> have a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, you were a uh, a witch priest, right? That's what uh, I, yeah. a witch priest, right? Very is that what you? Very yes, yes. It's just nonsense. But yeah, this, uh, this book just, it does not, 
uh, you know, go forward enough. And that, that's what I said. The big moment is saying Mara is going to be the queen, but we already have a book that was announced that's going to have that, that and it kills you know, me. And, and- and to be honest, this kind of got me, like, knowing that book was coming out, this got me excited to be like, all right, so that yeah. isn't a dream. You know, like, Eric had forgotten. I had kind of put it in my mind, like, that that looks like it might be delayed or something, but it looks like it is coming out. And that's kind it's of February what we February 28th. I just looked uh, while we were talking. I hope this, I, I don't know if there's going to be an Aquaman book at all. Is there? Do you know? What? Uh, just, except for this book, there is. But, uh, you know, what do you is, mean? Is, just... is after she becomes queen, is there an Aquaman book? I'm really, I haven't looked. Yeah. Uh, yeah what just, I'd like to yeah. see is what we've talked about Aquaman ground. Yeah, I, think, know, I just off, think Aquaman's just going to go about. Yeah, I that's, just think he's going to go. That's awesome. and, and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but really, the, the other thing about this issue that threw me off a lot is, and I may be in the minority here, I really don't like this art. And it's, I said this oh. the last issue, I just don't like it. I, I think that it, Eric talked about it, I forget what issue we talked about where it, oh, it was damaged this week on the Patreon, right. where it doesn't have a lot of movement. I think that that's the case with this too. Everything seems like, it, it really, if, if the style that I want to point at, it looks like everything is meant to be a renaissance painting and it drives me nuts it, it really does i don't like it one bit it throws me off very pencil heavy as well but i don't know do you guys I, like the art just, I, I i love the art although what you're saying is all the pictures do look very still they all kind of look like you know the covers to novels and stuff like yeah. that but like the, the sexy detail. novels with fabio on the cover in, the in, in pirate, in, in pirate suits novels. yeah they are uh, mine too so I, uh, but I, I love the cross hatching. However, I do, I do want to point out you don't, you know, the the line doesn't carry a lot of action, but there isn't a lot of fucking action in this book either. No, nothing, there isn't. Nothing. That's really the thing is, like, <laughs> going back to what I said in Damage this week, but we had a big ass fight scene, but nothing really had any real motion to it here. Yeah. This is this is very static as well, but you don't have a lot of motion that you need to capture either. No, you so don't, I think it actually still... works way better here. And I do like this art style. I think it makes this book look very it. regal. Yeah, I hate it. it. It to me, it looks like Renaissance paintings or what they're trying to get at, and I don't like it. I really don't. Not a and, fan of the uh, Renaissance era. No, I'm not. I'm more of a Baroque era of uh, art. Well, but it's uh, Baroque. Uh, as this goes, I'm not right. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. You know what? Every time I get my paycheck, I'm Baroque. And you go and you have the uh, deal where Mara is drowning. We had that. It, it seems to be right. magical, as they say. We saw she when she went through the crown of thorns. Aquaman goes in and somehow gets all fucking, you know, crazy. It, yeah, all of a sudden, his Atlantean magic powers, he, his eyes glow. He smashes shit with his trident uh, and then gets Mara. And you do see the beginnings of pissed off Dolphin, who looks. And like, huh? And, and yeah. she's mad, but you don't get much of that. Uh, you well, have him. Did enough in my mind because this whole idea where, like, you know, Mara and Aquaman are gonna have to part ways. They love each other. They can't be together for the future of Atlantis. So right there, it's like Dolphin's in the background. Yeah, she sees her fucking opening coming ahead. Like she yeah. has a thing for Aquaman, obviously. Now that Mara's back in the picture, at first she is pissed, but the, yeah. it looks like it's the things are gonna come out all well, on top. Well, I'll, I'll of tell you, you think that things come up uh, smelling like dolphin uh, right, up and down. There are going to be many, many an Aquaman fan pissed off just like what we had with Wonder Woman going in for the kiss with Batman uh, this week because they're going to go nuts. If Mara is not with Aquaman and he goes off with Dolphin and there's any sort of romance, the people are not going to go for it. They are going to flip out and, and go, I want the book. I want Mara, Queen of Atlantis, the book, and actually have what would have been if Bill Clinton would have been the first man. 
and it would crack me <laughs> up of just him kind of sitting around and doing you know he redecorates things and then stuff yeah. like that but I, I just don't know where this i would say that when this book goes yeah dolphin may go with him i don't think they're ever going to be romantic i really don't see it people will flip out i just think he'll be on a walkabout and he'll go around the earth they might uh, they might tease things. something but i think they'll never ever really consummate we'll any kind but of but yeah you get a solution. lot of stuff with the you know the secret school and, and you know all these things and and really to me like shit's just thrown at you in this like just to remind you of all the players involved before they do get to the end where they go they just and attack keep reiterating the deal. he yes. keeps reiterating the same things over and over again and i understand you know we want to get new readers up to speed but it's to a yeah. point now it's like you half do the that book every is just spent yeah. it's just spent reiterating to figure out a better way to do this because yeah, and you're, I, just, yeah, it's you're spending problem. too much time on this shit it's ridiculous. and you go you go to the widow the widowhood and it's basically like the way this book plays out is aquaman shows up the widowhood and like oh you know what we have to save mara of course we do she's gonna be queen queen but you said that she couldn't be oh no i didn't say that you know and you have yeah. this just over and over she's zebel blood oh that is why we whiten her she's not a half-breed like you Dean is there and it's like you work yeah, Undine, the yeah. it's like yes get used to it it's like yeah we already fucking knew yeah, that we like, knew this and she says i didn't want to play my hand i'm playing the devil's hand my friend but here we go we're stepping it up and this all leads to aquaman just talking to mara you know they're trying to figure out mara wanted to grow old and gray and and all that but she's gonna have to be queen and all you know and then you yeah. get the whole idea of okay we're gonna step it up um, aquaman's gonna gather his army uh some people go with them some don't but there's still going to have to go forward because Mara only has six hours to live. The magic King, wear yeah, off. The whole thing is, you know, Aquaman went to King Shark to try to yeah. get all the people of the lower reaches on his side so he can make a full frontal assault. Yeah. By the end, they're like, you know what? You'll say anything at this point because you're desperate. Fuck off. We say no. Yeah. Yeah, it says no. Yeah. And at one point, I did like that Aquaman did say, listen, you saved Mara. You tried to. You did the best you could or whatever. She's not going to forget that when she's queen. And he's like, well, what, what? And then, you know, and he's like, come on, let's go. And he's like, no, no, I, I saw what he did. I saw what Raph did already. Uh, I, I'm out. I, I don't want any parts of this. So fuck it. He, you know, Crush got destroyed. I don't want to be destroyed. You go fight your war. The answer is no. And he goes off and they're just, you know, you're supposed to see like the desperate times uh, lead to desperate measures. Uh, but all this basically is just Aquaman again glowing with his uh, trident and attacking with sea monsters, and that's how we end. And I, I'll that tell last, you, that I last page I mean, is great. If you, if you don't, yeah, if you don't like the art, you know. But I love this last. No, page. that really. last page is awesome. That Ooh, is really good. Like and T-Rex, I'm you, snake eels, whatever the hell those things. It's are, a weird deal. Is as it sea went monsters. on, the the last couple pages i'm like it, it kind of got a cleaner style up until that last page and i was like okay i'm on but i just i just don't like the style of art i really don't i didn't the last time this is nothing new uh i just don't like it but and also i think that because it's so pencil heavy in my mind uh and they are underwater but boy this is a drab looking book it, it really has like it, that same color it has palette. lost something from when step and yeah. in, that, in yeah. that regard step and had a much more vibrant much more water 
watery looking yeah this world. is just i wouldn't really... mind seeing this this guy federico on other things or uh, federici sorry yeah yeah uh you know i i like this art style a lot but i can definitely see well, where it's funny from, because i'm lo- and i'm looking at it and i i do agree with eric though it is regal looking that maybe it would be like something where i don't know like if there was like a king arthur book or a conan maybe it would be better Might for work, that yeah. maybe camelot uh, 3001 huh? We're yeah something like that, that. that's well, actually perfect yeah can, that's eric and well, maybe... I, will, I will say one thing jim he <laughs> yes. draws better than you uh you've never seen me draw <laughs> have true. you i have i may be the worst i oh. may be the worst you know but i'm not blind reggie i know what i likes and i likes what i like so i'm I blind I know. Yeah, yeah, Eric is. Eric said that he liked this book. He thought it was Green Arrow until about the last page. He, he had no, no fucking idea. Green Arrow He's like, man. holy shit, Green Arrow, why is he underwater? Holy moly. I, knew where, I thought they saved him from underwater last yeah. issue. Yeah, he's like, he's still down there. I see Mara, but who's this red-haired lady? Yeah, there you go. There you uh, go. Yeah. Um, what what did you give it, Reggie? I would say about this, you know, the art is what really pulled it up for me uh, more, more or less – uh, you know, I, I don't hate this issue. I don't hate this book. It's just getting, it's just really slow. And this issue was one of the bigger bombshells that we've gotten in the last, since July or June, when this really, nice. this storyline first started. But the rest of it really fell kind of flat for me. And in the last page reveal, finally, that looks like something might happen next issue. Uh, we're, we're waiting too long for this. So I ended up giving this a six out of 10. Yeah, I, I, this book is like one of those friends you have that he's he's not, you know, he's not the guy at the party that's, you know, the guy you, you really want to talk to and have fun with. But he's also not the dick who puts yeah. his fucking, you know, his dick in the mashed potatoes. He's not going to do that. So he's just he, it's steady Freddy. This book is what it is. And so it doesn't get you upset, but he's never going to wow you. There's never a time where he's going to be at the party and crack you up. He's just going to be there. Uh, he won't put a stick in the mashed potatoes, Reggie. And that's very important right. to me at my parties. Usually, I don't know. Do you ever take mashed potatoes to well, an actual way, party? I believe the way you have it is only the host may put his dick in the mashed potatoes. That is true. That party. is that's true. I just, I just want to know if you've ever taken – I'm not talking like uh, – uh, I'm talking like you and your friends are hanging out watching a game. Everybody brings beer. Have you ever brought mashed potatoes? You ever no. bring mashed potatoes? Up? I no. love mashed potatoes. One of my favorite things. How would you eat it? What would you have to eat? You have it in bowls? And yeah, you have it in bowls. You're eating it there and you dip, I, d- I dip fucking say. chips in that yeah I, we, now we have a lazy river again we have a lazy river of gravy of gravy and then a river of gravy and then i just have sleeve mashed potatoes that i just dip in and eat it <laughs> why do you so, have sleeves when you're in the lazy river yeah, because i don't, don't like people to see my my physique i am very uh, very uh you know uh, i'm very humble that way wearing a shirt in the gravy, I, a hoodie. In the gravy. I have a hoodie and sweats it's what I got in the lazy river. If you're, in, if you're in the gravy lazy river, I think you're allowed to be as fat as you want to be at that, that point. That I mean, real, no, one, no one's expecting a lot if out of you. If you were in the cheddar cheese lazy river, would you reach in, get cheddar cheese, slap it on your chest, and then dip the chips in your chest? The no. cheese on your stomach now. or chest. I do that essentially Yeah, now. you just you have a bowl. But like when you're in the lazy my river, chest, you just go. My it'd, be so, the food it'd be so good. It's staged for eating. That's oh, how it works. so, so good. But I... Uh, 
I'm actually going to go with a 4.5. I don't like the art style. I know that uh, people are probably thinking I'm insane. It just, for some reason, it doesn't jive for me. And going forward, when Mera does become queen and we do get the idea of, you know, Aquaman going out and about in the world and doing some things, it's where I would hope we'd get something like, uh, the issue of when Jeff Parker took over in the New 52 the and had the class reunion deal yeah. and stuff like that. I want some fun. This book, like you said, it's, it's Steady Freddy. It's not been fun, though. There's not a lot of yeah. fun to be had. I, I hope we get something like that. I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they'll even go like, from the from the tome of uh, you know Aquaman, and we'll talk about old adventurers or something like that for a while. I don't <laughs> it'll know. Be a, but... It'll be a clip show book. That'll yeah, be good. yeah. I, I, I'd actually... Yeah, I, like, remember when we were riding on those goddamn seahorses? Holy there shit. You go. <laughs> yeah, shit like that. But, uh, yeah, this is not doing it for me. It really isn't. I'm getting very bored with it. Uh, though the, the cliffhanger looks great, but that we've seen stuff like this before where we're like, oh, right, now we're going to get going. Next issue, he'll be breaking into, like you said, they're, they're breaking in. Actually, he's breaking into the next area where he's going to try to convince people to join him who knows they'll they'll pull out they'll pull out you know this is a tight shot they'll pull out he's actually like 20 miles from the palace center it's down the down the line He's actually just wrecking. They're actually demolishing an old building so that they can <laughs> build something else. Stop, it's just it public works <laughs> that he's doing with this. But, Eric, what would you give it? I love the art in this issue, and I like the forward progression that we're getting now. We're finally on a deadline. We know we have to get shit done. We have to get it soon. I really like this. Aspect. Yeah, there are slow aspects to the issue. And I, like, I forgot that the Mara, we had the whole Queen Mara thing coming out. So that was a whole revelation to me, which I thought was really good in this issue. So I would give this a 6.5 out of 10. Ooh, Moly moly, Eric Cheater is in the house. Holy moly, positive Eric it is. I now. had a good time reading this issue. I'm like, yeah, all right, Mara's it. here. She has to fucking be like the crown of thorns has to come down. We have to kill Wrath. We are on a deadline. It's fucking 24 now. The clock is ticking. And I'm well, like, all right, yeah. we're going to get there now. Come on, Like baby, you said, go. I think that the the probably the timing when Meryl was trying to break through the crowns, you didn't see that they uh, they revealed that that was 10 minutes ago uh, timing in this book. So that's, <laughs> that six hours is yeah. going to less. I actually like, too, there was one point where Volko's like, she has less than six hours. And then immediately Aquaman goes, I know she has six hours. And it made me laugh. I, they Look, actually I, made me I'm laugh. I'm just saying, at one point it. they said she had 10 hours. And when yeah. in this book, it went down to six hours. So I'm like, all right, four hours killed yeah, right there. Next thing's going to fly by. I'm telling you, it's not going to fly by. We'll nope. see. But yeah, by the end of uh, uh, February, she has her own book. So you would think that you're going to have to fly by to the point where the next issue better get a lot of splaining done. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But what is your next book, Reggie? My next and final Yes. Book for this week is Harley Quinn number 35, written by Frank Thierry, art by Inaki Miranda and Jeremiah Skipper. Cotton candy and roller coaster rides every day. Get your Nathan's hot dog supersized in every way. I'm a man bat without compunction. I'm a man bat who doesn't know how to stop. Grabbing people off the boardwalk, they come and go, they come and go. Coney, 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 Coney Island, they come and go, they come and go. 
People go missing from this beachfront all the time. It's not a crime. It's not a crime. Yes. Uh, what right. is your favorite culture club song? Oh, uh, I can't think of another one. Mine right is now. the Church of the Poison Mine. There you go. Right. I said Fair that enough. right off the bat. Eric, what is Fair your enough. top five Happy Days characters? <laughs> <laughs> my top five. Okay, we're gonna have Potsy, Potsy. Ralph Mouse, yes, Ralph's Mouse, Ralph's Mouse, Ralph the Mouse. I don't remember him. Um, Chachi. How about Richie, obviously Chuck? What, you don't like the Malachi brothers? You're not gonna put them in there? You don't like Leather Tuscadero? Leather, do no, you? I like Pinky Tuscadero. You like Pinky? Pinky You're Tuscadero. Pinky you don't like Al? I like no, no, Al. No. Actually, I like Al Al more than Arnold. What the hell's wrong with you? Are you an Al guy more than an Arnold guy? I would say I am. I am as well. I am more of an Al guy. I am more of an Arnold too. I am an Al DeVecchio fan through and through. I love (laughs) Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Me and Eric were actually listening to a podcast today, and they're in the middle of doing like some big thing, like a – I would say like an event type of deal for their podcast. And out of nowhere, they just had a top ten list. So I said to Eric – That has nothing to do with what they were talking about. Nothing to do with anything. So we're like, eh, let's do a top five uh, happy days. So we started doing it. And it was so funny. We start saying it, and both me and Eric both – Potsy's number one for both of us, and Ralph Mouth is number two. Uh, and it's so funny too because Richie, for me, came in eleventh somewhere down the line. Yeah, he would be on my. I was Fonzie's on your top five. Fon- you no, Fonzie's probably fifth. Fonzie's yeah, probably fifth. If you don't put him in the top five. I got to say, you are faking yeah. the fun. And, and that's the thing too. Uh, the Fonzie who thinks he's lost is cool. That he may be number three, Reggie. See, I, <laughs> I have to distinguish between yeah. the different Fonzies. Uh, yes. And if you're going to go Love. guest stars, I will also keep bringing up the Big Ragu and Mork from Mork. There you I go. Those are my favorite. The, the, the Mork deal was just the pretty much the Great Gazoo sure in was. Happy Days. It was so good. Yeah. I, I loved it. But yeah, I love that show. You, you big Maud fan, Reggie. Give me your top ten. And Maud episode. I haven't seen that show in. I was thinking of years. watching it again, and it's funny because we're talking about this, and it's not that I'm avoiding Harley, uh, because I think this issue was surprisingly better than I ever thought it would be. I, I really do, and also uh, set. Uh, differently than I ever thought it would be as well because we had uh, very much preconceived notions about what this book was going to be and all that stuff and I'm like yeah. oh, it's, it's pretty much you know all horses somebody all I, horses I start, going start, into the den I started my uh, written <laughs> review like that that we had thought she was going to be in Miami had a lot of speculation and it didn't happen here she's still no. on the island the same cast of characters are there but really that's not Frank Thierry's problem. That's no. more my problem for making a bunch that of assumptions true. about it's his It's like book. it's it's like they usually said. It's all engines going. That's, That's right. They say green sight. Green sights of the lights, <laughs> and there you go. But yeah, uh, tell us about it, Reggie. Uh, yeah. So you know, we open up. We find out that uh, Big Tony is playing. Who can headbutt the shit out of someone yeah. else? You know, worse than the other. Yes. Uh, down at down at the local watering hole, and then you know, Big Tony. New Yorkers course, are the worst. That, yeah. This is how we get that. This is how we party in Cody Isle. Yeah, uh, yes, that, that's that I gets, see. This is white people fun. Groups. I see. And that's right. all I say. But yeah, uh, do you get the idea that they uh, like perspective wise? 
a lot of times the artists don't really want to make Big Tony as much of a dwarf as he should be uh, because while he's headbutting things, he doesn't look. But then when he sits down at the bar, his little feet can't hit the he bottom. He looks like he's sitting at a stool. He looks like me on the toilet is what he looks he, like. He looks uh, pretty short standing over the bald guy too. I'm I mean, telling you though, it, it, it tends to go back and forth. He does look like a dwarf version of Glenn Danzig is what I think they always go with. And yeah. I would – I would like to say you might be surprised that at one point I did own a mesh tank top uh, one wild. summer. It was blue, uh, and I wore it at the beach. And How I thought it was, I was probably about eight. I thought it was the greatest uh, thing ever. I he thought was it was 27. so great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and did I, did I ever tell you that when I was in the Bahamas once, I did see a man, a grown man, with a chain mail uh, bathing suit. Did, it, did I ever Chain tell you that? Chainmail, like a, a really tight thong type looking bathing suit, but it was chainmail. Why would you want a metal? I don't know. Obviously, so you I can drown know. yourself in the ocean because I don't you know have what the weight there. I, I, I can also <laughs> tell you that I know a, a, fa- a friend of the people I worked for were at the uh, New Jersey shore one point, and the guy walked into the ocean and was never seen again to this day. I, I do know that. As to well. this so, day, he's still to there. To this right? day, he's still that's out right. there. And he, did, he went into the water without his wallet, and that's why they realized that he didn't just leave his wife, who he did hate. So everybody thought that was the case. He, he The undertow must have got him out. He went, or a shark. Well, in a, in a way, he did leave his wife. He did leave her. It he took – it actually – and in up. the meantime, I think it took six years for her to get any sort of life insurance because That's they could awesome. not – they would not claim him as deceased. He was they were just like, missing. technically, he might come back. He yeah, technically, might he might back. wash up the shore <laughs> with a couple needles and a uterus, you know, That's right. typical things in New Jersey uh, beaches. But go on. I, I, I interrupted. I don't That's want to okay. So while, while Big Tony is uh, walking down the boardwalk of the old Coney Island late at night, before, after everyone's gone home, it looks like, which, by the way, folks, you should not do. I don't recommend walking on Coney Island boardwalk after, uh, you know, open hours or whatever. He seems to get uh, be set upon by something flying in the air that we can't see. We just see the shadow of it. Turns out later we're going to find out that it was a man bat. I'm going to uh, yeah. reveal that now. Yeah. So oh, my God. Spoilers, man. Yeah. Am I ruining the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, that uh, is. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile well, there still is a twist to come. There still is a, a twist, twist to it's come. Twist. Meanwhile, Harley's still looking kind of forlorn and uh, really, like, bloated. I don't know. You know I, thought, I thought she looked kind of funny in these scenes where she's riding in a cyclone. She's taking yeah. in a cyclone's game, a great minor league team right on Coney Island boardwalk. Really, this is a good travelogue for going to Coney Island. You can sit bored in the Wonder Wheel. Fucking man, bats there. I'm not going there. Only at night. Only at night. That's uh, when the baseball game is, though. It's nighttime. Uh, I'd go to a Cyclones game. It looks a little more crowded than I would imagine a real Cyclones game. I want to be on the boardwalk where the greased-up shirtless man starts to, I still believe, and then thrusts his hips while he plays the saxophone. <laughs> That's what he was just there with Probably fire, fire going everywhere, and me staring at you. Island, right? Well, That's yeah. me just well, staring at yeah, I still believe. Oh, that'd be guarantee. so good. That would be. Uh, you know, the gang of Harleys is is they're very concerned about Harley Quinn though, who is dressed again like more like the uh, movie version for whatever yeah, if anyone cares, is. but that's okay. So she's pretty much wearing well, the same. She's in a rut. Crop top, exactly. Yeah, I guess uh, now you know that she's uh, wearing the same clothes she wore two summers ago. That's how bad it is now. That is. So uh, you oh, know they're all wow. they're all chit chatting. You know, this is the first time we've seen. Uh, a lot of the gang of Harleys talk at all. And one of the few times we've seen the gay uh, Harley guy, what's his name? Uh, Harley. Uh, that, 
Uh, yeah, that was I, – I thought it was – I can't Jeff remember. Harvey Sin. Harvey Sin. Harvey He's Quinn. Right. I'm sorry. Harvey, Harvey Quinn. Quinn. <laughs> but it is Harvey. Uh, I do remember. You got to see a little more of him talking. So, you know, they have the little quips, little jokes. And it is – it's like – it's all right. It's pretty cool. It's – it's they are showing genuine concern for her and – being reasonably funny for this book, you know what I mean? You, get, you gotta, you know, you're, we're not looking for this book for the high humor. We're looking for the farts and the, you know, yeah. I think I dropped my boobies. You know, this is Benny Hill type stuff over here, and we're getting some of that. Uh, little Pratt falls, they fall down. Harley Quinn scared, freaks them out because she knows they're looking at her. Uh, and they're all here the Goat Boy, the Eggman, every Eggie's here. We even got uh, the coaches rolling up. Yep. Red Jules uh, wearing a trench coat and hat, you know, doing some recon. But uh, what it comes down to is that uh, they figure out that it's a man bat and they go to yeah. check at Arkham Asylum, which I thought Eric might want to chime in here because this now is really rubbing up against continuity, isn't it? We got that. I, I don't know where we're at with Kurt Langston right now. I think yeah. it is actually silly that the gang of Harleys go to Arkham Asylum. Like, yes. I'm telling you. I'm all about them helping out, trying to do what they can for Harley Quinn. The idea that they actually go with Spoonsdale to Gotham yeah, City to go to Arkham, it, it, it's like, you know, I, it's funny to me to say it's so far-fetched. It's it's a Harley Quinn book, but for some reason, <laughs> this goes a little bit too far in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Is that uh, Mr. Yeah, Bones there? That. No, that's Black Mask. Is it, okay, I see. <laughs> but it, it's even then, they're going through this, and it's, it really is kind of over. Like, really, you're, you're well, going to well, do they, they this. Do, they do make a point of saying this is like a Scooby-Doo yeah. situation. They even put them in a GCPD van. And while I don't actually think it's like a Scooby-Doo situation, I thought the idea of doing that was kind of funny. It was uh, it was okay. But it was, I it just, was, again, it's I, a little it's over a the top. Sister, but it, it was... I, I looked at it like a school trip. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, the gang of Harleys are a little more than cheerleaders. They're not these goddamn investigators who are going to Gotham City yeah. after contacting the chief of police who drops everything he's doing to go to Gotham City to fucking so talk to Jeremiah you're, Arkham. Me, Eric, is that if you hadn't been taken to Arkham Asylum as a kid and locked in a cage with Black Mask for an hour... You wouldn't have been scared straight. Is that what you're telling me? That's hey, what spent he's saying. I some times in some Assams. I actually stole a goddamn uh, uh, a robe from there. It's did fine. You, Joker ever <laughs> throw cum on you? No, no but no, my no. one buddy did get a blowjob from a girl at, a, at one of these asylums, so it's yeah. fine. And so, this places might be crazy then, but yeah. Uh, the the thing is, I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you right now, and I'm not saying much with this, and I, when I read it, uh, it was not a quick read for me. It took me a lot to get through it the story. It never is for some reason. Well, there was like three times where I actually thought it was over and it continued, but I, I still did like it. But continue, Reggie. Continue to say So what they go happened. through Amadeus Arkham is running Arkham Asylum and uh, Jeremiah. Show. Yeah, Jeremiah, sorry, yeah. the son or the grandson or whatever. Uh, and uh, they see that Kirk Langstrom is crazy in there all wrapped up, so he could not be. The yeah. man bat, folks, nope. that's how it is. Meanwhile, the man bat is out there, grab Red Tool by the legs, dump them in the water. Harley goes to throw a bat on her, uh, was able to uh, kind of ride him. It. Well, the, that one turns out to be Big Tony. Yeah, that's so now Big man Tony. Bats are turning people into man bats, just yes. like the Dracula of uh, yesteryear. Spoonsdale, meanwhile, back at the asylum. Dracula's Kurt, motherfucker. <laughs> Yesteryear. There's no dark universe going on as far Shut as I up, know right now. So I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. Where's Kid and Play? If they do yeah. it like Saturday the 14th, yes, then, then we're talking. Then we're talking. But yeah. Uh, Kurt, Kurt gives up his wife, essentially, and uh, yeah. then we find out this whole time it is uh, Francine Langstrom. Yep. And uh, to, she's got Harley and Big Tony. 
captured. She injects Harley with the Manbat serum, and we're going to see a Harley, Harley Manbat next. Yeah, Harley Manbat, a Harley Bat. Uh, but again, I, when they found out that Big Tony was the one man bad, I thought that was the end of the issue. And then it so continued, I- and there was like a bunch of things going, though. Overall, I didn't mind. Like I said, I was, I actually was like, okay, you know, this is not a jumping on point, though, to me. That's the weirdest no. thing. You have a new team on here. You have Frank Tyrion and, and Naki Miranda. a situation that is directly like a result of the last goddamn run. Yes, like, the, the last whole thing deal. Where- you know, Harley's forlorn because everything has gone down. So we're yep. jumping into the, you know, the and not only Harley that, thing with no real explanation. The gang of Harleys are here. Yeah. We right. had a easy out where Red Tool was going to be in Paris. You could just leave him sit. And when he comes back, reintroduce him. Yeah, they nope, had everybody. Went right I mean, with they, it. they literally showed almost everybody yeah. in her. Like, this is core. a very odd and story. And really let us know that I think that these people are going to be in play. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't what we what I expected. Obviously, not what you expected no. either. But. I can't fault the book for not being what I expected. No, it's and and also it basically is, you know, all hands in the kitchen, as they say, Reggie. And did uh, they say that? No, but it's the it basically. If you've been reading Harley, you don't have to worry. It's very similar. You're going to go forward with what you had. It's just I I really thought that it was an odd non-jumping on point where you have a new and this is where I'm telling you this is an odd thing in Rebirth so far because we did have Sam Humphreys uh, going off to Nightwing and you had Tim Seeley go and neither time was it a point where you're like oh my god I see that this is a boom jump on point it's like everything has to just continue on as it was and I even said where and me and Eric said tonight even because of that it almost seems like you're like who you know maybe they should go back and forth but i said about nightwing especially there was no reason for anybody to jump on new when sam humphreys you know or uh you know sam humphreys right. took over because there was n- it wasn't that different this yeah. book is that times 10 there's nothing different as here. a matter of fact as a matter of fact, I would say that this is more like Harley used to be about a year yeah. and a year and a half. Yeah, ago. and it's a weird, like, it's not going to uh, be it, like... It kind of stuck to one story, and, and I really yeah. like that fact. No, I didn't mind it. I'm I, saying I just found it weird that we yeah. didn't have that idea where she was... The reason why I thought she was going down to Florida just for at least a little bit was because you have a clean break then, right. and you could start reintroducing. When she gets a call from Big Tony, She can you can reintroduce right. them to new readers. You have the gang of Harleys, where who's going to know who they are and, and it just was that's, really that's really exactly weird but i think i thought and everyone thought was that she would go to florida yeah. to do a clean break but i mean there may be people who are reading this and when they you know all of a sudden she knocks big tony out from being a, a man bat and they're like oh it's that that guy from the beginning like if they don't have a connection so i can't say that this would be something that new people would be at able to the, jump on at the but. same time though who who? What Harley Quinn fan was waiting for Palmiotti to get off the I don't book know. before they started to read it? But, but you know, uh, you I do, get, I do the... get your point. But um, I can't. I can't look at it as being a detriment of the book. As no. someone that is reading Harley Quinn regularly, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm yeah, right there. Okay. I'm right along with it. I know these people, and I feel like they did a pretty good. You know, he did a pretty good way of showing at least that Harley has a. Um, varied and weird menagerie of friends. You know, yeah. even though we don't necessarily know them all from this one issue you know one of them's got a goat head one of them looks like an egg that yeah. kind of a thing uh yeah. and I, I thought it was pretty well written pretty well paced overall like this really felt like a harley story from more back in the day yeah, it where it's just like so maybe it was <laughs> it, it could, it could have been, been. been dragged out and for, and for god's sake 
one story, you know, like one thing going on in in the book yeah. uh, for once. And that felt really good. But uh, you know what I actually didn't like in this book is the art. Yeah. And it was like the, the reverse. Art. It was the reverse yeah, of what I expected. Okay. Uh, I, I know Anaki Miranda to do some really great work yeah. on, on on some covers. And, you know, she's doing Ragman. She did some one shots. Uh, she worked in one of the annuals. I think she did a piece. Uh, this looked real clunky. Some really bad scenes, I thought. That scene where Harley is like forlorn going on the rides, yeah, yeah. it looks like shit. And I really, knowing that she can do better, and I did confirm Inaki Miranda is a she, by the way. Yeah. So Okay, that's good. You're not so, Eric who's just I'm guessing. Not, I'm not being Eric. Uh, <laughs> Tell I, I, Tony, I, I, that sounds like a chick to me. Yeah. But, Bangle. Uh, Harry oh, Franklin. Yeah. Bangle was the best. Bangle, that's yeah. a chick. They're all chicks to go. Eric. Yeah, all chicks. They're chicks proven manly. Yes, that uh, is I, true. I felt, like, I felt like it was clunky. I mean, you know, again, draw better than Jim, but uh, yes, it's not. Uh, it, it was not up to her snuff, and not up to like the usual quality I expect from this comic. So, what I thought was that the art was going to be the thing to bring this book, the score of this book, up more than the writing before I'd read it. Yeah, it's the other way around. The story was not, you know, uh, the story isn't a nine, but the story's okay. The art kind of dragged it down a little bit, and I gave it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'd give it a 6.5. I, I didn't mind the art overall, but it didn't wow me. And the thing is, Frank Thierry has written some stuff with Harley, the gang of Harley specifically, and it That's seemed right. like he was really grabbing onto that and going with what he knew. Uh, it really shocked me that the gang of Harleys was in this. It really was. And I don't know if you couldn't even tell me that maybe this was an issue or an idea that he had way back then and it was something that he was going to do and just threw it in here because they were heading to Florida. That's what we were told was going to go on. Like you said, I'm not going to take points off. But I would think that there would be people who, hey, I want to read Harley and say, oh, you know what? I hear there's a new writer coming on there has to be some people were waiting on if they went to this i would they say would there's probably, probably more likely people that read harley and drifted away but this yeah. is their chance to get them back in yeah, and maybe they'll still know the characters but maybe, I, yeah. I i say 6.5 what do you say eric i say six out of ten i really enjoyed right. the art in this issue and i actually found myself enjoying the story more than i have like you know for a while now i thought that bit where the freaking gang harley's good at arkham was a bit of nonsense but even with me thinking that the you know the art's good and I enjoyed the story more, I had fun reading this whole premise of the man bat. It was fun. And even when they go to Kurt Langstrom, though, my favorite line in the book is like when Spoonsdale goes back and like, wait, what did he say? It reminded me of Obi-Wan and Yoda. Langstrom, there is another. You know, like, and that's all I kept thinking. So that, that made me giggle about that boy is our last hope. No. There is another. There is but another. it made me laugh a bit. So um, I would still give it a 6 out of 10, though, just because I'm not really a fan of this book, though. So even though I enjoyed it more than I have previously, there's still not a lot for me to really yeah. grab a hold and have fun with. Yeah, we'll with. see how it goes forward when uh, this just seems like this good, is that's there. That's a good Eric store for Harley Quinn, I would Yes, say. And, yeah. and we'll see that maybe this is a story to get him started, and then once he gets his yeah. you know feet there. But uh, Eric, would you? is this how you would sound if you were on that boardwalk? Yeah, sure is. is yeah. that what you hear? I still I believe you. Oh, he's so good. You. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. 
I knew I I knew I had it somewhere. So that's at one point I went quiet trying to search out still believe. But yeah, that is it, Reggie. That is all your books Uh, next week. You have tons, including Doom Patrol, which is crazy. Uh, That's going to be coming out. But yeah, we're going to have a lot of books then. Probably three sections of you next week. So yeah, uh, sometime we're going to have to redraft maybe some of the books so we can kind of even stuff out for you because it is crazy when you have this dribs and drabs. But it it gets a little wild on the uh, heavy weeks, I must admit. But uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm in there. We'll I do. See. I do it for the love. People for the do it for love, the love, baby. For the love. That's what we all do. But yeah, we're gonna go off now to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. Mail with Eric, and I think, Eric, I have to tell you, I'm playing the devil's hand now. Uh, This first bit of mail is from All New Dave, who says, Hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, poop, 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 poop. I wasn't going to get any comics this week, but after reading Brandon's positive review of damage on the site, I decided to take a punt. I'm glad I nice. did. It was a very quick read, but I liked the fact that it was an easy story to jump into and wasted no time getting to the action. I think this brings up that whole deal of the difference between uh, the U.S. saying taking a punt and the uh, the Brits and other people. Because take a punt here means you don't do it. So I just wanted to point that out, Eric. We had this we had this issue before. But there were enough questions to hook me for at least a few issues. Any similarities to the Hulk don't bother me as I've never read anything with that character. The art was great. I'll look forward to see how this art team handles the upcoming brawl with Task Force XL. He says right. X1. It is not uh, Task Force 11. It is actually XL. Love Jim's issues with his wife this week on Patreon. It was quite a timely subject for me. What, somebody chasing you with a knife? <laughs> or, or And another bit, if, if you aren't on Patreon, there's also a bit of when Tanya had a little thing to say about a lady who mistakenly left a message, a voicemail message How about her she? brother going to dinner for freaking Christmas. She flipped out, called the woman some terms I'm not going to say on this podcast, but yes. And it was for a timely subject for him and his fiance. We had a bottle of wine and really enjoyed the podcast. Jim, if you and your wife ever want to make some money doing couples counseling on the side, you can sign us up. I think the couples counseling is we want to be a couple. And I said, well, listen to this first. You might change your mind. Thanks, Jim and Eric. Hope everyone has a great week. And I will tell you all new, Dave. Uh, one of the things about that is when, when we do this, Tanya is very, very, she feeds, she's fed by, uh, you know, praise and T- right now, just I can, like Jim. I'm telling you, uh, right now I could yell up to her and yell just out of the blue. How many likes does that have on the Patreon? She'll tell me because she sits there. She'll refresh to see. And like, I think this one only has so far a couple. 
And she's like, the people don't like it. She's, she's jumping off the bridge thinking that they don't like it. And I said, well, they talked to me about it. They don't, they don't need to talk to you about it. But, uh, she, they only, there's only two likes and, you know, she gets so upset. So I'm just telling everybody, if you want to make my life easier, just lay on that like button whenever we do it. Even if you hate it, just hit it for my Please. sake, for my freaking health. Uh, but yeah, thank you all new Dave. And the next thank email you, is from Repairman Jack. And we haven't heard from Repairman Jack. I talk to him each week, and I love talking to him, but he hasn't uh, he hasn't mailed in. And I do think I was going to read this slow because he – not because he's dumb, Eric, <laughs> because he likes to listen. Because I am. Yes, because he listens to the podcast at fast speed. So I was going to – what's up, guys, to see if he uh, could listen at normal speed. But I will not do that. Maybe I'll talk really fast, and then I'll have no idea what's going on. What's up, guys? Long time, no email. Been pretty busy lately with a new job, and it's cut pretty dramatically into my reading. I've often not read most of my books for the week by the time I listen to the podcast because the books have been so hit or miss that I usually instantly read the ones I'm anxious for, and then the rest completely slip my mind. There's been a few times where I thought I actually read everything and got to the podcast, and I have no clue what you guys are talking about. Eh, It's a lot. Me either. (laughs) Yeah, you you and I, you know, when it comes to a book or a thought, I read. Main thing I wanted to email in about is it sounds like Tom King is getting a book that actually suits his writing style. No joke. I said probably three days before this announcement that an anthology book with smaller stories and constantly changing characters is what King needs to be put on. I know what he's talking about, Eric. I never heard him say that. Actually, he told me that. He's right. He did say that. And I, I do think that he's on to something. I don't know about this book. I, I don't know. Then Sanctuary gets announced. I feel like I'm a damn genius. That's what I always say. I feel like every time I'm in the room with you, Eric, that book can be a character of the week or revolve around small arcs, emotionally charged stories that can be more nebulous and open-ended, no continuity to worry about or to adhere to. That's the problem. This book is in continuity. This Sanctuary deal is the actual in-continuity book of these heroes needing to talk it out and, you know, kind of get some counseling just without the lie of it being a Batman book. As much as I've been down on King as of late, I'm pretty actually, I'm actually interested in it because I think this is where he's strongest and it seems like it's all he wants to write lately. Uh, I will give him that. But yeah, this is supposed to be in continuity and I will tell you, as I read, and this was part of my Jim's uh, comic book news thing, uh, reading it, they're not even really at this point seems to be announcing a book, but almost also it could be something that pops up in other books and kind of as a thread throughout the DCU about the sanctuary where the Trinity has set up a place where people can talk about what they've uh, you know dealt with. Since the I Am series wrapped up, it seems that King has thrown out all attempts to tell an ongoing narrative or overarching story outside of jokes and riddles, which can honestly be described as multiple vignettes. The, di- the dinner, Eric. Boy, I would Eric say was, a nightmare, but Eric whatever. was yelling about that dinner issue. Who did Bruce give his money to? We don't the shootout, the Joker Riddler confrontation. The thing that the thing that made me laugh so much is when we were talking about this, and we started with the dinner scene, and we were t- but then Eric reminded me of like Bruce is telling the story the whole time when he does go to stab the Riddler, and the Joker stops it. Legitimately, Catwoman was just at the window. Five yeah. minutes before. Like, she was in that story all up until that where Eric's like, saying, so why, didn't you you just, yeah, why didn't you just tell me that last five minutes? 
Just tell me that because Fuck. she was there. And, and and we joked about it before of her being there at other points, but she was there at the end. Yeah. I'm telling you, as they brought the you know the Riddler, the Joker's on a you know a little a bed thing with his the, the knife through him. Probably I mean, sitting she, in a fucking tree across the street to say yeah, meow. Just herself. looking, meow. She's just sitting there looking at herself in a puddle, saying meow. But yeah, she was there, <sighs> tied together by one Worst three ever. three issue. I said that is Batman's actually his biggest. Uh, ability is to be the worst storyteller ever. They call him the Sleep King. Everybody's going to just fall asleep with these stories. They just go on forever. Uh, but also, yeah, the yeah, Sleep King. <laughs> That'd be a good, uh, that would be a good place to sell mattresses, right? Sleep King. Tied together by one three-issue Kite Man story, all King has done is small scenarios or one-off stories. Batman Swamp Thing, Batman Fud, Super Friends, Commodity Challenge, Holiday Story, Prologue, Prelude Bullshit that was supposed to end I Am and lead to Jokes and Riddles. Hell, you could almost look at Mr. Miracle as as small single-issue stories loosely tied together. They're They're tied together weekly. Very weekly. Very it's weekly. all he has wanted to do since the I Am series has ended for sure. So let's let him do more of that. It's funny because Repairman Jack was really uh, like going with this I Am, and he's the one who kept telling like there was supposed to be some other I Am, and it never came to be. And we were thinking it was I like I Am Batman. And then you'd finally get a deal, and that didn't happen. Other than that, I've been a lot higher on Doomsday Clock than most so far. White Knight has been fantastic. Metal has sort of fizzled out for me, and Deathstroke still Deathstroken. My next wish would be to get Priest off of Justice League, even though I like this newest issue, and put him on Teen Titans. Shoot Percy into the fucking sun, he says. You've been repaired, Eric. There you go. I love that. I remember love when you that stole song. that from him? You've been worried. I'm like, I you stole that from a man. That's all you're it. doing. I never said that. I don't think you. You must think like you have this idea of what happens in the podcast. It's like you I mean, mean the it's, truth. It's like you pretend like you're not the cellar dweller. You've been warned, Eric. In <laughs> <laughs> the next email, and thank you, repairman Jack. And keep writing in. I love hearing from repairman. Yeah, that's Jack. Jack. Uh, the next email is from Josh. Voice of an angel. I think that I, I think I've heard a song about his voice being the voice of an angel. But Josh says he's the one who reviews them horror movies, right? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I would say that he might be even better than the cellar doll. You've been warned, Eric. Uh-oh. Howdy, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh Coopy Boop. Jim, I know you're watching your blood pressure and all. Yeah, it sounds like it. But yeah. you should try the new Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cereal, the cookie cereal. Uh, I will tell you, Josh. Yes, blood pressure be damned. I've, I've had them. I have Now, had are them. they soft? No, no. What, what do you think? That's black magic. <laughs> I'm telling you. Any cookie that you buy that's been sitting on the shelf for more than whatever that is soft, you're, you're just eating chemical. A warlock That's all you're it. doing. I'm telling you. They have that. In in that goddamn Keebler tree, they have some warlock dancing in the background. Why wouldn't they? Full some, of fucking elves. Some Why not a fucking warlock? priest witch. It's about a thousand times better than that Keebler nonsense and reminds me of old school Cookie Crisp be- before it became cardboard. And yeah, yeah they I'm really telling you, is that actually a, like, you know, is that equivalent of old school Cookie Crisp now? Because I've been bitching to you for fucking years uh, now that, about how they changed it for me. That's I, nonsense. I want some kind of equivalent now. Yeah, I hate that. I'm going out tonight. Top five cereals that they ruined by changing. I, I could go. I'll give you two right Count off the bat. Chocula. I told you. Count Chocula and all the monster cereals. And it, it's so funny 
The reason why that is off now is nothing to do with the marshmallows. That It's nothing to do with it. No. It's actually to do with the harder pieces, the cereal pieces. They made them in a way that's more of a puffed kind of deal, and they, they just get soggy right away. It's nonsense. You know, I'm not saying that I want alphabets, uh, you know, Eric, because alphabets, like they Lucky actually, Charms? there's a Benny version of alphabets. It's called Lucky Charms. That, that's what you got there. You don't need that nonsense. Cookie Crisp is not awful anymore. It's terrible. I do like the Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookie Now, have cereal. you tried the Oreos? Uh, yes, I, I don't Are mind them either. I, yeah, they're okay. I keep they're seeing okay. them stacked up at Walmart. I keep I gotta one, try them. I never do, one, but I, one, I, I want to know if anybody tried them. I'll tell you one cereal that I really enjoyed that my kids got, and it's kind of it, it teeters on. It's that Maltum, whatever that you know, the one Maltimix. that comes in a bag. Uh, it's actually the uh, cookies and cream cereal of uh-huh. that. Very good. Cookies and cream I, candy I, bars. I would suggest. I would give you that recommendation. I really, really like it. I. They ended up getting it. They loved it, and they, we've had it a million times. I've never tried it. I don't really get to eat a lot of cereal anymore. It's I just, just imagine you bought the generic cereal that they love, and you're sitting there not eating that generic shit. No, what the proud. fuck? I'm telling you, they. I get that bag and throw it right out the fuck door, right on the front yard. If I had a front Good yard. Good enough there. for you, savages. Not yeah, for the king around yeah, here. Really, I don't care about you. I, I'm a fancy fella. But yeah, this Chips Ahoy is good. It really is. It, it actually does taste more like the Cookie Crisp. Though I used to like back in the day, they actually had a sugar uh, cookie flavor Cookie Crisp back in the day that I really liked. They got rid of that thing. And you, I, you know I how you can really tell like I'm it. going insane, freaking at Walmart walking through that the That you do an eight-hour podcast each week. Yeah, yes, yeah, I can yes. tell no, that for about the three years. Aisle at Walmart the other day, and I was just I, I was just looking to see if the monster like cereals were out and about, which I knew they weren't. I was just yeah. anyway. I actually walked past the cookie for Chris. <laughs> Stop to look at that fucking wolf. I'm like, oh, fuck I hate you. that guy. I hate that guy. And I kept I, walking. I'm telling you. Yeah, him and Tony the where's Tiger. The, where's Tony. the goddamn Bobby? Tony the Tiger, I walk by. I'm ready for him to grab me, throw me down on the ground, and, and do things that I don't want to have done to me. He's a bully. He's uh, we, You're uh, great, again, Jim. Anybody? Yeah, I'm great, all right. No, it's in the we we talked about this in this in our our uh, just for the hell of it podcast deal. Tony the Tiger says you're great to the people who are already great. I, I, he's a bully. I can't stand it. Though I will tell you, this is just a little tie-in. If you do go way back on the feed, you would be able to listen to on the regular feed the uh, Just for the Hell of It podcast. Us talking Breakfast about cereal, food. and you will know after that. How serious we do take our cereals. I, I mean, this is one of the big things in our lives, which Josh knows about, so that's why he wanted to tell me. Uh, he says, now for actual comics. I was listening to Weird Science DC Comics Spotlight Podcast for this week's Batman 39 and wanted to bring up something. I agree with you both that Wonder Woman was basically there as a prop and that she didn't mention Steve at all, despite being one of the most noble characters in the DCU. But there is one uh, other thing that irritated me throughout all of Tom King's run. For all of Batman's talk about being better at the end of the new 52 and even in i am gothamark he still never seems to give two shits about damien he was in this battle for 10 that's a very good point he was in this battle for 10 years uh to him and never even seems to think about damien again you know why because that's not a tom king character he only cares about the characters of you know Catwoman and batman everybody else a long time ago i want to say it was during forever evil with the dark uh the dark characters time with blight yeah. I think I think that's what I'm talking 
out. But no, no, you know what it was? It was when they, they went to go hunt for the soul of Dr. Light after Superman had killed okay. him. So they go to heaven and they get oh, there. Yeah, and yeah. You, you almost get trapped when you're in there because it's such a great place to be and shit like that. And Batman went to his and I'm like, he's sitting there with his parents and shit like that. I'm like, he don't give a fuck about yeah, baby. Damien, Where's Damien, he doesn't care. Uh, you know, son and name only, Eric. Don't be ridiculous. But he, he's right. I know Damien is this hard ass who doesn't need Bruce. Doesn't need Bruce babysitting him at all. Uh, but still, all Tom King wants to constantly push is this cat and bat. And that's the thing. It, it, the book and that issue in particular, if you liked it, I still – I don't think that you can say that that's wrong. He has blinders on that any story that he's writing – I know the book is called Batman. I know this, but when he tells it, he has blinders on of just telling their perspective and not thinking anything else through. Everything else in the book, characters, scenes, are all there only as a means to an end for him to get back to this main character moment and things like that. Nothing seems natural. Everything seems to be almost like I can say it's like a sitcom called Batman where everybody else are just these side characters that show up just to cause the reactions or whatever – to Batman and now Catwoman in that it, there's not a natural flow to the issues. I mean, like Talia. Talia's there in this Forbidden City. She has been set. We, we get the idea that she is imprisoned there and the UN, we still don't know why. But the UN and the Justice League of America, it says, has come to a thing where Weird. nobody can enter or leave this city, Right. Only about four or five people at that moment know that Batman and Catwoman are engaged. The Robins had just found out from Alfred, who let it slip. Talia's fucking man in charge, whatever, her butler, whatever. He knows. He, He goes to her and says, they're to be betrothed. How the fuck does he know this? How would he know that in the context of what that issue was? And and then she just fucking pushes aside like she knows. There's no – there's nothing. There's not even the point where Batman shows up with Catwoman and Talia says like, why are you bringing her here or whatever? And he's like, well, I'm going to marry her because the problem is Talia wouldn't give a shit. You know what I mean? And Batman and, and the whole thing. Oh, your ex. Yeah, you know, that's a shady area. <laughs> it's very gray uh, with that anyway. But even then, and then I actually went back and read some of these because of some of this stuff that was driving me nuts. And even at the point where Tom King has Damien, Damien sits there and is like basically, hey, I'm going to sit here. My father and mother will come out and explain themselves and we'll see. And then when Talia doesn't come out, he has like one little comment. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Doesn't even want to go in and see her. And I know that they have a little bit of a bad blood. Well, you can't until you do. Where was the U.N. troops waiting? Where, where are they? Tiger says, when you come out of here, the U.N. will have all of their forces ready to take you in as well as your super friends. Batman goes, it doesn't matter. We're never going to live. You know what's in here. We're never going to live. But when we get there, not that much in there. You have a bunch of guys without tongues. Huh? You know, they're, they're so not going to make – going on, whatever. They're going to make – they were hardly – you know, good fighters, even less of a barbershop quartet, Eric. They can't, they can't talk, is what I'm saying. And they, they can't do that, Eric. There would be a bad bar. Like, oh, shaving cream. It wouldn't go well. It really wouldn't. But even so, I but said when we did this, did they kill those guys? Did they kill the no. – No. So where did those guys go? They're they all got out. knocked out. But yet they never woke up. You had that big guy outside that Catwoman meowed 
and then whatever she did to him, knocked him out, whatever. Where was he when they left? Where was he when Damian – where was he? We never we see the these. story. Come on, man. Nothing is connected. No, there's some people. I'm telling you, there probably might be some people who listen to us talk about this Batman 39 and then want to listen in here to get more angry. I'm directing it to them. Everybody else, you can you can shut this off right now. Fast forward about two minutes, and there you go, Eric. I'm playing the devil's hand. I'd really like to see Damien dealing with having a stepmom and even seeing him and Catwoman spend some bonding time together, even though I feel like Tom King would just fuck it up and have them call each other Cat and Bird or some bullshit. Oh, now, I'm fuck, telling you, I Josh, that would happen. Josh, right now, you just said that you would like to see that. Eric just said you'd like to see that. That's all he writes for are these, you know, oh, people are going to love this. So I bet you we will see it. And we'll see it where, you know, you'll have some nonsense where they think it'll just be nonsense. And it'll just continue being nonsense. I want a story. I'm telling you, Batman leaving the house and saying, I think I'm going to go to the post office. People that read it now, they're so desperate for a detective story, they'll call it that. He'll go, oh, I wonder what time it is. I bet you it's about 10 after 8. And then they'll show he's right. There's detective story. We don't get anything. Whatever. It's not going to be. It's not going to happen anyway because Tom King doesn't seem like he wants to deal with Damien at all. And he never seems to want to read other books and try to get other characters' voices right away. It's like how he treated Duke. It's not his character. He had him there as a prop. He just These characters are all just like wooden caricatures of themselves just to show up to do. And and Wonder Woman is the prime example this week where she is there. This is one of the biggest characters, and especially now. You have a lot of people. You have Anna who, as, as a comic book fan, because of Wonder Woman, she just shows up as a temptress. That's all she is. She doesn't have any character. The one guy on the site was mentioning, he's like, I think that this is great characterization of Diana. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I know what he means. He only means that you men think that you can fight. That's all that was done. And then she puts the sword in and then voila, Eric. Bada bing, bada boom. Voila. Bada bing, bada boom. Ten years have passed. Let's make out. I'm telling you. Hey, I, what you happens know. in that other dimension? Ten years dimension. in paradise, you they ever heard call about it, the Eric. Code rule? That's Damn. right. That is true. Anyway, sorry for the rant. So am I. So Batman am I. and Tom King have just really been annoying me lately. Everyone have a fantabulous week. And that is Josh Vermillion. Thank you, Josh. And he says that Vermillion's visions is going to be the de-evolution uh, de- from dynamite. I think that's what it's called. Uh, but All we're right. going to go off right now. Actually, this next section is going to be Josh talking about that and also Jeremy talking about how much he loves Wonder Woman Conan number five. Hello, Weird Science listeners, and welcome back to Vermillion's Visions. I am Josh Vermillion. You guys know how I like to do things here on this segment. want to bring you guys a review of a, of a trade not from DC or Marvel. Try to go with some of the smaller companies out there. Uh, and this week, I believe this is my first book from this publishing company that I'm going to be talking about. It's going to be Devolution Volume 1 from Dynamite Entertainment. It's, uh, it's all five issues. There's only been five issues of this series, and it's all right here in this trade. It was written by Rick Remender with art by Jonathan Wayshack. Uh, So in this world, the government has decided that religion is the main root of the majority of the problems that the world faces. 
So they develop this drug called DVO8. It was designed to devolve the part of the brain that controls religious beliefs, causing it to shrink and eventually disappear. Uh, but this drug got out of control, and instead of only devolving that portion of the brain, it devolved everything. Humans devolved into Neanderthals. Many different cats devolved into, like, saber-toothed tigers. Dogs devolved into massive killer wolves. Everything devolved. Plants, animals, everything. That's kind of the basis of this story, so now I'll go into how the first issue actually plays out. So the book opens on our main character, Raja. Despite the risk, Raja has ventured into a city in pursuit of a map. Because of the, the dense population of cities causing an abundance of Neanderthals, cities are a bad place to get caught, but you also need a map to keep from wandering around lost for weeks and weeks on end. So she does eventually get a hold of a map in an abandoned building and tries to keep quiet when she hears some grunts coming from outside. Apart from Neanderthals roaming, roaming outside, she's also trying to keep from vomiting from her own stench. She apparently hasn't bathed in weeks because the last time she risked a bath was in the Salt Lake and just so happened that her brother was mutilated and killed. Uh, when when she decided to take a bath. So she doesn't want to take that risk again. So she stays still and she stays quiet, but apparently not quiet enough as a group of Neanderthals comes running in after her. She pulls out her pistol from her boot and takes out the first one with a shot, you know, straight to the head. He's done for. So she does manage to get outside away from this original group, but there is still a fuck ton of danger lurking outside. Not only are there more Neanderthals waiting for her, there are mammoths and saber-toothed tigers to navigate around as well. And I just want to stop and say right now that I think the art is really, really good. Although I don't usually like the, as, as Jim would say, the pencil-heavy art style, I think it works really well here because while it is kind of pencil-heavy, uh, the pencils are clean enough that it isn't so distracting and it's, it doesn't put me off. Uh, anyways, Raja hops back, hops on the back of her horse and somehow manages to get out of this town alive. For the next few pages, it's just straight up exposition explaining the world and how this, this devolution actually happened. Basically what I told you at the beginning of this, just with more talked about how fucked up and generally dumb humans are. So getting back to the story, uh, Jana and Scott are two more of the, the few humans that manage to stay homo sapiens throughout the devolution and not devolve into Neanderthals. They are sneaking out of some sort of base camp and into the jungle for, for some sexy time. So yeah, they start you know doing their business, going at it in the middle of the jungle, but they don't get to go for too long because some Neanderthals come, come in to ruin all of their fun. Scott tries his best to fight them off with his pants around his ankles, but it's not going so well, and they grab a hold of Janna and run off with her. Scott is still fighting, but decides to try and run away. He doesn't get far before he goes careening off of a hill and smacks his face on, face on a rock, knocking him out. So the next day, Raja comes riding up to this same camp uh, with Scott thrown across the back of her horse. After she, she gets Scott inside, she is greeted by the leader of this camp, a giant, shirtless, stereotypical, southern redneck-looking motherfucker named Gil. 
Raja wants water and food in exchange for returning uh, Scott, who is the only doctor, to this camp, but Gil would rather force her into becoming his wife. She tries to tell him, you know, she is going to San Francisco to get another, a different drug that will undo the, the devolution one, but Gil... He's not really having it, and Gil is actually about to skill, kill Scott for running off with Jenna before a guy named Darren butts in to try to talk some sense into him. Darren convinces Gil to keep Scott alive, seeing as though he's their only doctor. Then he goes off to talk with Raja about what she knows. To further prove what a piece of shit Gil is, he has Raja's horse killed, he tells some other women that since their sister-wife, quote-unquote, is dead, then they'll have to do some extra chores. And he has four other humans hanging in the camp where some prehistoric bird can come up and eat at them. So yeah, this Gil guy, it wants you to know right off the bat that this guy is a piece of shit, and that just goes further and further throughout the trade. But the last few pages of this first issue take place on the moon where Jim, Martha, and some other astronauts have been watching over Earth, uh, presumably trying to find a cure for the devolution or make more of it, but there's a whole colony up there that has been watching over Earth. After Jim complains about not having eaten meat in so long, Martha reassures him that in, it's just going to be a couple more years, they'll be back on Earth and be able to eat all the meat that they want. So they head inside this moon base, and they're going through the contamination check. Jim makes it in fine, but the system registers contamination in Martha, and she blasts backwards into the cold darkness of space. Jim has someone else patch him through to her comms, just in time for Martha to tell him she loves him before she devolves in, into a Neanderthal. So this first issue ends with her falling towards Earth, full-on Neanderthal mode, you know, just can't speak. You see her facial features change, uh, so she's going full-on, full-on devolved, and she is falling back towards Earth. So, holy shit, there is a ton to unpack in that first issue. Rick Remender does a pretty good job of balancing the heavy exposition with plenty of more natural world-building and action to, to keep you invested. The rest of this first trade is all about Raja trying her damnedest to make it to San Francisco and find the re-evolution drug so that she can turn everything back to the way it was. But that definitely isn't going to be easy for her. She has to take on a ton of unexpected foes that want to stop her from doing what she's trying to do. I thought the story was pretty good, although a little predictable towards the end. I said it before that the art is is pretty damn good. Some of the faces look a little weird, and sometimes all of the movement in the panels makes it a little hard to tell what exactly is going on. And I know I say movement, these are obviously still images, but you know, it's not a static art style. It's very, you can see where the movement would be in this art. Uh, but I think it's, I think the art is, is, is pretty good. I, I like it a lot. Uh, this is definitely a cool concept. And while, like I said, it gets a little predictable at points, I think it's a solid story as a whole. Something I mentioned last week is when trades throw extra stuff in the back, and there's definitely some extra stuff here that I really appreciated. Not only are there some of the original pencil layouts for the first issue, but the entire first issue script from Recommender is included as well. I always like when companies put that much extra stuff in there, and I think it makes the trade 
more worth a reader's money you know to go out and buy the trade if there's that extra stuff in there that you wouldn't get from just reading the single issues so overall i think i'd have to give this trade as a whole around like a like a seven out of ten i enjoyed it enough especially the first couple of issues but i thought the narrative it was kind of disjointed and jumbled it was it was an awesome concept with a lot of a lot of different paths that it could have taken and it seemed like Rick Remender tried to throw in multiple paths at once. On top of that, it probably could have been more than 5 issues, maybe like a 12 issue maxi series instead, which could have allowed him to further explore more of the different paths he wanted to take and might have kept the ending from feeling so rushed and thrown together. Now, I know it sounds like I'm kind of railing on this book, but I don't think a 7 out of 10 is a bad score at all. Most of that comes from the art in the beginning of the series, as I didn't like the ending as much, but as a complete story, I did like it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I wouldn't say that I would recommend this to everyone out there, but uh, if the concept, what I've said so far, interests you and you know you want to check it out, definitely do that. Uh, and I think if you see it out there, maybe in a bargain bin, the single issues or the trade uh, is on sale, I, I would say pick it up. It is a, like I said, it is a pretty good story, especially at the beginning. Those first two, two and a half, three issues are really, really good. And I had a lot of fun with it. Just wasn't so great at the end, but the beginning was really good and something that I think a lot of people out there would enjoy. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up for my for my little review of Devolution Volume 1. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure that's the first Dynamite Entertainment book that I've done, uh, but I might in the future check out some more stuff by them. Uh, so you guys know I end, this, I end this segment every week by saying head over to patreon.com slash weirdscience and check out all the, all the extra shows that that Jim and Eric and everybody puts out on there. Not only do you get the Patreon spotlight, but you get Jim's other comics review show, which, you know, tackles usually number one issues from from some of the other publishers, as well as some trades from other publishers, things like that. Uh, you also get the comic news that Jim has issues with his wife, an occasional cellar dweller. I don't I don't know who's putting those cellar dwellers out, but the cellar dweller has been in hibernation for a while, but you might get another one of those shows here soon so definitely if you can go over there and support them if possible they put a lot of work into this and i think they deserve it just a little bit uh but that pretty much wraps things up here so i'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me go on about devolution volume one that brings us to the end so i'm going to send it on back over to jim and Eric. thanks a lot guys
Hello and welcome to another edition of Crossover Corner. Uh, just the one comic for you uh, this week, which is Wonder Woman and Conan issue five. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Jeremy. I'm very pleased uh, that you're listening uh, this week. And uh, let's get stuck in. All right. Wonder Woman Conan issue five is, of course, written by Gail Simone with art by Aaron Lepresti. Uh, and Matt Ryan. Colours are by Wendy Broom. Uh, letters are by Saida Tamafonti. Uh, it's published, of course, by DC Comics and Dark Horse, and the cover price is $3.99. This series has been, uh, the odd moment of uncertainty notwithstanding, a delight to read and review, as Conan and Wonder Woman head to Shamur to prevent the city's destruction at the hands of the vengeful Corviday, this issue reveals that writer Gail Simone still has a few tricks up her sleeve. We see one long-standing mystery sort of solved, but another take its place. It's the penultimate issue, people. Let's see what's going on. Oh, yes. Right. So, we ended last issue with the flashback. Uh, and if you remember... Yeah, yeah, I sort of mentioned this a little bit uh, last time. These flashbacks have been getting more and more important as, as the series has, has been going on. This is the, the, the flashback of Conan as a young man uh, who has this sort of developing friendship relationship with this... Uh, uh, with this girl, Yana, uh, who is uh, the daughter of a, uh, a chieftain of uh, entirely female warriors. So a sort of proto-Amazonian kind of tribe uh, in, the, in the mountains of Samaria. And they meet up at this kind of tribal, I want to say tribal convention. <laughs> which which has which has kind of weird weird kind of uh, it conjures weird uh, sort of images of uh, of uh, of people selling merchandise and 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 on hot dogs and what have you but but there is a tribal gathering and they form this friendship because they they're both they're both kind of bored with what the grown-ups are doing and they they meet up with one another and they have this friendship and it's all sort of uh, delineated very uh very touchingly very uh, engagingly uh by uh by simone she does a fantastic job with uh both the cent but both this pairing which is you know the young conan and yana and also the central pairing of uh of the two main characters she really does a fantastic job with with those two at the end of last issue uh, Conan and the young Yana are beset by bandits. Uh, they've decided to run away. Yana doesn't want to follow in her mother's footsteps. She she wants to do her own thing. She wants to have adventures. They're beset by these bandits. It's stormy. It's rainy. It's uh, it's miserable. They're in a mount uh, in the high mountains, mountain pass. Uh, they meet up with these bandits. They fight them, and. Uh, Yana ends up falling, uh, falling into this chasm. Uh, Conan is too late to save her. And um, the way Simone presents this, it's almost as if this is a this is a kind of a defining moment in, in Conan's life. Uh, it's it, it sort of the taciturnity, the, uh, the kind of... There's a, there's a mean side to Conan. Uh, there has to be, you know, for him to do the things that he does. There's there's a kind of hint that that 
either starts here or, or, or kind of at least is sort of crystallized here, becomes more important here in his character, which is, which is quite interesting. Uh, and he's kind of miserable and, and you know, he's, he's lost this girl. He's not only has he lost her, he's, he's, he's failed to save her. Uh, and this kind of, you know, this, this life of adventure that they you know, were thinking of having together, that's not now going to happen. And uh, so he's, you know, it's made fairly clear that this is kind of a uh, a pivotal moment in his life. We we move on, though. Uh, Lopresti's art is, is utterly brilliant, by the way, um, here. Really, really is fantastic. Um, we move on, though, to uh, Themyscira. We don't see Themyscira very much <laughs> in the main comics for obvious reasons. Uh, but here it is, and it looks good. So Lopresti does a good job here. Uh, and there are Amazons running around because, well, uh, they found Diana. They, they, they'd they lost her. Uh, she's been taken from them, uh, but now they've managed to track her down. And they tell uh, Queen Hippolyta uh, that... Uh, that you know that that they found her. They tell her this news. Uh, there's a nice kind of there's a nice sort of visual callback, by the way. Uh, there's a, there's a shark fin in the uh, in the foreground in the in the water, um, sort of surrounding Paradise Island. I I, I kind of like that because uh, of course sharks featured quite heavily earlier on in the in the series. So we, we get the Amazons, and, and they're, they're kind of... I, I think Hippolyta... Hippolyta's rendered very well here by Lepresti, but, but but I think she's just a little bit... Uh, she's not imperious enough, I would say. She's not stern enough. I mean, I mean I get the fact that she's relieved that um, that Diana's been found. They, they decide to uh, send a, a, a crack team of five Amazonian volunteers... Uh, to go back uh, and uh, and retrieve her, uh, and so she chooses. Uh, and of course, everybody. It's one of those things where where if you know everybody uh, who who wants to volunteer to go back in time and and save Diana. Of course, everybody puts their hand up because they all love her. And why wouldn't they? Because she's fab. Uh, so she picks five: uh, Io, uh, Philomela, uh, Atone, Persephone, and Artemis. Uh, and Artemis, I, it's it's nice actually, kind of seeing Artemis. I I I'm I kind of I'll be honest with you, I, I lost I lost touch with Wonder Woman. Uh, round about the time that Artemis was introduced, I, I I remember her being I remember her being Wonder Woman, and 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 uh, I think it was when uh, Bill Mesner Lobes and Mike Diodato Jr. Were, were were on the on the title, uh, and I, I remember that it was a big thing. So Diana lost her status as sort of as Wonder Woman, as as kind of uh, emissary of the Amazons, uh, and uh, of course Artemis becomes the the emissary. Her her style is is considerably uh, considerably more sort of kick ass and confrontational <laughs> than than Diana's. It's nice to see her here. Anyway, I, I I know she obviously she's she's in the Red Hood and the Outlaws uh, title uh, as well, but it's nice to see her here among the Amazons. Uh, Philomela's my favourite. She's she's the blind archer. She's fab. She gets a great moment later on. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, so as as they are getting ready to go, a crow turns up, and um, the crow starts trash talking. As as crows tend to do, 
uh, so it gets shot, <laughs> which is which is quite it's it's one it's it's the first actually of several uh, that is too cool for words moments actually in this comic. The, the the thing that 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 really kind of sparks all this is it is it threatens uh, to defecate on one of the Amazon statues. So it, 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 from the moment it kind of says, yeah, I'm going to soil this statue, its fate is pretty much sealed at that point. I, I, I'm thinking, you just don't mess with Amazonian statuary. That's, that's, that's not good. Just don't do it. So that, that's, that's quite a nice moment. They, they go back, uh, these five Amazons, to Shamo, and we, we see them materialize later. But before, uh, we get this really nice three-page conversation really between between uh diana and conan i i say this in the review i i, I think um simone is a really good writer and, and one of the things she does really well is um obviously we're building up to kind of some sort of confrontation some kind of battle uh, and as in fact we have been doing all all the series but she finds the time to, to sort of uh have these sort of character moments she uses them really well. Um, she she sort of uses them to to kind of develop certain themes or to set up certain themes that that are going to come into play later on when the action starts. She uses them to as a kind of a tonal shift from from the kind of you know from from the, from the action that we've had with with the Amazons. Now we get this kind of nice, sort of reflective little conversation. It, it's really nice. It's really, really well written too. Um, it's all about whether war is, is sort of a is sort of a constant state of of humanity, which is which is not an unreasonable sort of philosophical discussion to have. Really, Diana kind of says, uh, "I think it is because because they're talking about the fact that." They're going back to Shama to save the city, despite the fact that the, that the city is responsible for for enslaving both of them, um, or at least people in the city are responsible for enslaving both of them. They're, they're, they're saving. They're, they're trying. They're going back to save people who have paid money to see one of them die. I mean, that, that that's that's actually what they're doing. Um, and and Conan kind of says to Diana, "Look, it's it's not. This isn't your fight." And and Diana says, "Well, I, I think it kind of is." I think all wars are somehow, anyway, my fight, and that's a really interesting thing. What, what does she mean by that? Well, she she means sort of, I, I guess, kind of justice, peace, the, the the need to kind of enforce peace through through violence, through conflict. That that is that is partly what Diana is about. I, there are other things to her character as well, but. And Conan says, then I pray you never regain your memory, Diana, for that is a burden no one should face, and war is the constant state of all mankind. And she says, I can't believe that. I refuse to believe that. And he says, oh, when I first saw you, you were fighting in an arena. It's been nothing but fighting since, and we are but two specks in an endless tapestry. Eternal warriors, that's our fate. And she says, no, Conan, someday, someday we'll rest. And he says, "Yes, when we die, princess, we'll rest when we die." Uh, it's it's a nice, it's a really kind of nice little bit of dialogue. It just works really, really well, and and it kind of encapsulates the the difference in philosophy between between both these characters. Um, 
which is important. It's really, really important that that sort of Simone recognizes that difference. Um, and and you know, she's. I've got to be honest with you. When I first heard that Simone was writing, I thought, yeah, she's a good writer. How is she going to handle Conan? Because Conan is is obviously a very kind of masculine, very. Uh, it's not even his masculinity actually it, it, it's the world he is from is is very very different from the world that that, that diana is from um but she's she's just handled this so well uh, and she's handled this um this relationship between these two characters so well the amazons show up in shamur they this bit i'll be honest with you this is probably a little bit rushed i i, I think i think if it was a different kind of story and if it was a different uh maybe even if it was a different medium you might see this kind of stretched out a little bit i don't know but um in any case within a couple of pages they're fighting the corvidae so we don't really get much of them sort of acclimatizing to the city of shamor they find delos fairly quickly um, but that's okay because because essentially they have a big fight with these crow warriors, and it does look so good. And and Artemis is kind of the de facto leader of this group, um, and so she she gets them kind of working in a in, as a as a team fighting these uh, these sort of crow warriors. We've seen these crow warriors before, I think, in issue three when they fought Diana and Conan. The, the Amazons. Uh, there is just that. This is such a. It's such a great page. There's, there's a full full page of them fighting these crow warriors in the arena, and the the Amazons are just kicking ass. It just looks so good. Uh, back to Conan and Diana. Diana gives Conan one of her bracelets, one of her slave. Well, they they kind of represent, don't they? Oh, they did. I don't know what they still do, but he did represent the fact that the Amazonians were once enslaved, and then there's there's a kind of uh, sort of symbolic significance there. But but it, but here it's just the fact that 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 it's sort of it's like a visual uh, symbol of their friendship and of their relationship. And he says it can't possibly fit, and then, <laughs> and she says then it will impossibly fit, and it does because comics. Ray. Um, it's just a, it's just a really kind of nice touch, and then things go wrong, and 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 I, and I think again this is this is Simone's skill as a writer. She gives us this sort of this moment of tenderness, this moment of bonding between the two characters, and then she puts that relationship under considerable stress, because just as they are heading back to Shamor, the Corvidae show up, and this time the Corvidae have got a way of exerting considerable pressure on on our two main characters now remember that the whole reason the corvidae are kind of after diana and conan is because they want them to fight they've made a wager between the two of them and they want them to fight so that they can sort this wager out and that the whole issue of the wager can be resolved Conan and Diana refused to fight one another. They did fight briefly in the arena, but then, you know, Conan refused to kill Diana. So the Corvidae have got another trick up their sleeve. And what they have is the five Amazons that they have overpowered. Now, we don't, oh, to be fair, we don't see them being overpowered, but it's clear that, you know, they have been. They're, they're strung up 
on a uh, on a sort of rudimentary gallows with the Amazons, uh, with Diana's lasso of truth around their necks as the rope. So it's kind of strung out between the five of them, which is which is really interesting. And Diana's kind of obviously horrified by that. And and Conan. And, and and she's you know my my sisters and Conan saying well we've already said we won't kill each other for your amusement Harrod and you've already threatened to destroy Shamar in in retribution you will not have your way and she says you know we've raised the stakes we do what all good gamblers do we've raised the stakes uh, and he says we told you Samarian we bought you a gift for you as well what you most desire. And somebody appears in a sort of mystical kind of uh, portal. Somebody who is uh, who, who is obviously female, who is kneeling on the ground with a, a sack over her head to conceal her identity. And it is, of course, Yana. And Yana is just looks. She knows she's being used. She knows she knows she's. You know, there's there's that sense of kind of almost shame that she's been captured. She's looking up at Conan, and I'm telling you now, the way Lepresti draws this, uh, it absolutely makes sense that Conan <laughs> Conan does what he does later because I I defy anybody who you know anybody in that situation would make the exact same choice. Yeah, you know, if you've got somebody you love. Looking up at you like that, the way Lepresti and Ryan uh, draw her—it's—it's just—it's heartbreaking. It really, really is. And it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's Conan's turn to kind of be horrified, whereas Diana has come to. I mean, the Amazons are warriors. The Amazons are the Amazons are kind of, you know, that they, they are. They they face the the possibility of dying. They face the possibility of, of of death all the time. And and Diana says, you know, we won't barter with liars and demons. Which we'll we'll fight you, not each other. That this I vow as princess of Themyscira. We fight you, or we fight not at all. And and then at the end of the at the bottom of the page, Conan has has his sword in his hand, and he lo- he's looking at her with this sort of grim sort of expression on his face and he says diana pick up your sword and and it's just it's done so well it's so it's so tense it's so dramatic and it's exactly what you want from from a comic book like this and because because this matters now i I mean look here's the thing i've been looking at a few uh sort of crossover titles over the last uh i don't know how long i've been doing this really so 10 months or so i guess and this this really works because because there are real things at stake. Simone has made us believe in this Yana girl, believe that she is important to Conan, and and this means that much more so than the fight in the arena, which, which did I think I said in issue two, with respect to issue two, it did have a bit of a perfunctory kind of let's get it out of the way kind of feel about it. But but bless her. Simone has come back here with a fight that means something, a fight where things are actually at stake. Um, Diana doesn't want to fight Conan, no way. But Conan absolutely wants to fight Diana to 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 save Yana, and it's so well done, and it's it's sort of so dramatic, so so uh, impressive, 
I, I, I can't praise this moment enough. Yana's crying. <laughs> I'm such a softy. Oh Yana's crying. Hillboy, you yet live. Praise the gods, you yet live. And she's crying. Oh gosh, right. Anyway, the Amazons aren't crying. The Amazons are getting ready to escape, uh, which is what they do. Uh, just in time, actually, uh, because they are uh, Conan and Diana are fighting, uh, and it's getting more and more sort of brutal. Uh, Diana isn't is doesn't want to fight him. She's back more or less at full strength at this point, and she says, "You look, you've got no chance fighting against me." And he doesn't really care, and he's kind of just it's all emotion, it's all rage, it's all you know. He's he's kind of. Uh, giving it his all here, whereas Diana is holding back. The, there's a great moment here where the Amazons have have the Amazons have freed themselves, and Philomela, who is the the blind archer, is lining up a shot with two arrows. It's funny actually because you you don't quite it, it, it's not obvious that there are two arrows, but there are there are two arrows there, and you don't know who she's going to aim at. You you have no idea. It, it, at, at, at the last panel was was Conan and Diana fighting. Is is she going to hit Conan? Ooh, don't know, but she doesn't. What she does is she gets uh, one of the Corvidae, and I can't remember which one, uh, in both eyes. Two arrows, two eyes. She makes the shot. It is stunning, and the the look on. Uh, her sister's face is priceless. So it's like, you know, for, for the first time, the, the Corvidae themselves have actually been hurt. And um, it's, it's, it's beautifully done. Really, really well done. Uh, and they, they retreat and they take Yana with them. So that leaves Conan and Diana with the Amazons. And suddenly there's this there's this moment of we have to go back we have to go back to Themyscira the the portal is closing now I, w- I will say this how how where exactly and, and I, I, I all right I, I kind of understand actually why Simone has done it this way where exactly uh, the world of Conan Hyperborea is in relation to the Amazon world is never fully explained I think probably that's quite a wise move. For that matter, uh, the portal that that brings the Amazons to uh, to Hyperborea and allows them to escape, or allows them to go back, I should say, that's not explained either. However, the, the, there is this there is this kind of urgency now that oh, the portal's closing. We need to go. Blah blah blah. That's never properly set up, and it is it is a little it's a little bit of a niggle, uh, to be honest with you. But I, I'm. I'm inclined to let it go. The last, so 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 we Diana embraces Conan. Uh, they go. Conan has his back to them as they as they disappear from view, and he is left with the lasso of truth. So that and that's how it ends. And we're heading into issue six. Wonder Woman is is as far as we know at the moment. Wonder Woman is off the page. Conan is on his own, but he's got Wonder Woman's lasso. What the hell happens next? Who knows? Obviously, it's going to happen in the city of Shamar, but but beyond that, we we don't know. Uh, I gave this issue eight point five out of ten. I loved it. I I just thought th- th- there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that I was expecting uh, you know, the, the 
the story was taking on a certain kind of trajectory it was becoming not not predictable but it was becoming you know you're getting into a groove if you see what i mean with <clears throat> with the conan and diana relationship uh, and the the regular flashbacks and that that was that was kind of nice things were getting comfortable and simone here in this issue just shakes it all up and and makes it sort of genuinely uh, unpredictable and genuinely exciting again and and it not that it was not exciting before but but what i'm saying is is that the injection of the amazons the wounding of the Corvidae, the the revelation that Yana is actually a real person, and particularly that ending, means that that I go into next issue not really having much of a clue what's going to happen next, and that is exactly as it should be. <laughs> so I really like this issue, and look, I, I was talking to uh, or Simon actually contacted me on the Slack chat uh, this week. To point out that Marvel have got the rights back to Conan, and I, I kind of feel a little bit, I feel a little bit conflicted about that. I, I think in some respects, Marvel is Conan's natural home. The, the, the Savage Sword of Conan, the, the Conan comics of the 70s and 80s, that, that was my, they were a key part of my childhood. It was the Conan comics, Conan the Barbarian comics, uh, with John Basima on artwork, um, that that really got me into the character and i i picked up the old sphere paperbacks um that were kind of uh that were popular in the uk at the time um first robert jordan was was uh was one of those i you, you know and 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 it but it was the comics that got me into the character and so so i i kind of i have a soft spot for marvel uh having the the character and i and i hope they do a good job with him having said that if this if this means that we're not going to have a follow-up cross <laughs> crossover to this i'm going to be a bit upset because because i think i think this is a this is a really really good story and i think i think it's a great creative team i think simone has such a good handle on the characters uh lepresti's art is perfect for this series I'm, I'm a yeah. I'd be, I'm a little bit upset that 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 probably means we're not going to get any more crossovers. It's a shame. But anyway, we've got one more issue of this one, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's if you're not reading this already, it's perhaps a little bit late to uh, to jump jump on board. Uh, I mean, if you can find the back issues, I would certainly recommend seeking them out. Um, you may be better waiting for the trade. Um, I think it'll I think it'll read perfectly fine in trade, um, and I think it it'll be very enjoyable. However, you you read it, it it's a very very good series. Eight point five out of ten for me. That's me done for the week. Just the one title, uh, which is which is fine by me. I have no idea what we've got next week. Who knows? Uh, find out and tune in next week, and I will see you then. Uh, if you want to follow me. Although why you would, I'm not entirely sure. But if you do, uh, at Door Jeremy is uh, my handle on Twitter. Um, I also have a website, which you're very welcome to have a look at. It is jddunsani.wordpress.com. Um, it hasn't been updated in a couple of weeks now. Actually, I need to get onto that. But anyway, um, yeah, you can follow me that way. Please drop me a line, leave messages on the reviews, talk to me in the Slack chat. It's all good. 
and I will uh, I will see you next week. Take care, have a good one, and I'll hand you back to the guys. Bye bye. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the point where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Hey, Eric, we're back with the... What the fuck is going on? (laughs) We're back with the mail. It's mail section number four, my friend. We're going to start off with Swanee. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, I got to start off first by saying how excited I am for tomorrow. And that will be tomorrow as we uh, read this. I never thought the Jags would get so far after being 3-13 and last year. My season prediction was 8-8, and so this year was a success no matter what, says you. Because the Eagles were four and twelve, and I predicted them to be six and ten. So there you go. So the Eagles are at pretty much in that same kind of you know space as you are. But yeah, I'm not going to think of it as a success. And it just I I don't know, Eric. If they don't win the Super Bowl, it's just going to kill me again and again. You know they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Why would you get your again fucking and up? again and again? That being they said, I hope and then choke. That being said, I hope they kill the Pats tomorrow. Brady's hand really is hurt. That is true. They said it looked like meatloaf, Eric, as I say, delicious. Delicious. And the defense better be squeezing that thing every time they can. You get in that pile, don't just squeeze. I'm telling you, stomp, do whatever. Uh, I just hope my Jags. Yeah, yeah. I hope I put a little piece of bread on either side and a little, you know, some ketchup, Eric, a little cheese maybe. I had a meatloaf sandwich the other day. It tasted uh, delicious. I think, I hope my Jags and your Eagles, Jim, aren't already screwed by that BS post the NFL already made. Uh, You know what happened? I didn't even tell you this. While I was at lunch on Friday, I'm listening to the radio, and they announced that the NFL has a contest. You can win tickets to the Super Bowl. And Uh in the contest, the picture that they're showing, Case Keenum from the Vikings and Tom Brady from the Patriots. It's fine. Sometimes they'll do things. They put these kids in. Underneath it says, to see the Vikings play the Patriots. That was what the NFL put out on Facebook as up. a contest. It's like, you sons of bitches. But, yeah, maybe that's NFL's maybe, rigged. Maybe, maybe it shows. It seems that, though, it's one of those where you have the obituaries come out earlier and things like that. But maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's a jinx. The jinx is on, Eric. I know that most of America and the world want to see the Jaguars versus the Eagles. <laughs> Nobody does, Eric, except uh, us and Swanee. Eric, after finally watching the remake of It, I got to say I was hugely disappointed. The characters were bad. Outside of the main kid, the girl, and the fat kid, I was really hoping Pennywise would kill everyone else in that movie. I did, though, finally get to listen to the Cellar Dweller and got to say I really liked it. I have to tell Vermillionaire, he did a great job. Awesome. (laughs) Where's my rim shot? God darn it. Oh, it's the yeehaw, Eric. I didn't mean to hit that. I meant that. Oh, no. What's going on? Oh, no, Eric. 
What the fuck was that last one? <laughs> What's that, Eric? Uh, What's going on? Oh, my goodness gracious. And all is right in the world, Eric. We're, we're right. back on track. Uh, yeah, I watched Let's it, too. Let's get back to this good stuff about the cellar dweller, huh? I watched it, too. I don't re- even remember who they're talking about. Who is the cellar dweller fella? I don't remember Gosh. anything of the sort. Oh, he's a, he's a gem, then. Okay. Yeah. I watched, I saw it as well. Me and you talked about it. I never saw the original or read the right. book, so I didn't have a lot of perspective of, you know, better or worse. Uh, but I did tell Wrong Turn that he probably wouldn't like uh, it as much because you know what he likes, Eric. The I like clown. the killing. He likes the killing. Yeah. He likes the clown. I told him there is a lot more of a Goonies feel. Which or he maybe, doesn't know. Or maybe Monster Squad, Eric, if you will, uh, than actually a horror movie as he likes it. He needs things to be – Motherfucker went full bore too, like, oh, man, I love it. He's never seen the original or the new one. I love it. Doesn't even know it's called Pennywise. It's just it. It. Love it. I I ordered a phone case with it on it. It's just that easy. He had that for a goddamn week, and he he was told by his brother-in-law that, yeah, you probably won't like it. After months of me telling him this, he he got rid of the phone case. Pistol shrimp? Pistol shrimp? I said to him, when I saw it, I went in. I said right away while I was watching it, no way he's going to like this. It, no. it is too character heavy for Tell him. him he can't do it again. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, that's all he watches. Anytime yeah. he says he's watched a movie, it's either a TV show or a trailer. As for the books, I got to say, I really like Doomsday Clock, too. I'm not huge on comedian being alive, but yeah. we'll see what that is all about. Yes, we will, Eric. Yes, we'll we see. will. Next week, Super Sons of Tomorrow, which for Swanee is two months from now. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. he usually is behind. He's a busy fellow. Super Sons of Tomorrow Part 4 was great. And I'm really looking forward to the epilogue, the ending of Green. It's almost like when you read Swanee's mail, you're involved time in a traveling. time travel. Isn't it? Like, we know what's going on. I want to tell him that the Jaguars do beat the Patriots 27-24, Eric. But I'm not going to tell him that. But we don't live in a fantasy land, so I'm we can't tell him that. Tell him that, 27-24 Jaguars. The ending of Green Arrow 36. Holy shit, did not see that coming. I can't remember what it was. No <laughs> I think I also might be enjoying Justice League and Nightwing more than you guys. Okay. I'm interested in the Judge character. So am I. And I'm Just really feeling about him. I'm really feeling for this shark man fella and his sick Stop dad. You. Yeah, Guppy's great. I, I do like Guppy. Guppy is pretty much this book's kite man, unfortunately. I hate him so much. Um, yeah, you don't like him. Yeah, I like shark him, but I don't like him. <laughs> really? Not on my watch. Shark, shark people shouldn't get married. Not on my watch, Eric. Right. Uh, with me, I need more of the judge. And again, I think that it's maybe mom. I think Swanee is one issue behind, probably, if I'm right. Possibly, maybe two or whatever. I want to know more about the judge myself. Yeah. And yeah, where is Guppy's mom? She left, Eric. She she went back to the I don't know the tide. The pool. aquarium. The aquarium. I, I don't know. I was trying to find think of some clever sort of aquatic uh, deal to say, and I couldn't. Uh, she went back to school. How about that? That's pretty good, right? <laughs> she went back to, bum, 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 to school. Eric. She's she's a fish, Eric. To school. Is she you a get fish? It? You get that? I don't, I don't know. know. I we never saw woman. her. Nah, she's a fish. She She's actually a starfish. You didn't know that? I can't think of my $25 pull list at the moment, but I can tell you one book that would be that would sure surely make it. Gotham City Garage. 
He is really tooting that horn. Do we have that? I think I heard uh, the other day uh, when Swanee was talking about this, Eric. There you go. He does like it. And the the one issue. The one issue. He was tooting his slide whistle. The the one issue that me and Brandon actually did review on the Mm -hmm. Patreon, I did like it. I really did. It was just the first one, obviously. I think it was actually the first digital deal, so it was only like 10 pages. But it was a pretty cool deal, pretty cool setup. This is easily one of the best books going on right now, and you guys are missing out. With all the crappy books going on right now, you guys should check this series out. And I know this, Anthony's been yelling at us that we should be doing the Injustice book as well. Unfortunately, uh, like Eric in his dating days, he has to have some sort of cutoff. I mean, with Eric Shea, he, he had all the ladies at the tip of his fingertips. Uh, he had to make some sort of cutoff, usually meaning yes. uh, ones with intelligence. They they got pushed aside. He knew that wasn't going to work out. Read that. the actual issues instead of the digital chapters. It's nice to finally have a Supergirl that is fun to read and a Barbara Gordon who isn't a mongoloid. Oh, I, actually, he's saying this, and I'm thinking he's now gone on to other books. I'm like, when the hell did this happen? But, yeah, he's saying <laughs> in the Gotham City Garage. I'm not, I'm not a very good guy in a garage, Eric. A garage. A fancy car. <laughs> fancy garage. Ooh la la. The first arc ended amazingly, and it just got. I just got issue seven in the mail. As always, thanks for everything you do, and have a great week. P.S. Jim, my dad is a Vikings fan, so I'm cheering for the Vikings. God darn it. Now, you know, but maybe I won't be as surprised if the Eagles win and would cheer for them next week against the Pats if the Jags lose. And that that's like two weeks, but that, that's okay. That's splitting hairs, Eric. I'm just mad now of all these Viking fans coming out of the woodwork. I, I know two Vikings fans in my own personal life, one being that lady upstairs, Tanya. I mean, not oh, the you? other lady, not the other lady upstairs. Your mistress? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanya is a, a Vikings fan, and she is because she likes the color purple. That's it, and not not the book, Eric, Everybody's or the movie. It's not that she's not a big fan of that movie or book. Actually, I think she is, Weird. but she loves purple. Uh, and the year she was working, and she ended up in the uh, her work pool. She ended up just somehow. It was like you just had to pick one team each week. It was it was this stupidest poll thing I've ever heard of. That it wasn't like pick every game, and it wasn't an elimination poll. It was just each week pick a team. She picked the Vikings every game. That was the year they went fifteen and one with Randall Cunningham. So she thinks she you know magical. Got a uh, soothsayer over there. Yeah, soothsayer. All right. Uh, but yeah, I want the Vikings to lose. I double A run that, and it's funny. I'll tell you double A run. The, want only, the Vikings to lose. The only reason that I will end up afterwards, if the Eagles lose, I'll be very upset. But at least I will kind of say, well, at least Aaron likes the Vikings, so he can go on with them. But yeah, go go Eagles there. Fly Eagles, flyer. The last email of the night. Uh, comes from one of your favorites. I have to get a soundbite ready for this, Eric. This is John Howdy, Wayne. Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. John. And John Wayne says, I'm looking now. I lost my place. What the hell happened? I have one last mail, and I lost my place. John says, to Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Holy Pilgrims of the Get Fresh Crew, beep, boop. Boop, boop. I think Tom King may need a few stitches after the shellacking he took for Batman 39. Wait, 
Yeah, he might have snitched. Even if his loyalists couldn't take it, everyone was very mature in their responses. And I think that was critical in King hearing us through the haze of praise he's been getting. Obviously, John did not see some of the fights I got in. He did not follow that very closely. (laughs) He did not follow some of the things that I got involved with, which ended up chasing people around with different profiles because they kept blocking me. Uh, But not, not on my part. I don't think that I was that crazy. Oh, no. Things got personal, you know, as they do, Eric. And legitimately, if these guys, all of them, and I I hope they're listening, and I will tell them right up, if they want to come find me and we want to settle it, uh, we will. They can do that. They can come to my house and we'll we'll duke it out. If they win, I'll I'll post pictures that they kicked my ass, which they may. I don't know. I don't know. As I've said before, I don't mind him as much as some, and he's generally pretty nice on Twitter. However, I'm a Ph.D. candidate, so plagiarism is an issue that hit close to home. Well, fancy feller, if I were to write a single sentence or even allude to an idea without properly citing it, intentional or not, and this is something he told me, and this is something that really is true, it doesn't matter if the intention is there. It doesn't matter if you weren't aware. That, that's not the issue. If you plagiarize, you plagiarize. It's, it's pretty bl- black and white. There's no gray. You, you can, because obviously, if I plagiarized anything, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Eh, it doesn't matter. You're weeded out. You have to be very aware of stuff like this. You and can't I know, fucking plead stupidity I know the it. comic book world is different. I know that things are recycled. I know in pop culture, me and Eric sit there all the time. I make jokes with Eric where I pretty much say, do you think if I made, uh, podcast A that is pretty much ripping off something from the 80s. Do you think anybody would know? And Eric says no. So no. I'm like, okay. That's, Doesn't that's. make it right though, Jim. And then I say, all right, I'll call that one Jim has issues with his wife. <laughs> no, I have a – I'm Eric knows. I have like seven podcasts that I say are complete ripoffs of old radio shows and things like that. I never do them because they are ripoffs, but it makes me laugh thinking about them. But, but he says intentional – intentionally or not pulled from action comics store elsewhere that's the other thing he says i didn't take anything from that action comics what i did was take it from the store like that that's not a proper answer or anywhere else would be considered plagiarism in an academic setting probably most professional settings in general yet who really thinks king will get reprimanded by dc nobody he will not it was big for him to apologize though my namesake would say that makes him weak Eric, John Wayne would say that. And I thought it was funny how after King tweeted his mea culpa, everyone on Twitter thought he was apologizing for having Bruce kiss Diana. So I said, he didn't really apologize. He apologized in a very cryptic way that pushed people towards that ending. And that was the least problem with that whole deal. What would Selena and Steve think? Laughing my ass off. And yeah, the people were going that. Now, I will also say that all of this goes into where... I say, Eric, all the time, there isn't really a, you know, comics journalism. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. we're part of that, Eric. That's nonsense. Look so, at us. There, yeah, look at, look at us fancy guys up here with my with my bow tie on, straighten it up now. Uh, there isn't really a hard-hitting, uh, you know, comics Have journalism anymore. Pass, it's, it's all of us guys and a lot of people listening and whatnot. So there isn't really, like, nobody's chasing the truth. 
Nobody oh. is getting the crumbs because there really isn't that going no, on. That, the there, where is, is there, Jim. yeah? Where is the Washington Post or you know the New York Times? No, they don't care about this nonsense. The weird US, Science Examiner. USA Today, I thought maybe could get towards that, but yeah, what what is it going to do? And I, I even said uh, to Hussein, it's it doesn't even seem worth it because what the he sits cool there gazette. is he has there, but just. Where John Wayne is stressing this in the academic setting, it's true. But it's also true in music. And it's also true, I'm telling you. I I don't know about you, Eric, but I thought that Vanilla Ice got in a little bit of trouble for stealing that thing from Under Pressure, you know, by Queen and David Bowie. But he did do... He had the... He's got that completely different. But this was, you know, this brought him down. That empire that was Vanilla Ice crumbled down. The Ice... But Melted. lately, it does seem, and, and again, this is where's my soapbox, Eric? Is it still here? I don't think it ever leaves. My whole deal is you need to have to help you get up on that chair. That is, well, to get up the top cupboard. The uh, <laughs> the people that talk to Tom King and a lot of things that go on with this, where I see like, hey, Tom King, I don't care if you plagiarize, you're my writer, or oh, don't listen to those assholes. I like your story better, or whatever. This, in my mind, it does connect with the whole deal of like everybody gets an award nowadays and all this sort of thing where nobody ever gets called on anything. Nobody ever gets told that they're idiots or like Until my dad would do or your dad. about superheroes helping cancer kids and bad Yeah, then, then you have Eric Shea. He's a piece of shit. But it, it, it's just – it goes down to this comic journalism where everybody just eats this stuff up because nobody can say anything bad. And it goes with your, your review of Superman this week. Uh, you are a piece of crap, Eric, but uh-huh. you're a uh-huh. piece of crap not because of that. You're, no. you, you know, you're going to review an issue, but everybody else, oh, I can't say anything bad about this. There's, you know, cancer patients and things like that and whatever. That's what we have nowadays. And this is why this has been bothering me for quite some time. Thank you, John, for throwing me off this goddamn fucking thing. But that's why at the beginning of that spotlight this week that I did say, hey, guys, I just want you to know we're a, a review podcast. We're not a fan podcast because, unfortunately, there are a lot of fan sites fan review sites that want to love these people and have them love them back. I don't care. Neither does Eric. Me and Eric have no friends. But you know what we have, Eric? Each other. We have each other, Eric. (laughs) We don't have our integrity, I I was going to say. We have each other. But yeah, I just it, it just gets me upset. And the thing that upset me the most of all of this isn't what happened or that I didn't like that issue. It was actually seeing legitimate people and, and saying, I don't care if you plagiarize this. I liked it. That's Something's up. wrong. Something is very, very wrong in this world nowadays, and it has to stop. It really does. You, you can't say shit like that. It's just it, – it's ridiculous, but – there you go. And again, this all goes – it's something like – is it the past five years maybe? Maybe even less? 10. But to me, it's also, hey, you know what I don't like, Eric? I didn't like uh, The Last Jedi. And because I don't like that, then I'm a Boo! piece of shit and hate all of Star Wars. Boo this man. I don't understand. You're I don't understand. Star Wars Club now, I'm the kid. one who's supposed to hate people. They're not supposed to hate me. I know I'm not America's sweetheart. Right. Who is anymore after that Not Superman me. review? 
But no, I just – Go back it, it and really, redo that intro. I got to take that re- out of there. It really, really bothers me when I saw that stuff. Like, oh, I don't care. And then people messaging me. And I'm, this is the fights where this guy – this one guy's a composer, and, you know, quote, unquote. And he says to me you – know, I said, I thought that you would – I says. I said, I, I says to him, yo – I I thought you would care about something like this. You're you know, and you, well, you know, you get this whole argument. There's only mean, six dude? stories Headbox ever told. Stolen. There's six stories. Well, then fucking, why don't we just give up? You know what I mean? Dun, dun, I don't. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, VIP, kick it. That's uh, I uh. love that. I'm telling you, I, I was dancing to that Vanilla Ice when it came out. I heard his name was Van Stop. fucking Winkle. <laughs> Recognizing Whistler. Oh, God damn it, that guy. He had all that fucking University of Miami gear on. Looked cool to me. Dancing up. The guy could dance. Oh, goodness. Had those fucking shaved lines in the side of his head. God damn it. A gem, Eric. Moving on. This was a pretty weak round of books. They came out weekly, Eric. But Damage was solid, even with the obvious Hulk parallels. I uh, really liked how it slid into continuity with Task Force XI, Eric. What do you have to say about that? I already X- said everything I, I need to say about it's that. It's XL. It is a little different. But anyways, I've been reading the all the back issues. The suicide it's the heavy, squad. And this is XL. something that Robert Van Dewey had to come out and say because people were a bit confused. It is a different Suicide Squad. So was I uh, until I saw him come out and say that. XL. Anyways, I've been reading all the back issues Bad of Aquaman letter. lately and just caught up within the last month. So I'm pretty fresh in the story and didn't mind this issue. That said, Reggie is spot on. This whole story with the crown of thorns has dragged on for way too long, and in general, the pacing is off. Seriously, when Rebirth came out, who thought we'd get a bats and cats wedding before Arthur and Mara? Did you? Did you, Eric? I, I really didn't think about it at all. I, I, for some reason, never thought Aquaman and Mara getting married was ever going to be a thing that happens, even though they they did have that in the Rebirth we number we don't one. Have the marriage, yeah. like you know, like uh. We, we haven't, like, disavowed that you, this can happen in comics now, but I never expected it. Yeah, Super Sons, though. While we may have had higher hopes for this arc while it started, uh, the final issue did the best it possibly could to redeem it. I think the ultimate flaw of the whole event was that it was only five issues. Why couldn't it have started in the Super Sons annual in, a place, in place of the Super Pets? Fuck people, yeah. People love that, Eric. That was another people one. People love stupid shit. That was all, and also that 4th of July road trip. It seems like only the people that are in the Get Fresh crew beat boobs boop, all boop. through that nonsense. That was only a week or two before the crossover started. Or why not use this week's Superman issue instead of the one shot? It they was were going to. to. It was supposed to. Story just needed another issue to flesh out Savior, because in the end, we're all just left shrugging our shoulders at his and significance. Waiting for Savior's return. And waiting for your burrito. In the end, it became clear the whole event was really to get Damien and John to realize they're destined to be best friends. That was fine for me. I did like that. That's cute. It wasn't enough, but it was okay. Given we've all complained about how their relationship never really evolved. And that's the problem is we say that, and I agree. I think that the best thing coming out of this is them being best friends now or at least friends, whatever. That's all we get out of this. Is that good or is that just really showing the major flaw that was the whole Super Sons you know, book so far. So it, it is really, it is fixing a flaw instead of really getting praise 
for it being something great, though I, I do like it going forward, so I don't know what I'm saying. But did we really need an event to see that? I love this book since it came out and still do, but I'm always waiting for a little more, and I really hope we get that in year two. Uh, the, a lot of books are like that. Titans, uh, you could say that. Green, uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. There's a lot of books that every time I read Aquaman, like you said, where I read it, I just – at the end, I'm like – Boy, we didn't really get much again. And then it's, it starts to really grate on you to the point. And I, I don't know, it, am I right saying that you think the same am way? I right? that, am I right here? That as this goes on, say a Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, say an Aquaman, we don't get angry. Titans. We, uh, Titans. We don't get angry. You just stop caring about the book. And I oh, think yeah, you just, you don't care. Uh, and that might be worse. Still hoping Second we get first, my... same as the first. Yeah, All really. Right, here we go. I'm Henry. Still hoping we get my young rogues gallery idea at some point. But do you guys have any ideas on how Tomasi Gleason can spice up the book? Uh, I would just say go with that whole idea that they can get these side missions from the Justice League, and I think that's fine. I I would go right now. I would almost go with the Monster of the Month Club and go that sort of route for a little and just have some fun. I, I would like that. But we know uh, coming up we have Bizarro, Superboy, and stuff like that. So we'll Which see does seem like fun. Yeah, that seems like fun. As a side note, I'm not looking forward to Ben Percy tying up the loose ends in the Teen Titans book. Teen Titans is the same way. I just don't care about it anymore. Uh, $5 says it's a generic one-shot where the team solves a murder mystery and is stronger than ever by the end. Yeah, he's saying about the loose ends of them like, hey, we got to get along or whatever. I say it's a page at the beginning you know what i'm glad we're friends now i'm kind of thinking it's not a good you know mention at all yeah it may not alas we all just want better books from dc and i'm right with you guys uh right with you guys new creative teams are badly needed on some of the books we need something to change it up we need some spice we need something right. that's too spicy for the pepper Eric. things just feel stale trevitt shared some marvel books with me and i after doing some investigating on my own oh that trevitt it seems like dc is hesitant to hire young inexperienced writers uh and it's funny he says that. hiring old and experienced writers. well he says that the the problem with me is you just the dc right now is pretty except the the one shot not the one shots the uh the miniseries and stuff the regular books though are so just locked in the place then who are you going to hire? I mean, everything is, is locked in and, and very much like the, the regular line is not taking a lot of chances. You have your main things and going. So I, I do need something more. I, I really do. Look no further than the new age of DC books, all familiar names, no one I haven't heard of. Where else Marvel has some up-and-comers, which inevitably leads to new and fresher stories. Uh, I'm telling you, too, while Trevor, his ears will be burning when I say this, they got their own problems. Uh, the whole comic <laughs> industry in a whole has these problems. Uh, I think that one of the things that you uh, have to compete against with the DC and saying that they only have these guys they know, one one of the main things with DC right now and since Rebirth is hitting deadlines, making sure that things aren't delayed. So they're going to tend to go with guys that they have already worked with, that they've had experience with. And then still, after all that, have Jim Lee on things, Eric, which I can't explain. <laughs> but I really think that DC is really, since Rebirth, of all this stuff of twice a month books and things, they really are trying to play it safe. 
the the mini series and things are where it seems like they're going to make some you know some things and make some take some chances where I think that though Dancing Mike doesn't like it that White Knight book is selling so well that I do think that we're going to continue with that you know six well, I imagine issue volume stuff two volume three of that coming well even out, that I just out. think in general where they're sitting there well we can put all of this effort into a new series. Or we can do something like White Knight and do a six-issue thing. If it doesn't work out, it's done. And then we move on. I think that that is where the future is lying with them. And also, I hate to say it, the big sellers, if you look at the sales, are big events and the tie-ins to those big events. Those Dark Knights books sold like – they sold like uh, freaking chairs, Eric, like wooden chairs they did, like the flapjacks. But yeah, I think that uh, the the whole deal, they're not going to be going that inexperienced route really. And it is a shame, but sometimes that's not the way to go either. But I'm still a DC fanboy at heart. But reading some Marvel makes me realize DC needs some of their rivals' risk-taking prowess in selecting creative teams teams i just i just think that you need some new i mean not even new blood you just need new creative teams on things and they're just not everything is stale right now uh even like we were talking green arrow it's another book that just seems to be you know jogging in place like eric shea when he's trying to work out it doesn't work out at the end he you give up that's what eric so much Thanks for all your time and your hard work. It I got a bag of assorted candy out in the living room. I can't wait to get back to. Really? What type of assorted candy do you have? I'm going to give you my ratings of each of them. What it go? Give it to me. Reese's peanut butter cup. Reese's peanut butter cup. Classic, but yet I'd still give that a seven out of ten. Not my favorite, but it is classic. I I do have to recognize the classic. Okay, what's next? Hershey milk uh, milk chocolate bar. Hershey milk chocolate bar. Now that's a classic of classics. Uh, three out of ten. That's yeah, nonsense, right old, there. If, if you want to talk about what we're talking about, these DC books that John's complaining about, they are the Hershey's bar of the books. They have the classic characters, and they are not very fancy or exciting. What's that? Kit Kat. Who? See, and all these are all classics. I do like myself a Kit Kat. Can I tell you that if I eat a Kit Kat like a corn on the cob and bite the, uh, that makes it better? Yeah, I'd give that an no, eight out of monster. ten. Uh, and also, I would freeze that bitch. But yeah, 8 out of 10. What's next? Almond Joy. That is a 1 out of 10 and one of my least favorite candy bars The thing bars is, they don't time. sell the fucking fun-size Mounds yeah, bars. So Mounds, they always just package the Almond Mounds Joys out Mounds is, is one of my favorites of Might all time. Well. And how much I love Mounds, I hate Almond Joy eight times more. And if you hand me an Almond Joy, you better get ready to get your throat sliced because that's coming next. I cannot stand it. Though I will tell you, it is probably the perfect candy for a fun size because you have that little deal. You have the one one little little almond on it. It's perfect, Eric. I hate it. I hate them. I will never in my life eat another Almond Joy. I told you that the one day, and you said, what happened if they were free in the break room? Nope, I'm not doing it. I hate it. I love dark chocolate with the coconut. It's perfect. That is a perfection. Why fuck around with the milk chocolate and that almond? It it just shows you. The milk chocolate and the, the... Coconut. That's coconut, not yeah. enough. It's not enough to beat the mounds. You got to start trying to fucking, you know, smoke and mirrors with this almond. Milk Who needs that? And almond. I don't need that. I don't need an almond. What am I? Freaking, you know, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Who likes almonds? Johnny Almond? Almond what, what am I? Fucking the Duke of Wellington over here with that almond? I don't need that. <laughs> I, I, that I would sit all there in the assorted candy bag. I though. would sit there there with the almond joy. What am I? Am I goddamn study smoking in my my fucking smoking chair and jacket? I don't need that. 
paging through possibly the Canterbury Tales? Is that possible, Eric? That's not me. Ah, oh, yes, and now I just, I, I say this, I just hit off of John Wayne's mail. Uh, that was just about to end. Anyway, so give me a second, Eric, see what happens. I start talking to the Duke of Wellington. What do you, what do you think? I'm going to put steak sauce on my steak? Who do you yes. think I am, Eric? What am I? Am I I'm somebody who's eating a, sauce? am I eating a steak dinner for lunch? Who the hell does God that, Eric? Damn, am I? That was a. <laughs> I had a steak dinner for lunch today. I was the fanciest fellow in the world. Yeah, Mr. I had a blue Fancy. onion. I'm telling you, if you're doing that, you better have suspenders and keep fucking going with them. With your suspenders, you know, fancy. I don't think I've ever felt more fancier to sit in that Outback Steakhouse. <sighs> yeah, but like, yeah. well, I'll tell you, Jess and I are wondering what we're going to do for lunch. We had a gift certificate card to a bunch of different places. Yeah. Outback happened to be one of them. I haven't been there in years. I She's haven't. Like, well, we just go there then. I'm like, but Jessica, they sell steak dinners there. It's only lunchtime. <laughs> what are we to dinners. do? She's like, just order the steak. Can we? What? At lunch? Steak dinner for Are we lunch? Beyond our means, Jessica. The one day our boss, the old guy boss, like the main guy, uh, was talking to me and Eric, and he's like sitting there, and we're doing our work or something, and something comes up, and he goes, "Huh, that's why I pay you like you do. You can't afford no filet mignon like me." <laughs> and he walked away. Eric was so furious. I'm telling you, anytime I see steak, I think about it, and I think of how furious. I saw it today because I saw the filet yeah. mignon on there, and you know oh, what? Yeah. Not for me. You're like, no, I know, I know. I actually don't prefer a filet mignon. I am a, I am a man of the people. I am a salt of the earth type of guy, Eric. I prefer I don't a ribeye. Care what anybody tells you size does matter. I like ribeye. That's what I like. I, I, I could go T-bone, but you know, again, I like a sirloin as well. What am I? What am I, a fancy fella? I don't like a New York strip steak. It, it doesn't have enough marbling in it, Eric. I, Tanya, she's a New York strip steak fan. Not into that. I need fat, Eric. That's what I need, and I like a ribeye. I really do. Uh, and that's what I had today, the 10-ounce yeah. ribeye. Yeah, that's what I like. That's that's me, 10-ounce ribeye, a baked potato, yep. and possibly a blooming onion if you're there. A blooming onion and a bowl, yes. or no, it was actually a cup of New England clam chowder. Okay. I, I Did they have French onion soup there? They did not. Did they? Okay. Well, there you go. That's what I would take. That That's a that's a, a meal. Maybe some hobo chili on the side. That's all I had today. I'm telling you, that was my one meal of the day. I am fucking satisfied for the rest. I had... I'm actually I a little had, hungry right now. Oh, actually, I had Walmart sushi, Eric, for lunch. That's I'm actually I a little had. angry because Jess yeah. had a bunch of leftovers, as she always does. And while we've been recording, she ate them like, God, really? bitch, I wanted those. Did you go in and go, hello, love? I'm on a walkabout right now. Did you do that? Did you say, hello, it's me and Bindi the Jungle Girl here? Is that what now you that's said? a knife. Yeah, I Did you think of that? Seriously, with the I knife did. there, I, I did I too. The last time I was there, I went to the bathroom and it's labeled blokes. I'm like, really? Oh, oh blokes! Was it? Did, did you? Would blokes you ever go? Sheila's. Would you ever go to the Outback Steakhouse and get the knife and throw it under your table and then say, "Excuse me, uh, I didn't have a knife with my setting," and then she comes back, "Here's your knife," and then you could use the line. You ever think of that? That'd be no. awesome, wouldn't it? Do you I think that they get it? Steakhouse in years. Do you think they get it? No, I think She's like, here's your knife, sir. Here's your knife, sir. Uh, that's not a knife. And then you pull out a big Bowie knife. It's a knife. Then you're arrested. No, you don't have to yeah. pull out the knife. Just go, that's not a knife. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then just say it's a spoon. Then they just think you're insane. Like, oh, this I've guy's special. Like, <laughs> are we going to play spoonsies and knivesies here? Thanks for your time and all your hard work. It is excellent per usual. 
love getting to know and share less with everyone in the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. So do I. That is actually, of all the things that yes. I am happy about, this podcast and our website and all of that, the thing that I am most happy about probably is becoming good friends with Eric Shea and also meeting the Get Fresh crew, Eric. Beep, boop. Not in that order, though. And looking not. forward to more shenanigans this week. Much love to you, Pilgrims. John Wayne. Howdy, Pilgrim. And that is the end of the mails for the night. I am sorry that I went off the rails as usual, got angry. I just imagine Eric rolling his eyes so much that they hurt right now every I time play that I get upset. I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, of course about. you do. You know why? Because I have passion, Eric. That's it. I'm a man, Eric. That's I've been right. I've for years. I'm not you're there me. preparing for your boys' toys podcast, possibly boys with one toys. of the best theme songs that will ever be heard by anybody. That's all I have I'm to say. I'm telling you, so, as soon as you help me out with that intro, it is done and done. It's, it's funny because you told me that we would talk about having the uh, pop culture podcast back after you get you feel better. You've been yeah, sick yeah. for a while like I have. And the Boys Toys podcast is very hinged on me being able to sing a theme song, which there I is. can't because I'm sick. So both of these things, once me and Eric are on the mend, you know, us blokes – Eric, I think that people will be happy with a couple new podcasts on Patreon. So. That is a little bit. So, yeah, I hope so as well. And maybe somehow you can dig up that cellar dweller. Uh, I hear that he does good things. I Eric, hear he's doing something about Day of the Dead. I don't know if I've heard that. I heard that. Uh, not only did I hear that, I said that on my – the cellar dweller continuously makes me look like a fool and a liar <laughs> every week because every time I have one of these podcasts that I do by myself, I sit there at the end and say hey you know what i hear rumblings this you know the day of the dead nonsense and things like that and never comes to be so basically i'm the i'm the guy who cries cellar dweller anymore i told you i've given up i've given up i don't know if the cellar dweller is going to come through or not in the long run but there's that other guy who's going to be doing the tales from the stranger possibly the stranger a very odd an awkward name for a podcast, Eric. No, Tales he's get, from a Stranger. Well, I, I have a couple of Tales from the Stranger as well. Uh, they always end in, in the same way, Eric, and it's not me going, I'll tell you. Uh, but yes, Coming? that is the end of the – oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You idiot. But yes, we're going to go back to some books and finish up the podcast. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. All right, and that means we are not only back, but we have at least one green book in this section. Which uh, has fallen down to the final section. Yeah, now, is that because uh, of quality that, or amount of books, Jim? I have no yeah, idea. I don't know, but the, this this is hardly a green section uh, <laughs> tonight. There is not much to say about that, uh, you know, except Reggie. That's what I say, Reggie. Uh, because yeah, there's there's only one green book really. I guess we could have tried to kind of finesse it in with the Superman. I uh, like the Justice idea of this, this book going down to the final section because the final section is for the lackluster books. That is true, and it belongs there. Let's get right to it. Tell me what we're talking about. 
Green Light is number 39, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Ronan Kukak, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. Our arc comes to an end with the Green Lanterns taking on the alien-fueled Liseth Vak, and the day is saved by Simon pulling another new power out of his ass that we never talk about, where he takes his emerald cure away from Liseth, which may or not may not purge her of her alien powers. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, with this whole way that he does this, it almost, to me, makes it seem like they're trying to make it that when he cured her and maybe even his uh, brother-in-law. He shared the light. That it's the it's almost like a construct in there. It really yeah. looked like it, and it's nonsense. That I think he stole her soul. I think he's a goddamn witch doctor. He is. He is a witch doctor. He may have. I, I don't know what sort of planet that is, but maybe he pretended he took her picture, and that stole her oh my soul. God. <laughs> even though she calls Earth a backwater planet, so I don't think that they're running that way. But this issue... It's just a lot of nonsense. It really is. There, there's not a lot to it. It continue. It just pretty much pounds the same message the the whole time. As and decides we go. to get fucking Batgirl from Burnside, like early days Batgirl yeah. Burnside, fucking ridiculous with the amount of fucking talk about yeah, you know click like bait uh, clickbait, yeah. all the all the terminology, selfies, and all this other shit. This the whole thing about being in the media and like the presence you have online. Yeah. It's really pushing this just because Liz, Seth was, you know, introduced yeah. to us as the pop singer as of the Lungara. Pop, we said she was the Britney Spears yeah. of Lungara. Here, they rightly uh, correct that and say that, I, I forget, we'll get to it. I forget who they say she is. Uh, it's, uh, oh goodness gracious, it was who was dating Justin Bieber for a while. We'll, we'll get to it. But they, they, I thought that Eric Shea did not even listen or know what the name was that they Huh. Well, that was his we'll, name, huh? I will tell you. I will tell you. That wasn't some there. alien nonsense? No, no, it was over? not. It was not. Uh, as they go, though, she has gone off. She has obviously used that engine to give herself the purge engine, a 800 the surge million engine, different uh, abilities, which just keep blinking on and off and, you know, whatever she wants to do, but just becomes more and more of a monstrosity well, that's the as thing it is, goes on. We had on. the surge engine that gave her the powers, and for some reason, as this issue and progresses... And it was Selena Gomez, Eric. I just remembered. Uh, I'm actually Gomez. I'm desperately trying to page through, and then it just popped in my mind. Selena Gomez. Right, but so. no, this, these alien powers just start manifesting. Yes, I, I can understand. You know, you have all these alien powers. You want to use them. She just becomes more and more a monster to the point where I just don't think that yeah. like it's exactly what she wanted to be. No, she no, it kind of it kind of loses. Yeah, that's the thing. It kind of loses its kind of thing, and it doesn't even go full out of the look. You become a monster because the actual story is supposed to be telling you that the refugees, uh, you know, being the Molites, the and, Molite, yeah. and the rest of the universe, everybody should get along. So you can't yell and scream and say like you can't have somebody go, "Oh my God, look at that." Man monstrosity because she's just taking the powers of other aliens i just the whole thing of hey listen uh I don't like aliens. We want to be separatists. We want to build a wall around whatever you want to go. And then she just gets monstrosity powers. Just, even that, it goes against the whole thing. Not even the yeah. separatist thing. Like, we are a proud people. Let's take our pride back. Go out into the universe and kill everyone and take what we want. I'm like, yeah, yeah. shit has gone fucking dark. And then basically, it's so like, funny, I can too. understand, like, out of nowhere, from where you go, yeah, I don't want any dirty molites on my planet either. Yeah. But and, I'm not a, like, it doesn't no, yeah. my mind to go across the universe and kill everybody. No, and killing them, but also... Also, they she also Lissethvok also my tries to yeah. wear it on their chest. I don't need yeah, that. Yeah, really. Shit on my that's what, you don't need that. And she starts yelling uh, right. like, "Hey, you know, Abin Sir, we're supposed to think he's a great guy, but he went and saved the Earth with this ring, and it went to a freaking backwater Earther and things like that." Well, 
it's funny because later on then she says, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to grind your ring because I don't want it to go anywhere else. The problem is, number one, it would probably go to uh, an Angaran because they're there, number one. <laughs> but go to number Earth two, they always fucking I'm do. telling you, though, the thing, though, is she spelled out as if – Abin Sir wanted it was such a weird thing like an an earth an earther got it as if like that was the deal but now she ties it back that the ring would just it it just it doesn't jive everything that goes on in this issue does not jive and basically turns into let's fight a monstrosity which at one point she becomes like a a freaking techno alien thing from it's crazy takes her over to the point where I was like. How did she come back from this? I'll tell you, when Simon yeah. stole her soul, yeah. all of a sudden, like, she's back to normal. Like, so are the alien powers gone? Is she no longer a threat? And, what are you and that's giving the me here, thing Tim is, Seeley? you never really get Tim Sealing, never goes with a full out, like, oh my God, you know, Lissit Vok, you thought you were doing the right thing, but oh my God, you're being taken over. They just keep pounding their her, and their mom's yelling, you dishonor me, and her mech smashes her head into the ground. Like, there's never really a, a thing, but in the end, the mom's just just like, you know what? I'm going to do my duty and, and watch over. I'm like, what is this? The whole issue is just nonsense. Her whole thing with Sabag as she's going, oh, I want this to all be the, the revolution will be televised. And she's, you know, throwing people around and things like that. But it is just over. It's just padded fight and yelling about how the universe sucks and we don't want this in the meantime the only good thing i like which some people would probably think it's heavy-handed is the poor maulites are there and, and they are getting killed there's you know they're being destroyed and things and i do like the the pod leader who's like basically like the pod father who's like okay all you get you it looks like he's gathering them and they're going to die this time. And he's not going to try to, you know, that whole thing where he said maybe we should have died. And then they're saved anyway by the Ungarans who come and help them and save them. I'm like, okay, that was that was okay. I don't mind that. But really, I, I'm paging through this. And we like to try to explain everything that goes well, on in the an issue. I'm trying to talk boy. about here is the whole idea with one of the alien powers that Lizeth Vok has is, you know, telepathy, where she's able to go inside yeah. Simon's mind and remind him about all the things that he fears. Yeah. So he's overwhelmed to the point. I'm like, it's, it's actually really bothered me that they have this. Remember in the last issue we had that fucking concentrated fucking uh, screams that became yeah. this yeah. ultimate yeah. fear that just yep. put them on their asses. Now we have some – you're like, you were fearful when you went and talked to the Podfather. And remember your origin story when you were put into Guantanamo Bay? Yeah, and that's no! all it is. Yeah, it's basically, remember your origin story in Guantanamo Bay? And, and you thought that you should have remained locked up. Oh, no! And then he, no, no please! Now the count for a while. Yeah, yeah, so he kind of goes down and then you have like, Jessica. What, what is with this? Overcoming fear my ass. You were the worst Green Lanterns. Yeah, uh, worst. And earlier, you have a thing where you have Kurt Cobain hitting her with a guitar. You know, that's supposed to be a wow moment. I didn't like the look of him, and I didn't like that guitar. I'll tell you, Eric. But as we go on, you just have God this pretentious. You, you have this just back and forth nonsense. And like I said, like you're just Selena Gomez, and you know, and then basically it's just a fight. And even the whole idea, this like I was talking about before, with the whole overblown fucking Batgirl Burnside idea, like the whole thing. Like we're on an alien planet. 
but it never feels like an alien planet because, no, you know, because you're talking when, when Lissef Bach is freaking fighting Jessica, your death will just be clickbait. I'm like, really? We're going to say clickbait yeah, really? on an alien planet? We're doing that. That's how it is. And then, yeah, then they're going to fight. Simon comes back into the game because Jessica goes down. He comes up and you. He, this is when he's basically he is going to rip her soul out of her thinner. And uh, when oh, when he's doing this though, she starts singing that stupid Green Lantern song. Then, Warrior of Emberlight, a beacon in the town. I'm like, you are nonsense. And yeah, I want to see. I want to hear a properly done rendition of you the song see, to see how it would be. Warrior of Emberlight. It's nonsense. It's Word. complete and utter nonsense. I hate when they have songs like this in, in an issue. Uh, it's just stupid. But as this goes on, Simon just says, I see your true nature. You don't deserve my green light that I gave you. Uh, the connection is severed, and I'm going to rip it right out of you. And he does. I just he can't wait the, for the next fight him and his brother-in-law get in. He actually – just does Pulls that. that goddamn light out of him. He's in coma. He's in a coma asshole? again. <laughs> How's that? How's that, dickhead? Try to do the dishes in a coma. See yeah, you, you next son fall. of a bitch. <laughs> See you next trip. I don't know why that. Have would... a nice trip. See you next fall. I don't know why he'd say that if he's in a coma. Oh, hey, you want to? Yeah, I just figured he's laying <laughs> See you next trip. Oh, goodness gracious. She's now in a coma. And basically, the Ungarans did help out the Moites. In the end, they all learned that they should love each other and live uh, now, in peace. It, how weird is it, though? The whole thing, too. <laughs> You're making Simon me cry. Saved, Simon saved her life, right? In the first yeah. issue of this arc. Yes. Even, actually, even before the first issue of this arc, because this went back a while ways. Yeah. And we had some stuff in between. And now he steals the life back, which was the life-saving gift that he gave her. Yeah. Why is she in a coma? Why did he just kill that bitch right there? And he's, she's in a coma, and he's an Why? Indian she giver. Was, That's what dying. you get. She I was mean, dying on the he, verge he, of death. He just took back the gift. He's the worst. Uh, but yeah, and she's there. Yeah. And it is funny, too. She's there in a coma, and her mom does seem concerned and at her side. Not once says, you know, can you, can you give her a little bit of that light back, please? I mean, she might die here. And they're just looking. And you end with, you you had a it's thing before. And we, we've had, <laughs> thinner. You had a thing before where Jessica had asked Simon, like, well, what's up your ass? What stick got up your ass there, Simon? And, and nothing, nothing. Now he, he says, listen, uh, I, you it's said I was overcompensating as a lantern because the rest of my life wasn't going the way I wanted. You were right. She's like, no, no, it's okay. You know, we won. He's like, no, no, no. I, I was dating this chick, the night pilot, and she didn't call me back. And then we go, and there's the night, night pilot, pilot now. Say, huh? the, the night pilot is now a slave uh, working on an asteroid. <laughs> With a jackhammer. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And I'm like, That's what we're going to next? Night pilot, the slave, working on a, an, and, an asteroid. For some reason, I'm telling you, I knew this was coming up when we were talking. Completely forgot about the ending, just like, you know, within the so last nonsense. five minutes. So and I was nonsense. about to say to myself, so far, we've had all these, all this shit thrown at us from Tim Seeley that he's wrapped up finally, and we can move on. I was about to say, I can't wait to see what yeah. he gives us Night next. Pilot. And then I realized, oh, yep. yeah. Nice and then no, we, we still have some more shit to write. Oh yeah, about. you still have bullcrap. And to to tie it all into, like you see that, and you might even think like, oh, maybe that seeds for something later. Next, superhuman trafficking. 
Here we go. Now, yeah. now we got the fucking night pilot. All right. But yeah, yeah this was nonsense. <laughs> it was such nonsense though. And really, the, the whole thing of him just pulling the, the soul out, I'm going to steal your soul. Uh, it, it, that's just nonsense. It's I'm complete done. nutter it, it, nonsense. It's so crazy to me to think that I want Sam Humphreys and Tim Seeley to switch back books. I want yeah, Tim Seeley back on Nightwing. I think I want that as well. I think Sam that Humphreys it was a bad switch. Lantern. I think that now we're going through this because it is funny. That's a cool deal that we are talking about Nightwing next. But, yeah, I think that both of them did better on those other books. So but, I, oh, well, what'd you give it? I gave it a 4.9 out of 10, and that was mostly for art because this whole fucking extended fight scene where we're talking about quick bait and goddamn yeah. pop stars. I'm like, it's all nonsense. The motherfucker stole her soul. <laughs> stole her soul. Yeah, well, he had to charge that ring. He was having problems. His willpower wasn't spiking. All right. Well, I, he didn't you know, that's that. the only goddamn saving grace of Tim Seeley taking over. We have not had willpower spiking. No, I think we did the first issue that he Fuck. did. I do think we had it. I was well, waiting we for it again. It no, we haven't seen it, you know, at least in this issue. I, I will just hope. I'll go issue per issue and just hope we never see it again, though. I think it will pop out up again. But, yeah, he's still in so I'm going to go. I'm going to go fuck you five. Uh, I'm just going to go with that because we I, thought it was nonsense. Reason, I, couldn't, I couldn't go to a fuck you five for some reason. I had to go. I like the art enough. I'm telling you, yeah. we had the whole deal where he did save Lysith Vox, Vox and we thought, oh, my God, that nonsense again. This makes it even worse. I, I, I mean, you, now, and nobody talks about no, it. No, he is like the, I don't know. He is going to get power hungry with this. You know, he could just choose who lives and dies now. Uh, you know, he's Judge Jory and Executioner. I just imagine, like, people know that he has this power. Then all of a sudden, like, they start yelling. And they're like, oh, my God, Emerald Sight. Someone's about to lose their fucking soul. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, gonna... Emerald Sight, what happened Emerald, to that? Emerald Sight, I, I don't know. What happened to that Emerald, uh, you know, the Emerald Sight? What happened to the Emerald fucking Heaven? I got, that Hal Jordan I've got went Emerald to. Sight, Emerald Healing, and Emerald Death. And Emerald Take It All Back. Emerald Indian <laughs> Giving. Uh, we're going to move <laughs> on, like we said, about the book that we were talking about right there with our, our man, uh, where the hell is my Sam thing? Humphreys. Sam Humphreys. I couldn't find my notes. Nightwing number 37 written by Sam Humphreys. Art by Klaus Janssen. Janssen. Jamal Campbell, Alex Sinclair, and Carlos M. Manguel. We go back to the beginning, Eric, but instead of learning more about the judge like we desperately needed, or maybe those chips, we meet Baby Ruthless and climb trees, Eric. Baby Ruthless. Uh, baby Ruthless. It sounds like something actually that Wrong Turn would say. I always love seeing no, the early long. days. Now, I know. I always love seeing the early days of Batman and Robin. Until now. This yeah. issue had pacing, transition, and art issues. But the worst part is it was just unnecessary. How you bad have... is Robin's fucking face when you can see his eyes? That's, that's the problem. The problem is is that I really like the modern day art. Uh, it is obviously our present day art, but as I'm saying, yeah, yeah. it's more of a modern style. Then you go to Klaus Janssen's art where they said, oh, my God, he's back. And the, the classic art. And I'm like, I hated every bit of it. I really did. I, I thought that the art of the flashbacks w was nonsense. So uh, did I. Half the time, Robin, I don't know what. I, I don't want to disparage it, but, boy, he looked off. And, and with this story, though, 
you have parts where, number one, I don't even know what was going on. Uh, there's one part in particular. I hope you can explain it to me because I don't know what's going on. But by the end, I think that justice tree is the goddamn Ewok village. That thing has grown <laughs> so much. You see it at one point early. It looks like it's got three branches. Next time, this thing is probably seven blocks long. Batman's just standing there. It looks like this tree must be 80 stories tall. It's complete and utter justice nonsense. Tree. What's uh, yeah? It's so nonsense. When Batman's standing there at the end, I'm gonna laugh so hard when I get to that point. I laughed out loud while I was uh, reviewing it because it just it made me laugh. But the the thing that I want to stress again before we start laughing about this issue is the fact that we don't know really much about the judge. No. We don't know anything about these chips that he has, the the casino chips. So if you are gonna go back and tell from the beginning the first meeting of the judge that Dick Grayson did where he keeps saying, oh, I failed two other times before. We're getting the first time. Why don't we learn something about the judge? We learn nothing. Now, I will also point out right now, I do realize, though, one thing. Batman has taught his young ward everything he knows, Eric. You know why I know that? Because by the end, you realize that Dick Grayson is telling a story to baby Ruthless she was there. This is jokes and riddles again. And at the very end, Dick says, yeah, you know, I also had that story at college, but eh, that's the story he should be telling her. She the knows is, the I story. I that'll be the next issue. Now, she knows the story. He's just telling her the story like, oh, man, remember that? I, I think she probably went and got a, a dinner and came home and went to bed. Because he's just telling her what she was there for, and then at the end just goes, yeah, and then there was that time at the college. Like, why didn't you well, tell what, what, hap- what happened there? Ah, yeah, don't why, worry about it. Yeah, ah, that, that didn't Good old days, huh? Yeah, listen, Baby as Batman told me, <laughs> you only tell stories to people who are actually there during that story. It really is. I'm like, at the end, I'm like, why, why did she, he sit there and reminisce about this and not tell, hey, you People know what happened the first time? killed by the judge yeah. while you're fucking reminiscing. He's just reminiscing. You know, that happened that time. Remember what happened with the judge that first time? Well, wait till you hear what happened in college. You know, he, it, The thing is, uh, he didn't want to tell because like, I'm not allowed to tell stories about college either, Eric. I get in trouble for that around this house. But it starts off at the Lucky Lighthouse Casino, and you do have Lucy. Lucy Weatherton, I believe her name is, where they're like, hey, Miss Weatherton, Miss Weatherton, uh, you know, what's going on? They have a casino. It's shutting down all this stuff because of what had happened earlier. Uh, The feds are coming in and shutting down. This is not good for her. Uh, Dick ends up hanging outside on the balcony pedestal, whatever, of the window, and he comes in. Which is so funny to me, just the idea. I know we have a new, like, you know, creative team on this book. Yeah. But we've been in Bloodhaven for a while where Dick has been talking about over and over again how he knows nobody and anything like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, he can have a a whole night reminiscing over baby Ruthless. Best friends, because he's like, hey, I know this is an emergency. You know, what's going on? And then they're like, oh, and he says to her, listen, the judge is back. And then she's like, oh, hell, he's behind the mayor's death. And they're like, yep, and the gambling lockdown. And then she's – and then that's where De- – remember when we faced him before? Of course, the night we met, it was my first time. And then off you go. I'm telling and, you, and where it stopped, her, it was my first time. Like, really? It was your really? first – and then uh, in Bloodhaven. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. My, yeah, my, my it says in Bloodhaven. But then, you know, how many years ago? The night of the city hall killings. And now you see this stuff going on. The murderer had no criminal record. Where's the murderer here? Is the murderer getting beaten up? 
I'm guessing this was the cops beating him up, but, but it's that's so the weird problem. because the, yeah, I, they don't says really then. do this whole thing because, like, yeah, it seems yeah. later on, like, oh, after the cops got got him, he wasn't any good to anybody type of thing, like, because he was badly beaten or because the cops beat him. <laughs> or the cops beat him up? Or – and really, to me, like – you kind of have cops that, you know, they might have handcuffs. But well, again, they, too, they roped him down and they never got any info because they beat him. But then that led them to go because they're like, there was a gold casino chip on him and a parking ticket. Bloodhaven Park Enforcement never sleeps. It pointed us to the old Bailey Church. How did that happen? How did you know. get pointed towards when this stuff should have been in lockdown at the police deal and if you're gonna have an issue why isn't batman upset about pretty much looks like the police maybe cut his ear off with some scissors uh, possibly and beat the Fucking shit out Mr. of him. blonde style yeah, but no, before we move like, on, one thing i do appreciate i just want to bring up just because we've had so many issues with it lately is that when nightwing talks about this story in bloodhaven how many years ago now the night of the city hall comes yeah it's a bad yeah. way like a transition of his but own no, narrative that's but fine it doesn't point lockdown no, don't lock down any sort don't of time yeah this is where the benson should be listening and the birds of prey they like to lock it down with years don't do that but i don't know this transition because you have this going you have this guy who looks like he's probably been killed by possibly the cops but they're not yeah. you know some of them are dressed up as cops but then somehow batman and robin got the tip from the parking violation and the chip but yet don't well, have any that, problem well, with the, the cops too. It's, it's just like last issue where all of a sudden like and a parking ticket bloodhaven parking enforcement never sleeps it pointed us to the old bailey church just like last yeah. issue we yeah. pointed to the same oh, church, church, church. Out of nowhere we just keep going to the church yeah. because things keep pointing us yeah. i don't know and, what those things uh, are yeah. but we're and i'm there. just saying where did they go and get this to point them there because then that's when batman and robin bust in to the church you know probably but right there they should have showed i think they're coming in an alley at the point i I'm wish they were breaking through church anyway. i'm telling you i wish they were breaking through stained glass windows but yeah and you have and it's like i had been in costume for less than a month and then you just go back and this transition of going back to gotham and training and now what i'll tell you right now this issue gives you more of an origin story of dick grayson than it does of the judge, the story of the judge. most what people know Dick Grayson's origin story. If you're reading the Nightwing book, you're, you're, there's a good chance you may know. It's okay to give it. That's something that it's a jumping on point. You're going to get everybody caught up. That's fine. Don't neglect what we should be here for. We are here to find out about the judge. You are going back to the first time that Dick faced the judge. Give us some sort of anything to tell us what's going on. And basically all this is is to connect Guppy with his dad and just nonsense and to show that Dick wasn't ready, Eric. And it's just – it's nonsense after nonsense because then you're – you have it at one point like you have uh, three murders in Gotham and a criminal in Bloodhaven called the judge now i'm like why i thought that we were actually in bloodhaven at that point not gotham what murder you know what i'm saying it's like all these things tie around we were in in gotham where the murder started then it moved over to bloodhaven which brought batman and uh but it's weird because you have that there and basically you have the night of the city hall killings and he's like it happened in bloodhaven how many years ago now the city hall killings uh, you are pointing that towards Bloodhaven at that point, and that's where this killing went. You had the parking violation. I it, I think that you're right that maybe the city hall killings happened in Gotham, but yet the guy had a Bloodhaven parking ticket, and that's what led them to Bloodhaven, but it really doesn't spell it out very well. 
It, it really doesn't. This is the transition part oh, oh, that I said I have an issue. Out very well, well, all of a sudden he's training. Batman says, "You know what? You're not going to go. You're too inexperienced until he isn't." And then yeah. they're off. And then I so I decide I was going to bring in the judge. Now he's just busting heads. And at points he looks like he's 11. At points he looks like he's 30. And at points he looks like and he I is a. I hate his art so much. I think at one point when he's thwacking the guy into the church or wherever they are at the point when he says, "So I decided I was going to bring in the." judge i think that he is hoping that after this day he's going to be a real boy eric because he looks like a puppet he looks like a, a fucking puppet and it, it's a shame because they really push like oh the classic art of klaus jansen and i'm like boy it's it not good it's not good at all and they go in and that's where they fight guppy's dad king and, sturgeon yeah king sturgeon who is a professional wrestling uh freaking shark freak <laughs> so yeah. it's okay it, this is very again some of the stuff is very batman 66 i can kind of go with it but as this is going on robin gets knocked down batman doesn't have backup and of course without backup from his ward there eric young little uh thing he's gonna die and baby ruthless comes out and ends up saving him by tipping a statue into king sturgeon now the whole thing with her is she's saying like hey you know welcome to bloodhaven uh i'm there i want to get my dad's bodega back and you never get anything from that that is such a dead end even later it was dick's like shame you didn't get that bodega i'm like really this is what you're doing here like nothing makes sense he has like hey do you know about this guy and this chip and then all of a sudden, she's like, let me guess. One of the corpses was Lisa Nago, the Gotham fi- financier. How did you know? Look at this. Yeah. There's a big map of everything that's going on here. And I'm like, what the what, – didn't they see this? Like Batman was in here and, and – huh? World's greatest all, detective. All of a sudden, this thing materialized out of nowhere. Huh? Holy shit. And, then, you know, Robin – I'm sorry. I started coughing. Robin yeah. – he's a little, you know, green. Uh, So's Batman, I guess, because he doesn't see things. And this is like A plus B equals Z. Let's go with it and get on because they're basically like, oh, you know, the councilman was killed. There's where his blood is. And also we found this note, the Santa Nuevo. Oh, the Santa Nuevo. And this is Baby Ruthless. The Santa Nuevo, that's that ship bringing in radioactive waste. Oh, this is the thing where you have the whole thing ties around where you do have the judge there and the judge tells this captain, listen, you're you're bringing in this radioactive waste for dumping. All you have to do is blow the whistle. That's what you want to do. Right. You And we'll get to that because that's not. It seems like everybody knows about it. Why isn't anybody blowing the fucking whistle? Why isn't baby ruthless blowing the whistle? He says that she's just said it. Why doesn't she? Because the blood it seems like it seems like yes, it seems like it gets shut down immediately when that lady does blow the whistle at the end. So it's not like oh, I blow the whistle, but it'll be covered up. They're not going to listen to me. No, no, it shows you by the end. That, so basically, Baby Ruthless is one of those, I'll just look the other way. Oh, it's a shame, whatever. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense that this is something like it seems common knowledge. Plus. As this goes on, the judge says to the uh, the captain, basically the judge is against having these casinos and says yeah, what, that's what, that's how what the I'm whole gonna, story is about. Yeah. The judge hates yep. fucking gambling. And apparently. how I'm going to stop this is get you to dump this radioactive waste, pretty much run the ship right into the area the where the area, casinos yeah. will be, and then they will not be able to, to do anything with this area for 50 years, whatever, and no casinos. 
Where are they putting this radioactive waste? Where are those areas that can't be developed because they, they, it should be half you know, of where, where blood the schools haven. are. Yeah, yeah, schools. It's you know that's why the they hospitals. don't have a Seven Eleven anymore. The the, uh, the Children's Center, the YMCA, maybe. It's just nonsense. Yeah, but the the main thing that I laughed, I'm like. Wait a minute, uh, baby ruthless knows why didn't she go to the authorities? But I, I just you want to know where this comes from. I'm telling you, the biggest development we have here, besides for the, like, we finding out that the judge just hates fucking casinos, out of nowhere, I'm the judge of all creation. I can give you what. Yeah. You, oh, you're the judge of all creation all of a sudden because you yeah. give me what I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, yeah. Who are you? Are you the yeah. devil? Is that all? I, yeah, all is I that know. what's going on? Are you on? the devil? What is and going are these on? chips? Are they actually just magical? I, uh, you know, and is it something where if you didn't make the wish, you can handle the chip? and not have something to do well the the judge then gets his SWAT team you know his his recon team or you know whatever seal team 6 here and they go to this you know this uh what's it called this barge or this you know boat thing where this they are bringing <laughs> well, I forget what they what would, you call you. what would you call it what would you call this a I freighter I would call it a uh, a tanker. I'm actually really trying to go back. Yeah. Send it away. It's a ship. It's a ship. A ship. Jim. Okay. It's a, a boat. So you say away. a ship. I say a boat. You say a potato. Uh, but really, this is the best thing. It's like Not nautical either. He shows up. He shows up, and he's like, "Listen, I'm the judge of all creation. I can give you what you want, but you have to do something for me. That's the deal, Captain Julia or Julia Gutierrez. Nuclear waste will render any site uninhabitable for." generations ram the ship right where they want to put the casino and then you will be the good guy who blows the whistle whatever and i know you want to do that now this is where i'm i'm guessing that this would be something like uh i'm trying to think how i would say this like every day i drive you home Uh somehow on monday if you arrive at work eric that's Uh a gray area but if you do and i say to you listen i know i drive you home but if you give me a thousand dollars uh-huh. I'll drive you home because what he says is if you blow the whistle like you want, you'll be a hero. I'll give you this chip, and, and since you'll do that, you can ram the, the – she can do that on her own. This is uh, she, nothing. She could do that on her own, and also she's ramming a fucking ship into a fucking – And she's, she's in gonna- big trouble. Exactly. Yeah, she, yeah, she's in big trouble then, and she knows what she's shipping and things like that. But my whole point is he's the middleman. You don't need the chip, lady. You can just do this if you want. Why do you have to? Like, this isn't like... uh Like, does the, the chip beckon you? Like I say, yeah. And like I said, where you had that lady earlier, which it didn't even go well in the story, where she, her wish was to become the mayor. So that was... And she was the secretary under the mayor. That is a wish that there's going to have to be some, you know, funny business going on to get her to that position. There, there's no funny business here. This lady, if she wants to just do this, she, now she's under gunpoint too. So you would think that it's not like it's beckoning her. They, they, she's under gunpoint. It, nothing makes sense here. And then he's basically the whole deal, like we said about Baby Ruthless. Uh, she could just do, do it, or Batman could just send Robin out, and they could do it. But they, that's when Batman and Robin come in. Ba- uh, Robin ends up pretty much spelling out that he was too eager, and I was to, but. 
Where's Batman when he's shooting himself with the harpoon and then says that Batman shot it? So where where's yeah. the eagerness? So he goes. But what happens is they start chasing things and, and the uh, the judge is getting away. And Robin goes and he gets a chases little too vicious, down. chases him down and just punch, 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 punch. And unfortunately, right the, the judge the goes over the side of the boat, miraculously seems to land in the speedboat that he and drives off. I'm like, that I is wanna, the best. I want to know the progression aim. here because it, it seems like it's so like, you know, shot for shot, like second for second. Yeah. Where the judge goes over, he falls. You you hear a splash with the sound like uh, yeah, you hear, see a whatever. Splash. And then the next panel, he's just driving away on a he's speedboat. He's already in the boat driving away. And again, ugliest Robin I've ever seen in my life. God, I hate uh, that gremlin look Robin. It's so bad. You, it'd be so funny because of how he looks. Uh, Batman starts perching on his head, thinking he's a gargoyle. In the middle of the night, he's got, Batman, he's get off gargoyle. me again. Why are you on my head? Oh, so, sorry, Robin, if that's your real name. Gargoyle, he's just snickers as he's walking away. But then we're shown now, at this point, oh, luckily, Captain Gutierrez went and blew the whistle and became a hero, Eric. She became oh, a hero. Nothing about, like, what about all the other times you ship this shit in and knew? You know, or, you know, you're working on this craziness, but she became a hero. Well, as this is going on, you had a narration through this where, as Dick was telling, it almost gets to the point where I think he's telling Baby Ruthless his biggest uh, blunder, the most awful thing. It's, it's, it's jokes and riddles. Because yeah. he's like, I thought that was it. You know, Batman saw how much of a jerk I was. I, I'm not that good at Robin. I screwed up bad, and well, there's no way to hide it. When you say it about he, this. I know. I like, I was, I was nowhere to be found. Failure is death. I screwed up bad, and there was no way to hide it. Batman's was finally going to figure out. Uh, and I was going to be on my own. At this point, he is in the justice tree. There is one branch that he's sitting on. I have. No, you could drive a car on this branch. He is sitting there. This thing is fucking a bridge. It's humongous. And then he's like, oh, he's going to find out. And it was going to be uh, – I was going to be on my own. The end of my new home, my new life, my identity. Because if I couldn't be Robin, then who the hell could I be? And then all of a sudden you get – Robin, and you look. Now, Batman looks to be 80 feet away up in this goddamn tree that is now the Ewok village. Hey, look how little Batman is. This tree is No, I, I like going to the next page. Would you just see them walking like it as a fucking bridge across it? <laughs> it's so huge. This tree is humongous. And they're like, huh? And they, they keep talking. I'm like, I, I'd start talking about how big this goddamn tree is. It's humongous. I mean, I'm telling you, it is so big, and I love it just like Batman just stand there with his arm up. Then you have the gremlin, uh, you know, gargoyle-looking Robin again. He's like, oh. when you when you pan out and you just see the justice <laughs> tree, it looks so tiny. It's so tiny. I think that maybe they used uh, some uh, freaking uh, the Adams. Yeah, Ray Palmer shrunk them. Some white because, dwarf technology. Yeah, I'm telling you. He's like, it's over now, right? You're going to kick me out now. Easy, Robin. Next time you'll do better. Now let's get out of this goddamn humongous tree. It's weirding me the hell out. I, what is going on with the landscape of Bloodhaven? Because the last time we saw the Justice Tree, it I was know. like right up in front I of know. the goddamn it city It almost hall. makes now, it seem like this Justice Tree. It's like colonial times. You look over on the one point, it's it looks nothing. like the old saloon. <laughs> 
there's nothing here. It's, it's like, so ridiculous. Look how small that tree is. And skyscrapers. This is just oh, a clear skyline. Think of Robin sitting on that branch. And I'm telling you, you can ride a semi on that thing. It is so ridiculous. And again, this is that that you know classic art of. Oh my goodness, I'm crying. It made me laugh so much when I saw Robin sitting there. Uh, but then you go back to the current deal, and he's like, "Yep, that's the story where you were there for the whole time." <laughs> She's like, yeah, we saved the harbor that night. Why? And then you look over. She's drinking. She's oh, had yeah. enough. She's just pounding the champagne. There he has, you know, the thing. And he's like, and look, look at you, Lucy, from Baby Ruthless and a bodega. Of course, throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like salt in the wounds to a casino in a hotel and with a second casino on the way if the feds open the town again. And she's like, I hung up my baseball bat for good after King Sturgeon took over the judge's gang. And the other thing that got me that was like that was the first time that I think King Sturgeon was mentioned by name oh, uh, yes, before. And it, it just threw me off that you didn't have him say it at, at any point, though. I did like King Sturgeon's championship belt. It made me laugh. But she's like, I still wish I could have saved my dad's bodega. Eh, don't be so hard about yourself. You've achieved so much. And she's like, yeah, you should stop beating yourself up too. And then he's like, I had two chances to stop him. There was another time when I was in college. Uh, and then just goes. And I'm like, that's the story no, no, that we the need best to hear. Is that, that, well, that is the story we want to hear. We're having all this conversation. Then now, wait, did you say King Sturgeon? Yeah, yeah the King wrestling Sturgeon. shark we fought in Dale? I'm like, yeah. He was there. King Sturgeon, King Sturgeon's still alive. The wrestling shark we fought. The guppy. Shirts, yeah. He's in Bloodhaven. I'm like, yes, you, you've already interacted. You know with, this. You know, how did you not put it together that the guppy is King Sturgeon's <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah. son? I, did you so not see the family resemblance? <laughs> they kind of look alike. You know, how many, you know, you, while you're going in Bloodhaven, I don't know. what. And I wish, I'm telling you, I said to you, I wish that we would have tied into this where when they were dumping that goddamn nuclear waste, this is why we get these monstrosities showing up, you know, G- Gorilla Grim, freaking yeah, all yeah. these guys. Well, I wish that that was the case. City. Stay away from him. He's like, huh, you mean that shark we, we were fighting before might be related to that other shark guy who was gambling uh, with the judge? Baby Ruthless, I met his son, the guppy. He's still in Bloodhaven. He's in out of door. King Sturgeon might be the key to taking down the judge. Like, why and how? It's a fucking giant shark wrestling man. How is, how is King Sturgeon? And he's a wrestler. More? It's so ridiculous. Because, so he, because ridiculous. he had a gold chip at one point. There's a lot of yeah. motherfuckers out there with gold chips. He had chips. a gold chip. Because uh, he took over really, the gangs after the fact? Yeah. What does he that, know about the fucking judge? Goddamn deep blue sea everywhere you fucking and, turn. And it doesn't matter. Bloodhaven. As Nightwing is fucking giving this narration about how King Sturgeon's a key to the everything, it looks like Guppy <laughs> has himself I'm a goddamn gold chip. My, he's about to stab uh, his father in the face. Yeah. You almost just when you said King Sturgeon again, it almost made me spit my drink out. King it's Sturgeon. so ridiculous. You know, the wrestling Tell, shark man. Out of nowhere. It's like, you know, uh, in my life I've run across a lot of these wrestling shark guys. Uh, yeah, oh my goodness. Could he be? Oh, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, it ends with Guppy. And I said before, we thought that he was going to get a chip I, I, and do this. this. This seems to be the one thing in like, uh, Nightwing Dick Grayson's life that has been like the like the biggest problem. His, like we said, yeah. his biggest fucking failure of his life. The judge. You think he would have looked a little bit more into it where King Sturgeon took over his gags? Yeah. If he was yeah. so interested in the judge. Yep. Yeah. 
No, we didn't get that, Eric. We didn't get it. But yeah, you didn't it get the story about him in college. <laughs> Next issue. You know hey, the shark man. No, when he does that, he's got to go find his college roommate who was there and tell it to that I, I person. Lo- I, I love the idea, too. We have King Sturgeon. Too bad King Shark was already taken. Hey, fucko. Yeah, really. King that's Sturgeon. the problem. I'm telling you, I like the wrestling belt. So, yeah, I, I gave it a 5.5. I did like the current art. Uh, I like the and, current art too, and I always do like the Batman and Robin. Now that we talked about it, I should have went four. I think you're going to go four five, but uh, no, I'm uh, right there with you. It's a five, you five, 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 five okay. out of ten because so that's no, it's, it's not a great issue, but it, it was you know, fun. It, it, it was fucking silly is what it is. I'm telling you. I, I'm trying to actually think of some reasons why I could justify it being a There's decent no read. It's just that we're getting – I'm saying we got the idea now the fucking uh, – the judge, he hates casinos. All yeah. right. We've 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 moved the story ahead like right the here. Yeah. We might get some college stories next. Who knows? Yeah. Who Nightwing, knows? the college years. Who knows? But we don't need a, a, a Dick Grayson origin. We It's so nonsense. Hey, baby, ruthless. Yeah. Remember that night? Hey. Oh, hey, just in case you don't, I'll tell you all about it, baby. You know the best about it is we're, we're dealing with an issue with legitimately an ally is named Baby Ruthless, and that's the most ridiculous, the least ridiculous thing of the entire issue that we just, you know, went the by King that. King Sturgeon. Yeah, yeah. King. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The King Sturgeon, the guy that I just told us all about while we were talking that story? Oh, no. I met his boy. <laughs> is that, is that your boy? Here we go. We're going to go to the last book of the night, Eric. And 5.1. That, that is going to be Batwoman number 11, written by Kay Perkins. She is jumping on for a couple issues. Art by Scott Galuski. You know what? John Roush. Before you even go forward, I had no idea we had a goddamn change in writer in this. Yeah. The thing is, I'm sitting there reading this issue before we got on. You liked it a little more, didn't you? I did like it a bit more. I know. Not not too much, I'm sure. Not too much, but no. It's a little better. Written by Kay Perkins, art by Scott Gedlewski, John Rausch, and letters by D. Ron Bennett. With the addition of Professor Pig. Oh, while the addition of Professor Pig elevated the book a bit, by the end it was obvious that this issue really didn't mean much at all. Kay Perkins jumps on the book. Uh, and while I like this issue more than anything we've gotten up till now, she does continue giving readers the same problems that the other issues had. A little bit of odd pacing in a story that seems stuck, trying to tell the past of Kate Kane instead of moving forward with with new adventures, but I'll not, tell you right only, now. No, no, not only telling the past of Kate Kane, having Kate deal with these emotional fucking yeah. problems in her head it's about her thing. own backstory and her sister, and then it all wraps around and Professor Pig knows all about it. I'm like, oh my god, you mean that thing I've been talking about in my head yeah. this entire issue is actually yeah. coming to pass at the end? Yeah, yeah, and what happens is this uh, starts off with basically Kate going and realizing Julia is missing and is all upset about that and has to find – and you get this weird and and a bit wonky like kind of detective work. I, I kind of did like it, I but I'm I telling you – I don't understand what that's the what fuck I'm saying. Now with the, detective the detective – I like to see like, huh, it's obvious there's this room is, is – there was a fight. And then on, on the top, her saying that, and then on the bottom, seeing no, what exactly now, happened. This detective I work like I actually that. didn't mind. It's later on when we get well, to the no, goddamn. That, I just God, don't like it's like they the basically. Porcelain. Yeah, that there's blood on a paper. Oh, multiple cases of tourists. That leads to her to think that Julia was looking into these things, and the one was the guy. And it just to me, it, it was very wonky. Uh, basically, she just follows blood out to the uh, ocean, and then just like, okay, I figured Julia, it out. Julia, what happened it, to you? Yeah, really. And you do see that there was these guys. They were at, in Egypt. Uh, doing some tourism and stuff like that they ended just up thinking all that, around pieces of shit yeah they were pieces 
pieces of crap. And they're out and about. They get hit over the head. And the Dollatrons get them and take them back to Professor Pick. Basically, that's the entire story. And then we do see Julia is with them as well. And you have Kate there. You have a shard that she picked up while she was doing. And she's trying to remember, oh, this sounds familiar. Oh, what's going on here? It's like, what does it say? It's bonded with part kaolin, calcium oxide, phosphorus, panoxidide. And this is where she then remembers. Why does that sound so familiar? Remember that night when Beth was having problems, (laughs) like on Halloween, because she had a cast? She had a cast? And couldn't be Smee the pirate because Smee doesn't have a cast. So I got some toilet paper and wrapped it up as a mummy. Awesome. That was a good time. Back to the case, Kate. And and all it is is it gets – she's like, where did I hear that before? Where did I hear those chemicals before? It's not the chemicals she heard before. She she said bag of bones at one point. Come on, yo, bag of bones. Let's get us some candy. How uh, does this go to the other? Eureka, bag of bones. Kaolin, of course, the primary material in porcelain plus calcium oxide and – Phosphorus pentoxide burn bones, of course. Burn bones. The porcelain, the porcelain is made of kaolin and bone ash glued to something. Looks like there's also a hit. And she's doing this and trying to figure out what's going on. And she's like, okay, this is, this is where I know that up till then is a little ridiculous, but it is this bag of bones leads to burn bones, leads to few tourists went missing and Julia must have been looking into that. There, there you go. And you know what? what there we go. Of course, with dolls. Yeah, dolls. And like, oh, here we go. And she goes, gets her, uh, you know, if and it's then like we the do most see. convoluted, scientifically yeah. trying it's to explain crazy. Batman 66 it's, detective work yeah, ever. It is really crazy. And you do go back to Professor Pig and it gets dark. And I, I do like the stuff with Professor Pig. Uh, where he's putting the mask on and he's burning it on. The, you know, they're yelling. You see I Julia I tend to find watching. Professor Pig old hat anymore, but I do enjoy him in this issue. For yeah, I, I will tell you, he he's is starting to menacing. get old hat. He is starting to get old hat. This is pretty, you know, it's pretty ruthless and pretty vicious and, and you know, maybe gory. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why I said that. Uh, but there, Kate is going around trying to figure out what's going on with the whole thing. What, what's made of porcelain? Flatware. What's flat? The earth. We're all flat earthers. Oh, I, we know that. And that means vases. And I'm like, okay. All right. And that go. means we're idiots. Who, who do idiots play with? Dolls. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so great. It's like flatware. Flat earthers. Kyrie Irving's a flat earther. He's also an idiot. All right. He's on the Celtics. That means green. Okay. There you go. The best is as she's running this through her head she's like okay haunting memories of failure they're creeping oh my god flatware porcelain and then one of the dollar trunks just walks by and she jumps down that's how it ends she jumps down hey there buddy what's going on creepazoid i'll be your creepazoid and she's like take off the mask guys run and she gets from behind gets hit by the other dollar trend the moment i realized alice was beth the last words my dad said to me the details distract i gotta get past this reorient the focus on how the future is it a little too late then i'm like what are you talking about i think he got hit a couple times already i want to know what the dollatrons are up to are they just trying to fucking you know like get some more victims and shit like that because don't like you know professor pig wanted to have another face or something like that yeah it seemed like he was about to send the dollatrons out i'm like why did kate just stumble upon them and then like you know get to the goddamn freaking ship that professor pig has been using as a makeshift lab yeah it's like it's it's a weird like you know transition i'm sorry really i was waiting for them to get to back to that that abandoned boat that professor pig's in using detective work it just lands on a fucking lap 
No, and then she just throws the motor at him. <laughs> the outboard motor gets thrown at him as he's about to circular saw uh, freaking Julia. And then, you know, you have a fight. And it's just like, oh, and I love it too. Well, I where, thought I liked this issue more. Well, mind. again, she, Kate busts in and there's these guys, but there's also prisoners. It's so great. Julia yells, I'm fine. Focus on the others. And she goes right to her. Let's get you. <laughs> like, didn't you listen to her already? She said, you know, don't worry about me. I'm here. Batwoman behind you. And you see, you know, they just go. And that's where Professor Pig starts with this stuff about, you know, it appears failure is a theme among your kind. The failures Bat of the lady. lady Bat are my favorite <laughs> stories. And then you get the whole thing with Alice and, well, Beth and, and now, things when, like when that. When he throws those butcher knives at her and she puts her cape up, do they go through the cape? Yeah, thing? I don't like, know. I don't it's know like she, I wanted her to yell, Olay. Because what did that do? It really didn't do anything. And then she know. kicks him. Then she gives him the sweet chin music here. <laughs> <laughs> He's down. <laughs> it really looks like it does. I'm waiting for her to go to the t- one, two, chin music right there. We got it. But yeah, they're there. And I, I want to bring up that the deal. Last week when we were talking to Reggie about the uh, how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, me and Eric got so upset because we're going to talk all about the whole thing with the Four Horsemen and Ric Flair. And when we got – somehow we skipped it. So there, I got my sweet chin music in. Uh, but, yeah, then it, it's just a fight where you have, you know, Professor Pig just yelling and screaming about her sister and what she told her. And she knows this and that and the other thing. And really you, you don't get very far. But – I do kind of like this more than what we had. I, I know that it's convoluted. I know that it, it was silly. There's not much to it. But at least I went from the beginning to the end, and I was like, okay, Professor Pig, I get what he's doing. I got it. Uh, that's something this book rarely does because we're jumping in and out of nonsense. Uh, but the best is we've had that lost year. We're like, okay, you know, we've had enough of that. I, I yeah. don't like that. And then at the end, it's basically, you know, Professor Pickett's taken down, but then they're there talking Julia and Kate and talking about the hostages and they, you know, a bunch of the people are dead. I mean, they are burned and charred. And then she's like, mess, damn it. I could have gotten here earlier. She's really beating herself up really a little too much. Yeah. It just to an goes annoying constant. point where yeah, it's like, it's shut very, the fuck up, Kate It's King. very, you, very you have annoying. been in this game for a long time yes. now. You have dealt with your sister and all this other stuff in previous continuity. Yeah. Why is it now the rebirth that we have your own book? We have to fucking deal with it all over and again. It just to the point keeps where you're going annoying and going. Shit. I mean, this is getting to the point where if you read Flash at the points where Flash will sit there and even Green Arrow at points, like they're just moping around about not doing the right thing and not getting there in time and things like that. But she's there and she's like, it's Cairo later. I think it's high time for me to redefine my way of justice. I'm like, here we go. We're, we're starting this. It's like we're starting over. And yeah. she's like, because I won't let this tragedy happen again that woman to, to anyone, including my family. Sophia told me that I need, I need to save Beth. I need to go home. So I tell Julia to meet me in Brussels. Meet me in the place where it all began. I, I want to have it like next issue, the the missing year before the missing year. And it says the mother, the real mother of war and all this. And I, we'll see how it goes. I do like the art. Uh, and again, it's a very quick issue, but at least it was more. I think that Kate Perkins did a pretty good job. I, yeah. I think that she did a decent enough job, though, of – 
kind of grabbing the way Marguerite Benet was writing it and kind of Bad? melding in with that. Well, I'm saying not just that, but even just the whole thing. I think that basically if you read all the other issues, if you read the other 10 Bat- right, right. Batwoman issues and went with Rebirth, you're really going to get this whole deal. Man, oh, my no, family, this, they did this. This will and meld in perfectly. Yeah, into, there's right. no problem at all, and yet I did have a little more fun. I say that, I still can only give it a four point or a 5.2. I'm going to give it above a five. It's not a fuck you five. We've been giving this book threes, fours, fuck you fives. I think it is a little better than that. I, it's I'm almost like I can the see fact that, that, you know, uh, Kate is actually, you know, thinking about her sister and her failures and everything to do with it. And then the, we actually get to the point where that is a major part of the story. Like she's yeah. almost like a, yeah. a goddamn t- – not a pet telepath, like a fortune teller where she no, can predict I, I, the fucking future. I'm telling you, it was or- like earlier in the the deal when we said about Batman going, he must be a collector yeah. right before he says, I'm going to collect these. You know, there are. there. It's really – it seems like nowadays like they nobody wants to settle down and tell like a complete story. You have to have these moments where, okay, nobody wants that, so we'll just say it and go forward. I, I wish I does. could remember how we ended off in the Batwoman series in the New 52 because I know we had Red Alice on our they team were in, the They unknowns. were in space. Exactly. I, know I, like, we were to, I mean, like, just end, like, where did uh, we'll her sister, find I can't out. remember we'll to, yeah. where her sister and her relationship just, ended I off because just thought they I walked thought they away. reconciled. They, yeah, re- I thought they, that they reconciled just, and yeah. moved on at this point. Yeah. I didn't think that Beth was going to become a goddamn villain again. Yeah. I got no time with a hyper time. Uh, th- this problem is with this book, it's one of those weird ones in Rebirth where it almost seems like they want you to forget about most of the, you know, New 52 stuff, at least the stuff that ended it. It really feels that way. Like, they they really want this to be the start of the continuity even so it's a it's a little crazy uh but did you say what you'd give it no i give it a 5.1 out of 10 okay so i went one, i went one higher 5.2 you couldn't go 5.2 huh no. you had to do that pistol shit? Is, i'm That's telling right. you i, I just was gave you pistol shit. 5.5 in my head until we started talking okay. about it and i'm like you know what i really did have a problem with this it's just that easy. Yeah, it is. I am wrong turn, and I prove this message. He proves this message, Eric. But he yeah, proves the shit out of it. That is it for the books. All right, Eric, and that is it. That is hey, it. Hey, you, all hit by the hasters. Oh, yes, He's Eric. That is, it. that is it. And it's time to announce, Eric, to the world our book of the week. And we both have the same book. It is what, Eric? Damage number one. Damage number one. That just happens to be on the Patreon. There's a little hint, hint, wink, wink. You can go over there. Seems to happen a lot. If you subscribe, well, that's because the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, boop, boop. they get to pick the books, and they tend to pick things they're looking forward to. Yes, they have quality on their minds. So, yeah, if you want to hear that, go over to our Patreon account and subscribe. And I'll, I'll just say what I usually say at points. You can go and subscribe, and if you don't like it, if you, you know, bail before the beginning of next month, you will not be charged. I do think that we have some quality shows there, Eric, I so. that I think most will like. But let's talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Obviously, two of these books that we mentioned will not be on the regular podcast. They will be Patreon-only exclusives voted by the Get Fresh crew. And I will tell you when we're done what they will pick because I'm telling you, I am about 99.9% accurate when I do think because I think that I have good taste as well. Eric, uh, we have Action Comics number 996. We're getting close to that 1,000. Sure. We got Batgirl number 19, Batman Beyond number 16, Blue Beetle number 17. That ends that series. Does it? Are we positive? 
I'm almost positive, Eric. We'll, we'll find out by then. But I do think it says uh, I did look through it, and at the end it says the end. For some so reason we'll I see. thought February was, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, Detective Comics 973. Uh, Reggie and Chris will be talking about Doom Patrol number 10. We do have Doomsday Clock number 3, Eric. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, of course, what I'm looking at doesn't go far enough because that is very long a title, number 37. Justice League of America, number 23. Nightwing New Order, number 6. That ends that, Eric. Raven, Daughter of Darkness, number 1. Now, there's been some contention and gotcha. fighting behind the scenes because I want no parts of this. You're not and I'm, trying, I'm trying to finagle Reggie and Chris to talk about it with Doom Patrol. We'll see how that ends up. Uh, Suicide Squad number 34, Teen Titans number 16, The Demon Hell is Earth number 3, The Flash number 39, The Hellblazer number 18, The Wildstorm number 11, and The Rough and Ready Show number 4, which are Jeremy books, which I'm sure he'll be talking about on his segment, and Wonder Woman Number 39. Damn, a lot of books next week. A lot of books next week. One of the reasons why that Raven Daughter of Darkness, that Marv Wolfman uh, book, boy, that, that it just adds on. But we'll see. We, we do pride ourselves into, uh, you know, getting most of the books on this podcast, Eric. We do pride it, ourselves in yeah. killing ourselves. Yeah, we do. So there's a lot of books and a lot of things going on. So, yeah, uh, I'll be putting this poll up so that the badasses can pick which book they want to be. And if you want to be one of those, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash science, And you could be one of the badasses that is mentioned in the badass roll call and also picks and chooses everything that me and Eric do. The other day, I almost let the badasses pick what I was having for dinner. That would have been funny when you went to the Outback Steakhouse. You actually had the menu, and they got to pick what you ate. And you know they picked something. You know they. Well, yeah, that's well. You can tell me. Yeah, you're not even a patron. What am I saying? Why don't you get on, Eric? If you're if you're not pleased with what you get. Then I will end up. You could you could quit by the end, just like the other people that, that don't like us, Eric, that okay. hate us. But you're an awful person. I try to keep you away from the Patreon because I want it to kind of succeed. Yeah, I, I don't need you. Stick, it's a good business plan. You stick your nose in us, and you know we we rarely have a business plan. I finally came up with one. Sans Eric like. Shea, minus Eric Shea equals whatever. A success. Yes, but yeah, that is the end of the podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody who contributed, all the mail, the rent and raves, all of that stuff. Thank the writers and artists that we talked about oh. their books. Uh, we do appreciate your effort, though sometimes we don't appreciate the end result, Eric. But, yeah, uh, that is it. What do we say at the end? Everybody keep it weird. Weird. See you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there it is.